Hello, Leftover Army. Welcome to the 10th annual, yes, I said 10, 10th annual Tupperware Awards Show, the Tuppies as we like to call them, where we go over our favorites from 2022. And this, this is our favorites, guys. So, like, if we don't mention something, we might have not seen it, or maybe we didn't like it as much as you. But these are our favorites from 2022. And so, uh, yeah, we're excited to go over all the best movies and TV shows. We go over our favorite heroes, villains, TV series, animated movies, everything. So we have a great time on these episodes. Two things. Uh, we're going to PCL number one. I just want to let you know, PCL going forward is going to be recording on a weekday. So it looks like we're going to be recording going forward on Mondays now, and you'll be getting the episode on Tuesdays. Guys, I want my fucking weekends back, so I'm getting my weekends back. But you're still going to be getting PCL, and then stay tuned for the end of the episode. We do have a very uh, – we have an announcement. So we have a very important announcement to make at the end of the episode. So stick around for the end of the episode for that very important message. Guys, all right, enjoy the Tupperware Awards show. Episode 450. Already like 7 million podcasts Talking about pop culture and all that Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean, erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spittle over like a vulture Carryover, counterculture, pushover Pop culture Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers. And this is, yes, the Count It 10th annual Tuppies episode, Jake. This is number 10. That's awesome. Ten years of the Tupperwares. Ten years of the Tupperwares, Jake. The old, we're in the double digits. I think I've been here for nine of them. Nine? I think I missed the first time. You did miss the first time. Yeah. Yeah, you did miss the first time. But I think you have been here for the other nine. Yeah. I love yeah. this episode. It's fun. It know, is fun. Thinks- are the best movies and everything. It's kind of a judgment-free zone when it comes to that kind of stuff. I like it. Maybe it is in previous years this year. Who knows? That might be <laughs> – That might be. T- we might take it off the table. Depends on how ridiculous the pick is, right? Um, I, I don't want to agree to this because I've got some ridiculous picks. Okay. Then I <laughs> – <laughs> I'm going to have fun with this edition of the uh, of the Tupperware. Jake, we're not alone. We do have some uh, special guests on the podcast this week that are also going to give us their favorites of 2022. We've got Joe Stark. Hey, stoked to be here. We got Paul Hart. 
Hey, this is my third Tuppies. I'm so excited. It's the tenth one as well. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number ten in the double digits, Jake. Double digits. Do you have any Tupperware regrets over the last ten ten times? I'm sure I do. Off the top of my head, I can't think of one. Mm. Yeah, I've got a few. That's for sure. Probably just my. Just the people that were on with me during those episodes, <laughs> right? Oh, man, oh no! Yeah, that's probably my biggest regret. Oh, is some shit. of the some of the past past guests that have joined us on the episodes, Jake. Just just the people in general. I would co-sign that. I'm sure there's I <laughs> Tupperware <laughs> guest regrets myself. I'm I'm kidding. Oh, we're joking. Oh, yes. I've never had any regrets. Neither have I. Not a single <laughs> not a single damn one, Jake, over the past ten years. So yeah. I can take the hint. <laughs> I'll for, I will forever be mad at myself for not giving Pop Star movie of the year. I had it written down and then I didn't do it. And Thank God you didn't. <laughs> yeah, it deserved it. It's movie of the decade. It is for not. Me. For you, it is. That is a very subjective fucking view. That is a very subjective opinion. I, it agree is, it's a, I agree it's subjective. That's that's the whole point of these. I guys. know. Well, I'm reiterating that fact and putting some emphasis on it from my end because, yeah, that is 100% subjective. I'm I'm glad that you can't go back and make the change. Yeah, it's, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Last year I watched Encanto the day after the Tupperwares, and I, I regretted doing that. I probably would have given it movie of the year. Encanto. Which one was that? Uh, it's the Disney animated with the songs by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, I did not like that. Oh, the, oh I did not like, like 50 times since last year. Oh, God, I did. If it made your list, Jake. I, I don't think so. I'm... I, I'm it sure did. Didn't. You and Rebecca were fucking filleting that movie. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it made your I didn't list. Think Rebecca was even on what Tupperwares last year. She was. She was? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I forgot all about her. Yeah. Yeah. You guys like that one? You? Got, I think it came up for your animated movie of the year. Yeah, I should have given it movie of the year. Uh, I did not like it. I saw it the one time, and I was just like, eh, uh-uh. eh, It's one of those. <laughs> Uh-uh. Didn't like it. <laughs> Encanto. Uh, I, I, Encanto. I, I can't. Encanto. I Encanto watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking Bruno song that everybody fucking horned out on was stupid as shit. I didn't like any of it. <laughs> horned out on. Everybody was fucking all horned up on that fucking Bruno song. <laughs> it's the big fad, everybody. Bruno, Bruno. God damn it. <laughs> My kids it started to age out of those movies, so I didn't have to even watch that one. You're lucky. I'm, I'm kind of happy you've never seen it. Good for you. Fuck. Good for you, Joe. <laughs> I love it. Good movie. Good movie. Oh, Paul, you've got young kids, too, so you're watching all this dumb shit. Jake has no excuse. Jake is just a... <laughs> Jake's a fucking toddler. I think a Jake... I think a Jake sometimes 
you know, with his fucking movies and shit. And I think about him wearing like those pajama onesies, you know, with like that's what. Oh, yeah, what did, what did they call those? They had a name. Yeah, what are they called? Or the footsies. Or Jake no. ru- Jake running around in adult man underoos or some shit. Underoos, <laughs> there you go. Underoos was just the underwear. Okay. I'm talking about a full onesie. Like you, you fucking full zip onesie. yourself up in it. And it's like, yeah, you've even got like the, it's got like the feet on it and shit with the grip. Is that like a romper? Yeah, a romper. Those fuckers get hot. <laughs> what are you doing, Paul? Wearing a onesie. I'm a kindergarten teacher. We have pajama day four times a year, okay? If I'm not busting out my Michelangelo onesie, then I don't even know what the hell I'm doing teaching kindergarten. Paul's like, hey, listen, let me explain why I'm a pussy, okay? No. I said it was Michelangelo. Listen, I'm a teacher. <laughs> Let me explain why I just stripped myself of my manhood. Oh, I think I've been doing that ever since I've been on this show, my friend. <laughs> was that a diss? I don't even get that. It was a diss to me. Oh, okay. Self-deprecating myself. <laughs> Always taking digs at me. Oh, man. I, I'm the same way, Paul. It's like I get it here every once in a while in the show. I'll get it from you. You'll dish it out to me every once in a while. But I'm, I'm mostly in my head. I'm the one that's just destroying myself constantly. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I can do it, nobody else can. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you get there first like Eminem and 8 Mile. Exactly. <laughs> we have got to go over some winners. The old contest that we mentioned about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whatever it was, for the uh, movie Smile. This is the uh, horror movie that uh, was released recently on uh, in the theater. And now we've got uh, five Blu-ray copies to be giving away to five listeners. And so I'm going to be... copies. I'm taking one of them. Oh, that's right. Four copies. Joe's getting one. You finally fucking manned up. That's Jesus right. Christ, What you were fucking wearing a romper and you said, no, I don't want it. <laughs> and then you then you look down and you saw yourself in, a, in, your, in your romper and you're like, oh my God, I'm a full grown man in a fucking romper. <laughs> you took off the romper, you grabbed your balls and said, I want a copy of Smile. So I'm going to give you a copy. So I got four winners, Joe. Thank you for the reminder there. The funny thing was, is like... It would be funny if Joe didn't speak up and he just let the other person take his fucking copy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Brian forgot. I guess I just won't say I just it. I won't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Poor me. Yeah. And then he slides his romper back on. And, I was say you hear like a zip. When yeah. The jam was back on. Anyway, here we go. We got four winners. Uh, we're going to be going over here. First one. Rob Forrest. Rob Forrest, you win a Blu-ray copy of Smile. Number two, Stephen Jenkins. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> that shit was funny. Number three, Kevin Boyd. There's a new name. Loving it. Kevin Boyd, you win. And the final one, Larry Mayday. Larry Mayday wins a copy. Larry Mayday, who I also want to point out, it was my birthday this week. Larry Mayday sends me, he he sings me 
uh, uh, the birthday song and then left me a, a sweet little – it was a sweet little video message. And I want to thank Larry and I want to thank everybody that did uh, remember my birthday and gave me the old birthday message. So thank you, Jake. Thank you, Joe. I know Nana did, Stephen Farshid, Janine Daling. Paul, did you? I can't remember. I did not. Yeah, fuck you, Paul. <laughs> fuck you too, you little <laughs> – Probably hanging out with your kindergarten class in your romper. Yeah, you gotta make that paycheck, right? <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, June. June reached out to me too. And if anybody else did, uh, a bunch of people on Twitter did as well. So thank you, everybody. That uh, I, Jake, I'm officially uh, in my in my mid forties now. No, uh, I'll be there next month. Officially in my mid forties, not in my early forties. Can't you know? Can't coast by on saying I'm in my early forties. I'm now in my mid forties, and then I will soon be in my late forties. I, I, I'm not going to say I'm in my late forties right now, Jake, until that six month and one day has passed since my birthday. I'm not saying it till I'm forty nine. Ah, see, there you go. Yeah, you're really rounding it the fuck up. <laughs> Fuck that six month shit. Yeah, man. This fucking this getting older bullshit sucks, man. I fucking no, hate it. I fucking hate it. I'm dreading fifty. Jesus. Oh pushing fifty. We're officially pushing fifty. No shit. That's fucked up, man. That is <laughs> fucked up, dude. <laughs> fucking sucks, man. You wouldn't believe how much fucking shit I have to use to keep myself trying to look like I'm not fucking. If, like close to 40 fucking all the goddamn hair dye and the fucking lotions and all this shit it's ridiculous paint your nails <laughs> Sephora's got me by the balls ladies know what I'm talking about <laughs> do they make a Just accepting age and taking it gracefully yeah fuck that you're married Joe this is true you're fucking married I don't have that fucking luxury of just like, you're stuck with me, bitch. Watch me die. <laughs> Dude, I think she wants me to look older. Like, I trimmed off, like, a lot of my facial hair earlier this week, and it made me look, like, 10 years younger. And and she said that with, like, almost disdain in her voice. Like, oh, he looks so young now. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> That's okay. Well, see, you're lucky. She doesn't care that you're just fucking... You're, you're getting older and, 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 and she wants you to look like you're falling apart. She doesn't want you to put out this vibe to, to the other ladies. She wants to. Maybe that's it. That's a hundred percent it, Joe. She wants to, she's like. It's strategy. She's like, I know what I have. And she's like, and, and, uh, you, you know what? She's like, I've gotten used to you. You look great to me, but I can't have you going out there looking any better for anybody else. I don't want them to see what I got. I don't want you going out there and fucking looking like you're five to ten years younger. I want you to I want you to look like you got one foot in the in the nursing home. <laughs> no, yeah, I had to sign up for a gym membership strictly just to see what her reaction would be. <laughs> anytime a guy anytime a middle aged guy out of nowhere signs up for a gym membership, it's because he's fucking he's got one foot out the door. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No. Just trying to stay healthy. <laughs> trying to keep ahead of the Grim Reaper is what we're doing. No, whatever. Whatever. What the fuck? 
Anyway, uh, so those are our smile winners. We also have a new contest. This is for uh, five digital codes uh, for the uh, new movie just recently in theaters. Devotion. Bring Devotion Home on digital. Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell star in the epic and inspirational story based on true events of two heroic U.S. fighter pilots whose sacrifices made them the Navy's most celebrated wingmen. Buy Devotion on digital now, packed with behind-the-scenes bonus content, available at participating retailers. It's rated PG from Paramount Pictures. I've got five digital copies going to be giving out next week on the podcast. And uh, so what you need to do is I'm going to be sending out a, de- a devotion tweet and a devotion Facebook post, and uh, you will retweet it or share it on Facebook, screenshot that you did, send me proof to contest at popcultureleftovers.com with the title devotion, and you'll be entered to win one of five digital copies, and we'll go over those winners next week. Paul, you and I both saw this movie in the theater, gave it Tupperwares, fantastic movie. Yes, I will definitely be entering this contest. That movie is fantastic. Fan-fucking-tastic. Fan-fucking-tastic, absolutely. Yeah, it's a real, no, it's really a good movie. It, it, Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell have great chemistry throughout the movie. Um, and, uh, it, it's just an unreal story. Just an unreal story. And, uh, very cool to see, like, these, um, Navy, uh, fighter pilots. And, uh, that was, well, I, I, I forget who it was, but like somebody like, like, uh, you know, watching the movie Top Gun, somebody saying something like, uh, uh, the best fighter, why are the best, why are the best pilots, uh, in, in the Navy, not the Air Force? I've heard that too. I've kind of figured it out, I think. It's because, I think it's because, Aircraft carriers are in the fucking water. They want to get off of it. <laughs> so it makes sense that they would have their own branch of fucking fighter pilots in the Navy. Since that is a fucking uh, a sea-based uh, 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 ship, right? Makes sense to me. Absolutely. Yeah. There you go. I forgot who said that or I encountered that question before. And I- Pretty sure it was Kevin Shanks. Yeah, it might have been Kevin Shanks. Might have been Kevin Shanks, but it's I think it's just because it's an aircraft carrier. It's in the ocean. You land an aircraft on it. It carries aircrafts. It's part of the Navy. It's in the water. <laughs> All those things. Connect the dots, right? Devotion! Enter the contest, everybody. Oh man, great, great fucking movie. Fantastic movie. Are you guys ready to get into your favorite picks of 2023? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, Let's do this. All right, guys. Uh, first one we're going to be going over, first category is best animated television show of the year. Best animated show of the year. Thank you. 
Paul go over like yeah i think this is how we do it everybody don't we we go over our third second and first choice and then we'll list off all of our honorable mentions so i think that's how we do it right yes i, I thought for- we did honorable mentions first do we i don't know i can't remember we did honorable mentions first my first year and then i did that last year and was told we do third, second, first, and then honorable mentions. Paul made oh. it sound like there was a traumatic experience. Yeah, yeah. I was very shook. <laughs> yeah, it's like you held on to that and you're like, and no, like and- you held on to that bad memory. Like I was Uncle Petey and I touched you when you were younger under the tree. And it's like, okay. So what the f- Dave, actually, but thanks for that, Brian. Well, <laughs> shit. I'm sorry to put you through that. Paul, we'll do it. Tell you what, buddy. We'll do it any way you no, want to. No, no, any no, way no. you want to. I just know. Any way you want to do it, Paul. We'll do it the way you want to this year, buddy. Right no, it's okay, buddy. Oh. oh, shit. Now Paul dropped his ice cream cone. Let's get him another one. <laughs> I dropped my Ninja Turtle head shaved popsicle. Ooh, those are the good. gumball nose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, okay. If you want to go over, no, let's do it that way. Let's do it the way that that doesn't trigger Paul. Um, <laughs> we can go. Let's go over all of our honorable mentions. Don't want to give Paul another year of resentment. I know. Like he, no, he's gonna. I'm gonna hold on to this for the next topic. Uh, <laughs> I just re-listened today to last year's to make sure I had everything in my notes right. That, that's the only reason why I bring it up. You anal son of a fuck. I my, told you, man. Oh, my God. It's the tuppies. You bring your A game, man. It's the tuppies. You know what? You know, it's just uh, I just fly by the seat of my pants every year, Paul, when I do this. It, I get Who knows what we what I'm going to do one year to the next, you know? Yeah, Paul, you bring your C game to the tuppies. That's all the best right, thing man. about the episode. Yeah. All right, all yeah. Right. Don't don't be this fucking hall monitor fucking auditor uh, coming in here <laughs> telling me how we did it the first year and how it's not lining up with the, all this other shit. <laughs> can't, can we just make this a fun space where people yes, could, uh, yes. where just entered, you know what, even though you know how I did it the, the previous year and I'm doing it differently <laughs> the next year, just be like, just be like, you know what, let's let this stupid fuck do it the way he wants to do it this year. Right. Like I remember, Absolutely. you can tell be, me how you want. You hold no, you hold that over me, but you hold it over me and don't say it verbally. How? <laughs> I mean, that's today. No, he no, he still had to point it out though, right? I listened yeah. to it today. I just wanted to make sure I was doing. No, it. no, you made it a point. You're like, well, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the the first year that I was on the. <laughs> then I tried to do it that way the next year. And then I was told I was doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Last year we did our honorable mentions last? Yeah. Oh, man, I've blacked that out. Uh, all right, let's do our honorable mentions first. Oh, man. And then we'll do our third, second, and first. <laughs> Remember, this is a no judgment zone. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it, Paul. I, dude, I, I, this is all in fun. I'm just fucking with you. Oh, of course, of course. I, I have two honorable mentions. Uh, I have uh, the Lower Decks, the Star Trek animated show, which still, I mean, I'm not a huge Trekkie. I don't know a lot of the lore and all of that, but it's just a fun, you know, kind of new, different story. 
uh, great chemistry with the characters, fun new adventures they get on. And then uh, uh, I got Farzar as uh, my last hour mentioned, which was just a funny out there, like, what the fuck am I experiencing right now show. Had a, had had an absolute blast watching that. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Keep it going, Paul. I I just had two honorable mentions for best animated TV show. Is that what we're doing? And now I'm passing off somebody else to give their honorable mentions, or are we just staying with the same person? I I, I love how we're deciding all this now. Yeah, we we do it. We we never figured this out before. It's like we we always figure out on the episode. I'm grabbing a beer. (laughs) You want me to say my number three? Yeah, Yeah. do it all, Paul. Do it all in one swoop. Yeah, we don't want to have to come back to you, Jesus. Okay, number three is uh, the Cuphead show on Netflix, uh, based off of uh, the video game. It was uh, realized maybe I need to monitor my kids' content a little bit more because <laughs> I just downloaded the video game, and then he's like, "Oh, watch the show with me." I'm like, "Whoa, this is maybe a little too out there for a six-year-old," but I had a blast with that show. Um, and then go right into number two. No, go to number right. one. Then we'll go back to number two. Let's. <laughs> I fucking hate you. So let's get okay. silly with this, man. Let's get silly. Yeah, yeah man. You jump to movie of the year. Yeah, you can jump to different <laughs> categories. <laughs> My director of the year is. Uh, for number two, I have Little Demon, uh, the show I never would have watched. Uh, if I wasn't um, asked to watch it for this show, uh, Aubrey Plaza and Danny DeVito. And we even got uh, – it gave us uh, the Twins reunion with Arnold Schwarzenegger making his animated uh, return, which was a lot of fun. And then um, my winner of the year, which I think is its best season, is Harley Quinn. Um, I love that they kind of went – uh all in with the harley quinn and ivy romance um they did a lot of fun things with the joker they kind of riffed on the white knight uh storyline from the comics i just think this show the fact that they're able to go full-blown r-rated and they really didn't shy away from the whole does batman eat pussy (laughs) Uh, kind of controversy from the black label comics it was just harley quinn i feel like is getting better and better with each new season so harley quinn is my uh, best animated show of the year damn that's a great show i i haven't man i haven't gotten on and watched uh, is it the third season was the latest one yeah the third season i'm just i think i'm maybe a couple episodes into it so i haven't finished it i need to get back i, I keep telling myself to get back to that one so so her and uh, her and Ivy are like in a full relationship now. Full blown relationship, and and even like um, the writers have said that as long as they're the lead writers of this show, they will not have Harley Quinn be back in a romance with the Joker. I would. They're just fully committed to Ivy and Harley. I just want a full episode of those two animated women just going down on each other. Oh, you pretty much get yeah. that. You pretty much get that. Like, in the, I think it's like the first episode. She calls it kind of like this whole like uh, robbing, fucking, and it's like the love bang kill tour. The love right? bang kill tour. Yeah. 
I'm talking full fucking 30 minutes of just, uh, you know, just fucking. <laughs> yeah. None of that scissoring bullshit. I'm talking fucking fisting. Oh What's green on the outside and pink on the inside that is not a watermelon. Right. You can start with the scissoring, like build up to the good stuff, right? No, man. I don't know, man. I just think like, uh, you know, like some heavy petting and shit like that. But then, you know, the scissoring, I don't know, man. Just go. Uh, is that, is that, is that a myth or are they, are they, are they really scissoring? According to the show Reboot, it is a myth. Yeah, I don't know if like that's a thing. The whole scissoring thing. I don't know. <laughs> if that's, is that, Joe, do you... Thoughts from the I don't know, man. We'll have to reach out to our correspondents. <laughs> I'd like to think it's a thing. Don't take that away from me. Yeah, I'm with Joe. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. I'm not against it. <laughs> anyway alright Joe what do you got for animated show uh, yeah for uh, honorable mention uh, I have Tales of the Jedi from Disney Plus uh, it was a Dave Filoni created show and it's just kind of some little one off episodes that fill in some of uh, his uh, bits of the story I, I thought it was really fun seeing some stuff to really understand how Dooku got positioned the way he did and um, it's a I, it's only like six or eight episodes or something like that, too. So it's it's pretty easy to get through. And um, yeah, really liked it a lot. Uh, I'm a huge fan of what Dave Filoni does. I think he's comes up with some really great stories for Star Wars. Like I love the Clone Wars and Rebels. And um, so this fit right in there for me. Um, my number three. Is Hold on real quick, real quick. Sorry, Star ahead. Wars related. I was thinking about this the other day. You know, you watch uh, The Phantom Menace, you know, for the first time, whatever, and you're introduced to Jar Jar Binks, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was thinking to myself, like, yeah, you watch him in the movies, all goofy and silly and shit. But, like, let's say, let's say, like, that movie didn't exist and you looked out your window and you saw one of those, you saw a Gungan, a Jar Jar Binks looking Gungan walking up to your house. How terrifying is that in that moment? Terrified. Right? Oh, absolutely. And then they'd have to take a moment and be like, is he wearing bell bottoms? What is that? It doesn't matter what he's wearing. If I see that walking up to my house, I am fucking freaked. It's like a horror movie in that moment. I was thinking like all these things that we watch on TV that we think are cute and silly. Like, oh my God, if I saw this thing in real fucking life, it would terrify the shit out of me. I would fucking be terrified to see a living, breathing Jar Jar Binks. Isn't that weird to think about? I, don't, I think I think I would react positively to seeing Jar Jar for the first. No, time. no, 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 Jake. Like Phantom Menace doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, I follow that logic. That thing is walking up to your fucking house. You're not going to react positively seeing this amphibious thing walking up to your fucking house. There's no way. Really Jar Jar with Jar Jar's demeanor. Dude, you have it. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna. Oh, he looks friendly. No, I don't care. Come on, I don't care. General Tarples, then I might be a little bit wary. But uh, I, you're 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 in a fantasy world. Take off your romper. Take off your romper and wake the fuck up. Some fucking upright walking amphibious creatures walking up to my house. I don't care if it's Jar Jar. I don't give a fuck if it's a Battle Toad or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I'm freaking the fuck out. 
be even scarier to see him at the beach. Like just those eye stalks appear out of the water. Yeah. Oh, just come striding out of the surf. He blinks a couple oh, times. Oh my God. And he said, Misa, I fuck off, dude. No. <laughs> Misa getting the fuck out of here. Sprinting back to the car. No anyway. kidding. Mother's picking up children and running through the sand. Yes. <laughs> what was it? It was like that SNL commercial. Wasn't it an SNL commercial where like the 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 like the animated logo jumped off like the the drink, like the 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 orange juice, and the kids started screaming and crying. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Did they uh, do the one where the downy bear came like like was like a real thing and they're running in terror from it? Yeah, I've seen something like that before. Yeah, that might have been it, man. Yeah. I'd freak out if I if a fucking stuffed animal started talking to my house. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Jesus Christ. That's scary as shit. Jar Jar's scarier, Jake. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not buying this. Oh this god, get the fuck out of here. Oh my God! I think it's just because he's he's so ingrained in you for watching that movie fucking a hundred fifty times or whatever you've done watched it by now that you're just like ah oh, I wouldn't be scared. It's a fucking amphibious creature walking on two legs coming in, coming up to your place. <laughs> I'm running. I'm locking the door. I'm calling nine one one. I'm wishing that I had a gun in the house. I'm thinking about like I would shoot that thing dead. <laughs> yes. There is if Jar Jar picks out care if he comes out and he's acting all cute or whatever the fuck he's doing, I'm shooting that thing dead. <laughs> I'm just thinking about like Toy Story, like like say like I, I came up to my room a little bit more quieter and they didn't hear me and I just see them like drop down, like now like Everyone thinks I'm crazy. Like I saw my toys talking, and now they're lifeless. Like that's creepy. Paul. I'll co-sign that. Yeah, dude, that would. That it's would not fuck. creepy seeing a fucking uh, like a fucking <laughs> six foot tall fucking water based amphibious creature walking around on two legs coming up to your place. It might be a bit off putting at first, but I not really creepy. You're fu- you're the first one dead in a horror movie. You're the first one dead in a horror movie, Jake. You're not a final girl, Jake. That's that's probably true. You're the first one dead. I'm gonna go check out what that cool noise was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jar Jar looks dopey, right? Like he does not look threatening, even if it's the first time you're ever seeing this guy. Do- he looks dopey. Yeah, dude. Okay, you see some fucking guy at Walmart walking around all dopey. Are you happy to see him? Yeah. Are you rushing up to him like, oh, okay, let me hang out with this dopey motherfucker from Walmart. That's how I met most of my friends. Uh, <laughs> I'm walking the other way. I'm getting away. And if a fucking if it's a fucking amphibious sea creature, I'm gone. I'm sprinting. <clears throat> I think you're that you're dreaming. You're dead. I hope he I hope Jar Jar killed you in that scenario. <laughs> <laughs> Teach you a lesson. Which uh, would be more frightening, a gun gun or like a Wookiee? Uh, definitely a Wookiee. Wookiees look scarier. I, with a Wookiee, I might take a moment to be like, what is that, like a bear walking upright? What is that? But with a gun gun, it's like it's so alien looking that I think I it would be scarier. It would be scary as shit. Oh, shit. Look, its eyes are on stalks like a snail. 
<laughs> Jake's like, Michelle, look, it looks dopey. Let's go hang out with it. <laughs> I mean, are we talking a Gungan or specifically Jar Jar? I mean, because Jar Jar, like, just his demeanor should pull you off. Oh, come on. Oh, my God. I'm not sitting around paying attention to, like, this bumbling, clumsy fucking weirdo outside. I'm just like, this is a fucking alien on my front lawn. I wish I had guns. <laughs> like, polar bears are adorable, but they will 100% eat you if they see yes. you. In yes. The wild. Yes. Yes. They're not going to be like, oh, what's that thing wandering around in my Arctic environment? No, they're just going to eat you. And yes, they look adorable. Pandas. Uh, yeah. Panda, pandas look adorable when they're going down a slide. But if you're at the other end of that slide, they could fucking cut your head off. Jar <laughs> <laughs> Jar's not going to cut any heads off, though. You're good to go. <laughs> you don't know this in the scenario. You don't know this, though, Jake. That's what I'm you're saying. You need a giant puss with everything you encounter. <laughs> <laughs> you act like oh you act like i open up the drawer and i see a spatula and i run out of the room ah! <laughs> Fine, i thought this was no judgment i have a real spatula over here. <laughs> well that's because your uncle dave shoved one up your ass when you were fine <laughs> for getting the name right yeah <laughs> i know i used uncle Petey before and now it's uh, moved on to uncle dave well, Paul corrected you, and then you I know I've got to learn from that. I've gotta... <laughs> You're like my fucking ex-wife, Paul. Oh man, yeah, you've got this yeah. steel trap mind. You remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're using shit against me from like fucking two years ago. I just complimented you for. <laughs> Jake's over there wanting to hug the fucking the the creature from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> 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 you guys are, you guys are, you guys are, I don't understand any of this. This is weird. Joe, get back. Let's get back to your goddamn list. Oh, yeah, that's I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I'm sorry I brought any of this up. Yeah, my number three spot is Harley Quinn season three. Like, um, I've been I've been on that show since it first came out, and I feel like every season they're they're able to come back stronger than the season before, and that's a really really good, really good thing for for a series to do, especially something that is you know DC. We all know how fucking chaotic Warner Brothers has been, and so I'm glad that this is one of those shows that just keeps making it past the the chopping block. And I hope it just continues to gain in popularity because it's it's so different from the other DC stuff that's out there. The 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 rated R the whole vibe of the show just makes it the jokes that are in it are just fantastic. And this last season was really great. Um, my number two spot was Love, Death, and Robots season three. I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I'd been a I'd slept on the show for a while and got into it on season three and then quickly watched all of it and just absolutely love it. Uh, the show really blows my mind. I, I love the the whole presentation of it, how each episode is kind of its own little thing. They're all different. They have different directors, different casts, different animation styles. There's so many different things that it, it's like, there's gotta be something for almost everybody in every season of that show. And it just continues to be fantastic. And my number one was Farzar season one on Netflix. 
um, fantastic comedic series with these <laughs> these aliens at war on this distant planet, and all the characters are so goofy. The show's definitely hard R, very raunchy humor, and just every episode just tickled me. I absolutely loved it. And looking forward to a second season, I went through and gave it two thumbs up on uh, every different Netflix account that I could get on, <laughs> like sneaking in there and giving it two thumbs up. Good for and you, man. Yeah, I fucking love it, man. Farzar is absolutely my number one pick. Awesome. Yeah, that was a great show, Joe. Uh, Jake, what do you got for animated show? Yeah, best animated show of the year. Um, I've got three of them. I'm going to give my bronze Tupperware to Love, Death, and Robots Season 3. It wasn't the best season, but still very, very good. And some of the best shorts in the whole series were in this one, Um, especially the one that that Fincher did himself. I thought was so, so good. Um, I'm going to give my silver Tupperware to Chainsaw Man Season 1. This was one of the most anticipated animes of the year. And I know a lot of people don't agree with this, but in my opinion, it, it was worth the anticipation. It's been just as good as I wanted it to be. I mean, just such a great adaptation of the manga. Um, animation is so good. What a great opening theme song. Just a, a really fun supporting cast of characters. And I mean, it, the show just evolves so quickly into something different week to week. And uh, I'm going to give my gold Tupperware animated show of the year to spy family. Um, just loving this show. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about this, but um, the main character is a spy Lloyd Forger. He is forced to start a family so he can help infiltrate these, these mafia people. And he takes on a wife, but unbeknownst to him, his wife is actually like a secret assassin. So it's a, a little bit of a Mr. And Mrs. Smith thing kind of going on. I was thinking like a true lies reversed. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit like that. And then to really spice things up, he has to adopt a child and the child that he adopts has telepathic powers. So the child unbeknownst to both the mother and the father knows completely what's going on between the two characters and they don't know the child's telepathic. So there's just this, three-way fucking mind fuck going on between these three characters on top of all the evil stuff going on you know beneath the surface um just such a great show just gets better and better it actually had two seasons already this year season one was in like february and then season two started in october so there's about 24 episodes of this show already and uh i can't recommend it enough it's so much fun it's funny it's charming it's scary it's action-packed one of the best animes I've ever seen. You've sold me on it. I've got to watch it now. That sounds really good. I've got yeah, it, it. Like it's in my queue. I just haven't started it yet. Oh, it's so much fun. I'm um, just like Chainsaw Man. If you wait a couple weeks, you can watch the English dub. And I think the English dub is very, very good. So yeah, I, I can't get enough spy family. I'm going to start watching that. I'm going to start watching that. Yeah. That I wrote really tales good. of the Jedi down. I'd forgotten all about that. That kind of came out and, I just forgot all about it. And I, I, I loved visions last year and, um, yeah, I'd like to see that. I, it's probably not much of a commitment, right, Joe? No, it's really easy to get through. I mean, most of the episodes are just kind of standalones. Yeah. One of my favorite things about doing these Tupperwares is always making the list of stuff that just kind of passed me by over the year and checking it out the following year. Yeah. 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 And they, 
and uh, busted Paul's balls. That's fun too. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not quite tradition yet. Maybe four years and it'll be a tradition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next year, Paul. <laughs> we're gonna really my eggnog out, bust Paul's nuts. <laughs> we're gonna we're rake gonna you over the coals there. next There's year, buddy. Together. <laughs> oh, actually, we're gonna we're gonna have your uncle Dave on next year. Oh man, <laughs> if, Uncle Dave, if you're actually listening, it's all in fun. <laughs> and your uncle Dave was like, "Yeah, it was back then too." <laughs> <laughs> that was for <great>. him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it scarred you. Um, let's see here. I have uh, one honorable mention, which is uh, Little Demon. Paul mentioned that I, I loved that show. I thought it was fantastic. So, yeah, Aubrey Plaza and uh, Danny DeVito, great show. That's on FX. You can also watch it on Hulu. Uh, my number three is uh, Love, Death, and Robots season three. I thought it was fantastic. My favorite episode was the Fincher one, like Jake said, with the sea, like the little sea crab monster or whatever the fuck. That was just mm-hmm. what an incredible fucking episode. So one of the best I've ever seen uh, from that show. Number two, Joe, it's Farzar. Yeah. Loved Farzar, man. Raunchy humor, just ridiculous characters. It's like... He-Man on Ranch on crack. It's fucking incredible. I absolutely love Farzar. And I also have given it the uh, two thumbs up on Netflix. Highly recommend Farzar. Uh, and my number one is going, and Jake, I'm actually, I still have two episodes left of this because they haven't dubbed them yet, but it's, I'm still giving it number one. Chainsaw Man. I, I, I am, in love with Chainsaw Man. They've only released 10 of the English dub episodes, so I've got two left. But man, I am just, I love it, man. They don't shy away from violence. They don't shy away from language. And, uh, the action's incredible. I'm loving meeting some of like the ancillary characters. And, uh, I think the dude that voices Denji on the English dub is just so good. So I'm all about that Chainsaw Man. And I'm watching that on Verve, but uh, do they have it? It's on Hulu as well, correct? I watch it on Crunchyroll. I'm not sure if it's on. Yeah, I'm watching it on Verve through through their Crunchyroll deal that they have. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Chainsaw Man is my number one. So let's move on to the best animated movie of the year. The animated movie of the year. Drink the drink. But I don't want the drink. He doesn't want the drink. He does. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You do. I don't. You don't. I do. You don't. I do. You don't. Listen, when I say I do, that means I do. To infinity and beyond. We going in there? Yep. P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney? Yep. We're going to just swim straight. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Paul, animated movie of the year. Yeah, um, for my runner-up, I have one runner-up. I have uh, the Lightyear movie. It was a fun turn-your-brain-off, just kind of like a, a, you know, like it kind of took me back to being – six and into those you know 
science fiction movies. I just had a lot of fun with it, and I enjoyed some of the callbacks to the Pixar universe, but it was a fun little standalone movie. For number three, I have The Bad Guys. I really enjoyed The Bad Guys. Um, I loved Craig Robinson's character, the shark that could just was like a master of disguise. Um, my second uh, runner-up is Turning Red. I thought that was just a fantastic, fantastic animated movie, especially uh, for having you know a little girl who's close to becoming a teenager. I think movies like Turning Red are very essential for girls like my daughter to watch. Um, you know, I thought that was awesome. I kind of love the whole dynamic of, you know, having kind of two sets of families, like your blood family and then like your rider dies. And then I don't know if this is going to get some heat if it counts, but my winner of the year is the Chippendale reboot. I know it is kind of a hybrid with live actors, but a lot of it's also animated. And I just absolutely adored the Chippendale reboot. Um, I, you know, there's so much fun stuff that's happening. I was on the floor with the ugly Sonic kind of uh, reference and all of that. And I just absolutely, I just had so much fun watching Chip and Dale. It took me back to the TV show and it was kind of a fun, like behind the music type of uh, episode. So, or like, it was like a behind the music episode type of thing of where are they now? Um, but yeah, I got Chippendale as my winner of the year for best animated movie. It would have been funny if like Paul was like, ah, this might be controversial, but my uh, animated movie of the year is the, uh, um, welcome to Chippendale show with Camille Nanjiani. It's not even a show. There's no animated elements to it all. Uh, this might be a controversial pick. I almost went with Avatar. Sorry. (laughs) I would have counted Avatar as an animated movie of the year. That's funny. I was going back and forth on that one. It's like, technically, this this should count for this category. I don't, because it's got... I I don't. I I still consider it live action. I think it's more animated than Paul's winner. Probably. It probably is, but I just can't put it in that category. But I agree with Paul putting his movie in the animated group. I, I have no problem with that. I don't know. That's my problem. That's something I've got to work out. <laughs> I'll bring it up next year at the top. Of- oh, I'm sure you fucking will. I can't get anything fucking past you. <laughs> Jesus, you nitpicky little cunt. Oh my god. I love you too. <laughs> Joe, animated movie of the year. This is kind of a slim one for me. I've actually only got uh, a top spot for this one. And it was Apollo 10 and a half, uh, Space Age Childhood. It was uh, uh, a Richard Linklater movie. Yeah, yeah. We reviewed it on the show. And it was one where I sat down and I was maybe three to five minutes into it. And my younger son came in, sat down, immediately noticed I was watching something animated. And so he just sat down and ended up watching the whole thing with me. And he was just glued to the screen and it just blew my mind that it it captured his imagination the way it did because I didn't feel like it was a movie really for kids like on its surface. But it absolutely worked for him. And I guess it makes sense because the main character is this kid that's got these big dreams of 
of wanting to be part of the Apollo mission and go to the moon. And it was just a really fun movie. But for me, it was it was really all about just sitting and watching it with, with my son. And it just made it a really special experience. And so that's that's my top spot. There you go. Yeah, that was a fantastic movie. Um, Jake, what do you got, man? Yeah, I've got one honorable mention, and my honorable mention is uh, Turning Red. Uh, I liked it quite a lot. I just had some good music and just good themes, and I, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I've got my three awards. I'm going to give my bronze to the DC League of Super Pets movie. Um, this one really took me by surprise. I really did not expect to have as much fun as I did watching this movie. But just such a stellar voice cast, a great group of heroes, fun villains, fantastic animation. I, I just thought this was such a fun movie. And even if you're not like a diehard DC fan, I think there's a lot to enjoy in this movie. Um my silver Tupperware is going to go to Beavis and Butthead do the universe, much like uh, Super Pets. Like I just I've never been the biggest Beavis and Butthead fan, but I was just pleasantly surprised at how hilarious this movie ended up being to me. Um, I still think about the opening scene all the time where where Beavis is trying to put the thing through the ring while they're testing out the space equipment and just how how long they let that go on and how hilarious it was. <laughs> um, just, oh, man, that movie won me over so quickly and then it, it just kind of never let go. Um, just a great way to kickstart the revival of Beavis and Butthead that they did over on Paramount Plus. And um, I'm going to give my gold Tupperware to a movie called Bubble that's available on Netflix. Um, this is kind of an anime movie, um, just such stunning animation. It reminds me a lot of, I don't know if anyone out there saw Bell, but Bell is not an adaptation of Beauty and the Beast, but kind of a slight homage to that movie with some of its themes. This is very much the same kind of thing, except it's Little Mermaid instead of Beauty and the Beast. Now, if you're a Little Mermaid hater, it shouldn't drive you away. Much like Belle, you know, if you don't like Beauty and the Beast, it's, it's a completely dif different thing. But there's just nods and like a little bit of an homage to that story. And it's basically a world that's been overrun by water. There's these poisonous bubbles that come up through the ground and the youth has like made it a sport to try to dodge these bubbles. So there's like all these crazy kind of parkour competition to dodge all these poisonous bubbles. And then during that, they, they start to discover some of the creatures that are living in the water that's overrun this planet. And the, the plot kind of evolves from there. Um, man, just seeing the parkour sports competitions and stunning anime animation, uh, this one just really won me over. Uh, Bubble on Netflix. I can't recommend it enough. I have never even heard of this movie. Yeah, I think it came out in March. I told you about it after I watched it. Yeah, it shows how much I listen to you. It's fine. I don't blame you. A nine <laughs> out of ten of my suggestions are pretty bad. But I would put this on the uh, on the you should check it out. I think you would like it, Brian. I can't imagine you wouldn't like this. No, 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 no. And I loved Belle. So, and I, I am not, um, I'm not a fan of like Beauty and the Beast and I'm not a fan of Little Mermaid. So, but I loved Belle. So yeah, yeah. it's basically like a completely different adaptation of those stories that there's no singing. Um, yeah, it's, it's very, it's very emotional, tons of action. 
lots of twists and turns. Um, one of the best things Netflix put out all year, in my opinion. Would you say there's more twists than turns or more turns than twists? I would say there's more twists than turns. Okay. Like, well, like if you had to give me percentages on twists and percentages <laughs> on turns, <laughs> what are we, look, I, I what are we looking define, at? I would define a twist as like a plot point you didn't see coming and a turn as a plot point going in a direction you didn't expect. I think there's more I didn't ask for definitions. I asked for percentages. <laughs> I would say it's 70% twist. I mean, just disregarding the question and going into your own tirade about like – I just – before I listed the percentages, I wanted to make sure we were, we were crystal clear. We – you know was. we were. I could have said what you said verbatim. <laughs> Even Paul could have done that, Jake. I mean, come on. <laughs> when you hang out with your uncle, Paul, more twist or more turns? He does it oh, both simultaneously. Twist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> twist is usually during Chubby Checkers. Good he even he even wears an M Night Shyamalan mask when he does it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you're unbreakable aren't you paul oh Oh, man my therapist says so (laughs) the unbreakable reference kills me (laughs) no they say it takes a village uh, Not as good, Paul. Not, yeah, yeah, Paul. I hate it. When he try, Paul trying to one up it. You know what I mean? Trying to take it to that next. Paul's not good at reading the signs. Yeah. <laughs> we just saw that happening. <laughs> There's Joe. <laughs> I just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my glass? I'm trying to figure out how to work last airbender into this conversation. I, don't have a six, I just don't have a sixth sense for it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I know. Thanks, Joe. Give me a moment. I can't find my glass. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, there's a knock at the door. Uh, oh, fuck. A lady in the water. Anyway, um... <laughs> That's so stupid. Oh, there's another lady. They're scissoring. <laughs> now we got a show. <sighs> anyway. Um, okay, it's my turn? Yes, yes. Jesus. Okay, I've got uh, quite a few honorable mentions here before I get into uh, my top three. Uh, honorable mentions, Beavis and Butthead do the universe. I love this movie as well, Jake. I did finish the entire first season as well on Paramount Plus. Some sketches and some things are better than others on that show, but it was enjoyable as well. Uh, Bell, I have Bell on the list. Uh, that was an animated movie that dropped. It was a fathom event. And I think you can, uh, I don't know if you can watch it streaming anywhere. You might have to it's get on it. HBO. There you go, HBO Max. Check out Bell, and that's B E L L E. It is fantastic, very colorful, very like the animation is crisp and smooth, amazing. Uh, I also have the Bad Guys, Paul. I really enjoyed the Bad Guys quite a bit. It was just like an animated version of like a uh, 
of um, Ocean's, uh, 11. Ocean's Eleven. That's what I was looking for. Ocean's Eleven. Uh, the Bob's Burgers movie. Absolutely loved it, man. Um, I'm, I'm a fan of the show. I haven't watched every season, but I have watched like the first three seasons and loved it. And so not watching it in a long time, but going into the theater where they're just bringing you their, their best jokes. It reminded me of like going to see the Simpsons movie where you think you've seen everything the Simpsons could do. And then they just throw together this incredible movie. Same thing with the Bob's Burgers movie. It was fantastic. Um, Fortune favors Lady Nakuko. That is a movie that Jake and I saw in the theater this year. Absolutely loved that movie. It's a animated film. It's like a, um, would you consider it like an anime movie, Jake? Yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Fortune favors Lady Nakuko. Fantastic movie. And then the final honorable mention I have is a movie that I watched earlier in the year called Flea, uh, F L E E. And oh, it's, that was so good. Yeah. It's about a man. Um, it's a, it's an actual recording of a man giving his story of leaving Afghanistan and making his way to Denmark. And um, he's been uh, secretly gay and uh, he's been hiding this for 20 years. And um, he's telling this story for the first time in, in uh, sharing the story with his friend. And then they took his uh his spoken word in this interview and then animated it and it is just it's a powerful movie and an amazing fucking movie and that is flea and i highly recommend it um now for my top three number three i'm going to give it to the bronze dc league of super pets i thought it was so much fun absolutely loved it had a great time with that movie in the theater uh, I haven't watched it again, but I really need to now that it's available on HBO Max. Um, number two is Apollo Ten and a Half. Joe, that was your movie. I man, I loved it as well, dude. It was so good. Um, nice. Just a fantastic movie. Um, and number one is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. I was blown away by this. This is just, it's, it's my favorite version of any Pinocchio that I've ever seen on the screen. It was, ha, has anybody else watched this yet? No, I'm, I'm adding it to my list right now. Yeah, I've not seen it yet. Yeah, they released it in the theater a week before it dropped on Netflix. So I wanted to see it in the theater, saw it in the theater and uh, was blown away. Christoph Waltz is incredible in the movie as the villain. Um, the, the voice acting in this is just superb. The uh, the stop motion animation is just top notch. Guillermo del Toro really injects himself into this movie. You can definitely tell um, with a lot of like the uh, some of the darker magic elements and some of the creature designs very much look like stuff that del Toro would use in like Pan's Labyrinth. But he's using it here in in, in stop motion. It's incredible. The best Pinocchio story I've ever witnessed. So good. So number one is Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. So uh, let's move on to the next category, which is going to be Hero, our Hero of the Year. Best Hero of the Year. Megatron must be stopped, no matter the cost. You got the power! 
shall stand, one shall fall. Why throw away your life so recklessly? That's a question you should ask yourself, Megatron. Paul, I'm going to throw it over to you. Heroes of the Year. Yeah, I got some honorable mentions. Um, uh, specifically from the movie Devotion, I got Jesse Brown and Tom Hudner, played by Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. They're, you know, I mean, it's a real story, uh, especially with Jesse Brown. Um, it just does a great job showing what they overcome. I also have Elizabeth Taylor from Devotion. Uh, she plays a pretty like critical and kind of in her own way as a hero to building like, you know, the bond between that unit. Um, I had to go with Johnny Lawrence from Cobra Kai of the latest season of um, Cobra Kai. God damn. What a uh, fantastic love- fucking season, man. Dude, dude, it I think it's their best season. It was so much fun, man. I got lost in it. I was just like, just fucking just do it. Just do whatever you're going to do. The, the I sh- think they really embraced like we're going to kind of cheese it up. Yes. We're going to give you the member berries and it worked. And just seeing Johnny Lawrence's like where he is now as like the family man. I just he is. He is the heart and soul of that show. I have. Uh, and to think and to think you could. Uh, and to think, like, you could go to, like, a convention a decade ago and just probably talk to this guy for, like, 30 minutes, you know? Oh, yeah. And yeah. now it's like you've got to, you know, like, his stock has risen so much oh. after this show. It's like you you might get a five-second picture with him, you know? And so. it's so well-deserved, too. <laughs> it it's is. so well-deserved because yeah. he's just – you know, and like it, like it's so funny too. Like you think back to how, however many years it was, like 2019 or even 18, when the show first started. It's like, oh man, we're gonna focus on the bad guy. Like, ooh, I don't know about that. And it's just, it's worked. And I think he is the full, full reason for that. But I got Johnny Lawrence. I got Naturi. Uh, man, this one got a little tough because Naturi from uh, Avatar. Especially in that final act, she just goes full blown hero. Uh, fucking loved it. Uh, gotta go with my guy Benoit Blanc for an honorable mention from uh, Glass Onion. Uh, Doctor Strange and Miss America from uh, the Multiverse of America Madness. Chavez. Miss America is Miss America. Uh, Miss America. <laughs> she's she's a pageant winner. Um, <laughs> I'm so Paul. used to in our classroom we we use our Miss America Chavez eyes and I just got used to saying Miss America eyes Miss America Chavez yeah um, it's just America Chavez yeah okay <laughs> edit, edit, edit it out <laughs> no no I'm not just like I'm not going to edit out you reprimanding me earlier for previous <laughs> seasons of uh, of the Tuppies Paul got demerit um, I got uh, Mo. From the TV show Mo as one of my heroes, I thought just that whole show was like that show took me by surprise. Just kind of his journey of, you know, trying to become a citizen, I think, is something that is definitely needed to see today. And uh, the character of Mo, as flawed as he is, to me, was a hero this year. Uh, I got how can you not have Tom Cruise's Maverick? At least as an honorable mention, I'm sure he's going to be higher up. And then I got She-Hulk and Madison 
as uh, my album mentions. For my uh, third runner-up, I have Naru, played by Amber Midthunder in the movie Prey. Um, fucking, it was a movie I didn't think I needed. It's a movie I definitely am so glad we got. I loved her character. I loved the journey she went on of just trying to take on. I mean, it's like she saw her own Jar Jar Pinks when this thing fucking landed. Um, and hey, then, Jake, uh, would you try to hug the predator? No, because it doesn't look like like very welcoming at all. Okay, so so a bumbling fucking. Tripping over my tongue, moronic, amphibious, standing on two legs creature is like welcoming. Well, not threatening. I mean, if he is, then he's got me fooled. I did just based on looks alone. If I see that out in the wild, I'm I'm fucking running. But if you had to give me a choice of who I think was more approachable, Jar Jar the Predator, I'm definitely saying Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. I, I wasn't giving him a choice. I was just. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Paul. Um, my second runner-up. It's a it, like I grouped these characters into one. Uh, this was my number one up until a couple weeks ago. But I have Dustin, Lucas, Nancy, Steve, Robin, Max, and of course Kate Bush. Um for a uh, hero for my runner up my first runner up for a uh, hero of the year especially at the end of the episode dear billy the way that all plays out and how they band together to help out max and just the inclusion of running up that hill was just chef's kiss but my winner never in a million years would i think i'd be saying this my winner for hero of the year is santa claus played by david harbour from the movie violent night just fucking, you know, someone we have immortalized when we were kids and just to see this adult version that's going to get the job done, but yet also still kind of be true to the spirit of Christmas. Just, man, what a fan to like, how can you not get behind Santa Claus like in a diehard situation? Like he was Santa Claus is my hero of the year. David Harbour, Santa Claus, but much better than his uh, Hellboy. Oh, 100%. <laughs> much, much better than his Hellboy. Yeah. Oh, that's a that's a great choice, Paul. I, I absolutely love that movie. It's good. Joe, you saw it too, right? You were on that episode, weren't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a new, like, Christmas classic for yeah. me. Yeah. And, like, it's been on Fandango at home forever, and the rental is nineteen ninety nine, and to buy it's twenty four ninety nine. So I keep waiting for that price to get a little bit more reasonable. Yeah, that, yeah I can't wait to watch it again. With all the blood in that movie, I think that would have been a fun one to see in three D. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Mm, I'd love to see a splatter house horror movie in three D. I think like the, I mean, Dread was amazing in three D. Like oh, Dread would have been amazing, especially all those different slow-mo scenes. It was awesome, Joe. It was fucking <laughs> uh, recently Mondo.com. Uh, if you go to Mondo shop, uh, they have the uh, Dread uh, 10th anniversary uh, soundtrack on vinyl that you can pick up. And so I got that. I also ordered the uh, Amazon Prime Lord of the Rings. I think it's like a two disc on vinyl 
from Mondo. Oh, the Rings of Power. Soundtrack? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Rings of Power. So oh, dope. Yeah, so they're ship. They actually just shipped that to me, so I should be getting it hopefully next week. So God, the music in Rings of Power was so good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right, Joe. Is it? Are we? St- who, whose turn is it? Who's going? Joe? Is it Joe? Yeah, I think we're over to me now. Yeah, yeah we're. All right, go ahead, Joe. Yeah, my first runner-up for Hero of the Year is Eddie Munson from Stranger Things. Uh, I thought he had a fantastic arc in this fourth season, and him playing Master of Puppets on top of his trailer and the upside down on his electric guitar was one of the most epic things I've ever seen. And, man, just just what a fantastic uh, impact that he had on pop culture for just being in one season of Stranger Things. Hmm. Um uh, my next uh, runner-up is Naru from Prey. Uh, kind of like what Paul was saying. This was a movie that nobody wanted, but it came out in, I mean, it is just a 10 out of 10, man. Prey was so good. Um, the only lament I have with Prey is that I really wish I could have seen it on the big screen in the theater. I, I think that that would have been a pretty amazing experience versus, you know, just watching it on my flat screen at home. Um, I got to see it at my sister's. She's got a front projector. Dude, I want one of those so bad. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, my third place goes to Dr. Fate from Black Adam. I, Pierce Brosnan just knocked it out of the park with that performance. I was really, really impressed. I, as far as I know, that was our first live-action Dr. Fate we've ever seen. And, man, what, what a good job they did with that character. And with the popularity of Dr. Strange, they really need to do things to to set the two characters apart and I, I felt like they were very successful with what they did in that movie with that character and i, I would love for i i hope james gunn brings him back is is that character somehow some way i don't know work your magic mr gunn because what an amazing performance that was um my second place goes to cassie and andor from the series andor uh i, I mean just that Number one, Andor, for me, it was the best Star Wars thing that that I've ever seen, like outside of the original trilogy. And just with the the whole direction, with the writing that they did on that show, the 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 arc that you see Cassie and Andor go through from the very first season or the very first episode up until the last episode. And that show is just like an absolute snowball, too. I mean, it just it starts small. And by the end of it, man, it is just chugging along. It is game steam. And it's just a rolling juggernaut. And that was another one going into it where I was like, who really gives a shit about an Andor show? But man, it really hooked me. It was, it was fantastic. And, and, um, my number one goes to Peacemaker from Peacemaker season one. This show was an absolute revelation to me from (laughs) John Cena was just so funny is that character. And, you know, he was he was good in the Suicide Squad. He wasn't my favorite part of the movie, but I mean, he definitely made the movie better. But man, what he did in his series was really, really impressive. I mean, he was funny. He was heroic. He was vulnerable. There was, I mean, moments in it where it just it just brought tears to your eyes with. I don't know. I was just amazed at the, at the range that John Cena was able to bring to that character. And I, I hope we get more of that one to come as well. Not to mention that the, the opening credits, that little dance number at the beginning with, with the wigwam song was so good. And yeah, that's, that's another one that I need to do like a season one rewatch of, you know, soon. Yeah, for real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same here. 
So good. I, I haven't. I mean, I watched each episode multiple times when it first came out, but I've not gone back and just like binged the entire thing collectively. Since. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. All right, uh, Jake. Yeah, no honorable mentions here. Just uh, just my three awards. I'm going to give my bronze Tupperware to Batman from the from the Matt Reeves movie. I thought this was a great first outing for this character in this universe. And uh, I love the way Pattinson portrayed him. I'm excited to see where it goes in the next movie and how that character has evolved from what we've seen in that first movie. Um, I'm going to give my next one to uh, to Shuri. She's going to get my my silver Tupperware. Um, you know, this is a character that I, you know, for the longest time, I, I did not want to see them be the one that took the mantle. But by the end of this movie, I, I was fine if that was the choice they were going to make. They did, they did such a great cop job with this character, uh, with the morning and, you know, the Chadwick of it all, that it, it completely won me over and 180 me on my opinion on whether or not, you know, she was worthy of the Black Panther mantle. Um, and I'm going to give my hero of the year to uh, Tom Cruise's Maverick from the movie Top Gun Maverick. I, you know, this is a character that we haven't seen on the movie screens for 20, 30 plus years and just instantly came back and instantly jumped back into those shoes again. And just one of the most heroic characters I, I saw all year long. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. I, uh, I have, uh, uh, Two honorable mentions that I want to go over here uh, real quickly. Uh, Cassie and Andor, like Joe said, I absolutely I love the Andor series. And I, too, Joe, up until that first trailer, I was just like, why are we getting this? Why are we even getting this? And that first trailer, I was just turned around. And then when the episodes dropped, I was just like, oh, my God, I love this character. I love this character's journey. I can't wait for season two. And uh, it, I, I, I love following this character around. One of the probably the best star wars thing i've seen since the original trilogy yeah i really think so uh and then peacemaker of course i love john cena i love that show i was obsessed with the show i've bought like multiple peacemaker posters so i absolutely love the peacemaker show i I think i bought that on vinyl as well um I'm I'm in love with that series, so Peacemaker for me. All right, let's get into my top three. Number three is going to be Nauru from Prey. I This is a movie I was just like, I love Dan Trachtenberg. I think he's a fucking great director, but I don't think anybody can do anything with Predator. I think, like, you know, that first movie was where it's at, and, like, he brought it. He fucking brought it with this movie. I loved it. And Nauru was awesome. I loved her journey. Um, fucking, I loved her brother in that movie. I loved the, the fucking fight with the bear. Jesus Christ. Incredible fucking movie. Uh, number two, Eddie Munson from Stranger Things season four. Just incredible. I, I think for like a fucking, uh, week straight at the gym, I was just fucking listening to Master of Puppets. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, just fucking like it just got it just got me so fucking pumped. And my number one Maverick from Top Gun Maverick. Jake, we're 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 on the same fucking on the same page with this one, man. Just that is a hero. That is a goddamn hero. Yeah. When he fucking He fucking deserves it. He fucking deserves it. When he fucking he pushes the limits 
He gets the girl, finally gets the girl that, that, and he gets her the right way in this one. You know, I mean, just, and, and he fucking, he pushes the limits every time. And then he, when he jumps into that exercise unannounced in the, in the, oh my God. And he shows him that it can be done. I was just like, take that John Hamm. Take that shit, man. Oh, I loved it. I absolutely, I, I'm telling you, like, I waited, I, I saw it, like, you know, uh, three times in the theater, and then I waited a few months and saw it again in the IMAX, went back, saw it again in the IMAX, and I still get pumped up every time I see that fucking movie. Absolutely loved it. So, yeah, Maverick's my number one. Hero of the Year from last year. All right, let's jump into our, uh, let's jump into our Villains of the Year. Best villain of the year. <laughs> Silence, you funny fool. I've had it with your whining and bumbling. Excellent. They haven't spotted us. Cobra, attack! I would have waited an eternity for this. It's over, Prime. Ancient spirits are evil. Transform this decayed form. Paul, villain of the year. Yeah, so I had Johnny Lawrence as hero, and I would be just wrong if I did not include Terry Silver uh, from this most current season of um, Cobra Kai as an honorable mention. He just really laid into just he did so many things that made you fucking resent him, and it was great seeing him back and really fully embracing that role. I have uh, the Riddler from the Batman, from the Matt Reeves, the Batman movie, um, you know, the Riddler kind of has always gotten, you know, a corny portrayal and, uh, it definitely took a page out of the Scott Snyder, uh, Tom King books of late to see Paul Dano really, really embrace how like sadistic and calculating that character can be. I have, uh, just a couple more honorable mentions. I have Darth Vader from the Obi-Wan show. It was really cool to see that dynamic played out and kind of pieced together the years between Revenge of the Sith and, uh, you know, like a new hope. And then I have the Predator from Prey, just fucking terrifying. Just absolutely did a great job. Uh, then my bronze place, third runner up. Um, I have Sebastian Stan as Steve uh, from the movie Fresh. Um, I think it was probably Sebastian Stan's best role, probably the best role I've ever seen him in outside of, you know, com- com- mainly comparing it to the Marvel movies and then, um, the Pam and Tommy show. Uh, my, uh, silver is Homelander from the boys, just no redeeming qualities to Anthony Starr's Homelander. He just... He makes it so fun to hate him, just like, you know, his narcissism, his ego, just purposely going out of his way to make specific people's lives hell. Homelander is just fucking a terrible, it's a character you just love to hate. But then uh, my winner for villain of the year, it has to go to Vecna from Stranger Things. I mean, from the the design to how he looked 
to just the complete terror. Like it was a whole, you know, Freddy Krueger type of element to how he was taking out characters. When he was on screen, you never, ever truly felt people were safe. Like, at least for me, there was times where I'm like, this character is definitely going to bite the dust. I don't care how long they've been around. But Vecna was a very formidable, terrifying villain and had a pretty, pretty cool, chilling backstory as to why he is what he is. So my villain of the year is Vecna. Vecna. Oh, man. Vecna sounds like a... Like a pharmaceutical company, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah or like a prescription <laughs> drug. Like, take your Vecna. Yeah. <laughs> Consult so. a doctor if Vecna causes <laughs> diarrhea, headaches. <laughs> <laughs> they cause levitation, limb yeah. breakage, <laughs> fleeting eyeballs. <laughs> you might start running up that hill. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> Villain of the uh, yeah. year. My first runner up is the Scarlet Witch from Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Uh, I I thought that that performance was absolutely terrifying, uh, and also after being so endeared to to Elizabeth Olsen in WandaVision, to then have it like turn that corner and essentially see her her character backslide and. Man, Sam Raimi did such a good job with the way that he shot that. Uh, one of my favorites is the, is the scene where she can come out of the reflective surfaces and she comes crawling out of that mirror. Like, absolute horror. Uh, the scene where she's chasing him through all the tunnels as well is just fantastic. Um, my next runner up is Darth Vader from Obi-Wan Kenobi. I just love it that they're really starting to lean in and give us the Darth Vader as he really should be. And the scene where they introduce him in Obi-Wan and he's walking down the street, just choke, uh, force choking people along the side. I think he even like drags one of them along with him and just absolutely terrifying. I, I felt like it was a really great continuation of the Vader that they gave us at the end of Rogue One. And if we continue to get live action Vader and stuff, which I could honestly go either way. Uh, but if they continue to do it, I hope that this is the sort of Vader that they continue to give us. Um, because somebody that can use the force like that, that is a force of evil on top of it, man, that should be something that's very, very scary. Um, my number three goes to Sauron from Rings of Power season one. Um, I, I, I don't want to say anything more than, than just Sauron from Rings of Power Season 1. I don't want to give anything away for people that might not have seen the show. But once that whole season shakes down, man, Sauron's just fantastic. Um, my number two goes to Homelander and The Boys Season 3. Anthony Starr is a national treasure. I love what he is able to do with this character. And every season he gets... I mean, every season he gets worse in the best way, <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, he just be keep, keeps becoming more and more of who he truly is. And in season three, that's when he really figures out that he doesn't need to hide behind this persona, that he can actually be the toxic, horrible person he is. And he's got a crowd out there that loves him for it. And the way that that season ended was absolutely chilling. I can't wait to see what direction he's going to go in the next season. 
Um, and then my number one villain of the year is Dedra Miro from Andor. They did a really fantastic trick. The, the writers did with this character in that they showed us a female character that is smart, that really knows what's going on and is getting stuffed into a corner in the workplace. And so right away you start feeling and empathizing with this character and you're like, no, no, listen to her. You know, she's the one in the room that you should be listening to. And then all of a sudden when that happens and they start listening to her, it for me made me feel revulsion that I was tricked into being on this character's side that is just so horrible. And the like with the villains in Andor, the best thing that that show has done is just shown just how despicable and awful the Empire is and the agents that work for the Empire, how evil they are. And almost like the amount of glee that they can take in their job where they're just not seeing what they're doing is absolutely horrible. And man, the writing for that character was just top notch. And the way that the season ended out for her was very exciting. I can't wait to see what they're going to do with her for the next season. But my villain of the year is Dedra Miro from Andrew, uh, Andor. Ah, fantastic choice. Uh, next season, man, uh, It's this was a, a year in the life of Cassie and Andor. Next season, they're going to blast through four more years, leading us up to uh, the moment uh, we get to the uh, Rogue One movie. So we're going to get to see quite the evolution Things are going to be moving very quickly, I think, in season two, Joe. I think so. I think you're going to see a very different timeline. I think whereas season one was a, a real slow burn, a slow burn, I think that season two will be going a lot faster just because it's covering so much more time. I don't know how they couldn't. Yeah, I just, you know, I I, I kind of like, I I understand people calling it a slow burn for the first season, but like, and maybe it does take its time, but I I was invested in every moment. It didn't matter to me. I, I just, I, I was just hooked. I was hooked from episode one on that show, man. God damn. Oh, same so here. Like that show yeah. absolutely worked for me, but it is, it's one of those snowball shows where it I just starts think, off small. I just think people man, say, it's just, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's just sprinting by the, the back half of that season. I think slow burn just gets like a negative. Like people yeah. use slow burn as a negative. Like, oh, it's people a slow. It, it's boring. Yes, like it's, it's boring. boring at first, but then it gets good. Yeah, like I think people use slow burn as a negative. And for me to say that it's a slow burn, I'm saying like it's it's. Uh, I hate to say slow burn, and and and, and it, for me, even though it was a, like it, it, it was definitely a slow burn, but I was hooked from the beginning. It didn't matter. I didn't need fast paced Star Wars, stupid fucking action yeah, like we so got in Boba Fett. Like this was so much better. Yeah. A slow burn is never a negative thing for me. Like it's is, as long as it's going somewhere and if it's doing it to fully develop characters, then it's necessary. And, and I can appreciate it for what it is. But I've run into lots of people. Like, cause I always talked about Lost that way. Like, Lost was a fantastic slow burn for me. And people are just like, oh, it's too slow. It's boring. It's not going anywhere. And it's like, yeah, potato, potato, man. You know, different strokes. Yeah. That's wild. I think lo the, the Lost pilot is like one of the most exciting pilots I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, sorry, I was taking a swig of something there. You guys caught me. Um, <laughs> All right, let's see here. 
Jake, we're going to get to uh, – after this, we're going to get to announcement of the year. Jake, I have an announcement for you now. We're going to take a break after this one, buddy. Don't worry. Oh, I let me change my announcement of the year. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> well, last year. You have to pick a piss break that I gave you last year, Jake. Mm, oh, I definitely remember the one I needed the most. All right. So, yeah, Jake, uh, villains of the year. Yes, I'm going to give my bronze Tupperware to Scarlet Witch, just like Joe did. I mean, say what you will about the motivations and the whys and the hows of why this character became a villain. None of that had anything to do with Elizabeth Olsen. And I mean, she went headfirst into this role, gave it everything she had. And wow, very, very scary. Very, very good. Like... It would be really, be really easy to do this campy, and there's a little bit of that in there, but it definitely leans more towards the frightening than the campy, and I, I just – I loved it so much. It was something I've wanted to see since the character was introduced in the MCU. It was like, are we ever going to see this character you know, take on that villain role? And we got it, and it was delectable. Um, I'm going to give my silver Tupperware to Paul Dano's The Riddler. Um just like Paul said, it, it's, it's a page out of the Scott Snyder playbook. Um, you know, we've always seen this character also, you know, very campy. You think of like the Frank Gorshins, the, the Jim Carrey's, that kind of stuff. This was a complete 180 of that kind of portrayal. They almost made him like a fucking like terrorist incel type character. And wow, just so frightening. Even when we saw the first images of the character without even seeing the acting or the performance, I was already hair standing up on my arms just seeing that that was the way that we were going to portray that character. Um, just loved it. Um, and I'm going to give my gold Tupperware to Sauron. And uh, like Joe, I don't want to do any spoilers here. Um, just know that in the Rings of Power, Sauron is in there somewhere. He could be everyone for all you know. So, you know, he could be the fucking chair. You never know. That's half the fun of the show is who is Sauron? Where is Sauron? What is he really affecting? Um, just the presence of the villain was enough to give him the gold here. I, I just fucking loved it. Great choice. That's a fantastic choice. Um, I've got uh, two honorable mentions here. Uh, first one is going <laughs> to. First one is going to be Danny from season three of For All Mankind. So <laughs> if you've seen that show, you kind That's of under- a great choice. Really, man. A great choice. My God. Oh, what a Asshole. fucking little prick. So I love it so much. Yeah. So, uh that's a that's a that's a joke. It's not a joke. It's actually legit. But all the people that watched season three will get that. Um, uh, my next run, uh, next runner up is going to be uh, Ralph Fiennes as uh, the as Chef Julian in the menu. I just thought it was a brilliant performance and an amazing movie. What a that's one that I have to own. I. Is it is it on HBO Max right now? Is that the service that it's it is. currently yes. on? It is highly recommended. Is he a hero more than a villain? That's I was so confused where to put him. <laughs> I put him as villain. I, I can I can see where you're coming from with it, Brian. I could see an argument for him also being made to be a hero as well. Yeah, and, and I think that's what makes it so interesting. I know. I think anybody that kind of like takes like their own justice out on people without like the law being involved. 
is if it because it's it is just it's just street justice. So shouldn't Andor be a villain? Um, I think overthrowing overthrowing an evil government. If there's, I think if there's enough people that are behind a movement, that's fine. But this is just one guy taking justice into his own hands, and that's you know. Batman could be a villain in my scenario. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Anyway, so Ralph Fiennes is Chef Julian in the menu. Uh, my, let's get to my top three. For the bronze, it's going to be Vecna from Stranger Things season four. Paul, I love this villain too, man. So good. So good. So awesome. Vecna was amazing. Loved Stranger Things season four. Uh, fantastic season. Great villain. Great origin story, like you said. Uh, my number two is going to be the feral predator from Prey. Uh, finally giving me, you know, a predator that, uh, um, I mean, is just menacing and just, I love seeing this predator in like this time period in the 1800s against these, uh, Native Americans and against the colonizers and shit. It's just fucking incredible. Uh, great fucking villain. Fought a fucking bear. It, I finally got to see a predator fight a bear. It's awesome. Number one is going to be Anthony Starr as Homelander in The Boys Season 3. I don't, it just, hands down, this guy is just, he's just a force on this fucking show. Like, you know, we all, we need, we, we don't want to typecast these actors and shit, but man, I would love to see this guy just typecast him as a villain every fucking time. I don't need to see him as a hero. <laughs> I don't want to see it. I don't want to see him as a hero. Every fucking thing this guy does going forward, he's got to be the villain. He's got to be the villain. Don't need him as a hero. Typecast him. That's what play to his strengths. He's good at it. He's goddamn good at it. I want him to be the Joker. I want him to be Lex Luthor. I want him to be – just make him Skeletor. Doctor Doom. Dr. Doom. Make him Doctor Doom. Make him Skeletor. Make him fucking Megatron. I don't give a fuck. Make him every fucking <laughs> villain under the sun. Chucky. If they fucking make the Bible again, have him be Satan. I don't care. <laughs> the guy is fucking – he is just a force as a villain. And I love Anthony Starr in, in, in The Boys Season 3. Just a, just incredible, man. Like, he's so, he, he can, he can be, he can just be so unhinged. And like, some of these moments where, like, just his facial expressions, uh, if something's upsetting him and, oh my, he's just so good. So Anthony Starr is Homelander in, in Season 3 of The Boys. And I cannot wait for Season 4. Absolutely loved that fucking show. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the announcement of the year. All right. Hey, we are back. And uh, yeah, we're going to be jumping into the announcement of the year. The announcement of the year. Paul, announcement of the year. 
Yeah, no honorable mentions. Uh, my bronze is uh, that we got confirmation from Kevin Feige, from Kevin Feige that um, the next Avengers movies will be Kang Dynasty and the Secret Wars and kind of like all the little hubbub going around Secret Wars that um, they will be trying to get as many people as they can back from whether it's the MCU or kind of the Fox universe, like even talk of trying to get Nicholas Nicholas Cage back as Ghost Rider. That's a lot of fun, especially ending, you know, it's like how can you follow it up with uh Endgame? And now that we got King Dynasty and Secret Wars confirmed as the titles, it's gonna be fun to see all that take shape. Um my second place is that James Gunn was announced as uh part of taking over like he's taking over the creative side of uh the DC films. Um I you know he's already come in and made some big changes. Uh some people agree with it, some people aren't on board with it, but I think it's definitely good to get like solid direction now if he can execute it that's a whole different story but i think it's a good step for warner brothers to name him as the creative head of uh, dc we're going to be getting some of those announcements this month yeah we're going to be getting official announcements this month i don't think it's going to be the full plan for you know for you know like the next decade but i think we might get like the we might get the first couple years worth of announcements here with this month it's happening yeah, it's 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 all exciting, you know, especially that they're kind of, you know, buckling down and really going to set going to set the stage. But then my winner is that Hugh Jackman is coming back as Wolverine for Deadpool 3. Uh just the way they did it was hilarious him walking in the background and then you know, with music over their voices giving away key plot points for the next movie, but you know, I know Ryan Reynolds has always wanted him back uh, for Deadpool. And uh, with after how Logan ended, it was hard to see that. But now that we know that it's happening, it was just such a cool announcement to see Hugh Jackman now come to the new and improved Deadpool since the last one was Origins, uh, that he interacted with him pretty much. So, yeah, my winner uh, for announcement of the year is that Hugh Jackman is coming back as uh, Wolverine. Lot of, I've seen two, at least two of the prominent leakers out there, big time scoopers, have said, and I don't know, I, I love the announcement too, Paul, but I don't like what the leak is. They're saying that Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool uses time travel to to rescue Logan before he dies, the before that moment in Logan. I don't like that. I didn't see that. That's the rumor that's out there from two prominent leakers. I hope it's not true. No, no. I just I, I like your idea of Deadpool kills what the Fox universe. Yes, 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 yes. That, and that's actually something that's been leaked as well. Like that leakers are saying, but it's like, what version of Wolverine are we getting? And they, you know, like their announcements are saying, like, you're getting Wolverine in his prime. And I don't know if it's just all for play or talk or whatever, but we'll see. I, 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 I just don't like the idea of them kind of like, even if it's for joke purposes for this movie, retconning the events of Logan. 
Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not on board with that. But I do like the rumor that Daphne King's going to be coming back and playing X23. Oh, nice. Yes. Love that. Hugh Jackman has gone on record saying that they're not undoing the the ending of Logan. Yes. And so I'm really hoping that those prominent leakers are wrong. And it was just, or, or they're just saying it in a very broad sense. Oh, it's coming in before the end of Logan. Well, great. Make it like several years before that. They're not saying that. They're literally saying, like James Mangold has come out and said too, like, don't worry about my movie. It's not getting touched. But these two leakers I, and i can't pull up the tweets but they're saying it's like right before he dies in logan uh ryan reynolds is rescuing him God, see and i don't want an older wolverine in deadpool 3 i want a younger not like a younger wolverine but not old man logan type wolverine i mean you, when you think about his healing factor and you think about like him not aging as quickly as you know other just humans and mutants in general you would th- think like you know even if they got an 80 year old logan he's still going to be in his prime so yeah yeah i I don't want to see a a, a wolverine with his his healing factor on the fritz and all that stuff i I want him to be like an actual you know like still still at his peak is is where i think it would be great to see him teamed up with deadpool the guy was born in the 1800s you know so it's So, yeah, I'm with you, Joe, man. Don't do not touch the the perfection, in my opinion, that Logan was. Don't fuck with that movie. Like, leave it alone. Like, you know, I Deadpool, you can joke around and you can we could we could, you know, we can have dick and fart jokes all fucking day. But don't fuck with Logan. I mean, don't do it. So that was just a moment like that would take me out of the movie. Like, why? Why would you have to do that? I get yeah, it. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. Uh, all right. Uh, Joe, what are your announcements? Yeah, my first honorable mention is <laughs> it's kind of a farce in that Henry Cavill back in. You stole mine. You and st- then right back out the door. <laughs> <laughs> that was it's my like that Simpsons gif, you know, where Grandpa Simpson comes in the bar and puts his hat on the thing and then immediately grabs his hat and goes back out the door. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had I had as my honorable mentions, Cavill returns as Superman. We get Man of Steel 2 announced and then Cavill not returning as Superman. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. And and at this point, I can only laugh at it because it's just it is what it is. And, you know, I'm I'm putting my trust in what James Gunn is doing. I've been bitching for years that that Warner Brothers needs somebody at the helm to give this some sense of direction and cohesiveness. And this is the best shot they got at it. So if that's what it takes that I'm that I'm losing my beloved Henry Cavill as Superman, then. So be it. Um, I recently uh, within number- I, within the past two weeks, Joe, I went back and watched uh, Man of Steel again. Oh, nice! Yeah. So, I, I wanted the guy to get a fair shot. Go ahead. Uh, my number three spot is uh, the the MC the MCU slates for phases five and six being announced. Uh, I love it when they do that. I, I love seeing Kevin Feige up on the screen or up on the stage with the big screen behind him showing the timeline with all the logos and everything on it. Very exciting. And I'm, I'm super stoked for phases five and six. Uh, phase four, I, I had a lot of fun with, but I mean, ultimately it was it was fairly unfocused. It, it, 
They they showed us lots of different directions that they can go. And then when they showed us those slates for uh, phases five and six, it, it felt like it, they, they were finally bringing some focus into the field and that's what it needed. Um, uh, my number two announcement is James Gunn and Peter Safran to head DC Films. And like just what I was saying earlier, they, they needed some sort of direction with that studio and definitely beyond what Zack Snyder was bringing to it. That Zack Snyder's movies had some had some hits for me. had had some definite misses for me as well. And overall, I don't need a super dark, gritty DC. Just just give me good comic book stories from the DC universe because they fucking exist and they are so not good at like translating them to the big screen. And I feel like James Gunn has given us a slew of fantastic superhero properties be it in tv and in movies and i i think he's he's the right person for the job here and i'm putting a lot of trust and faith in him that he's going to give me my dc heroes on the big screen and make it successful the way that marvel has been able to do with the mcu um and then uh, my number one is uh deadpool 3 with with hugh jackman coming in as wolverine i mean it's like a dream come true when it was something that we'd all speculated about for years, about how much fun it would be to get that as a movie. And then to finally get that as an announcement, I was just over the moon. And that is my most anticipated comic book movie in the near future. I don't even know if a, a release date or anything like that has been bandied about yet. But man, <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait for that movie. Great picks. Yeah. Um Jake, what do you got for announcement of the year? Yeah, I'm going to give an honorable mention to the pee break for the Black Adam podcast we did. I, I really needed that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've just got a golden Tupperware here. Um, short and sweet on this one. You guys have said a lot about it already. My my Tupperware for announcement of the year is the James Gunn taking the reins of DC. Finally, something is going to be done with that mess. They've Snyder's just fucked it up for years and years and years. And then everyone else behind him just trying to kind of emulate the Snyder style really wasn't doing much for me. I I would say that Snyder had his own vision, whether you liked it or not. I don't think he fucked it up. I think it was the studio that fucking came in and fucked it up. Yeah, I, I hear your argument, and I can understand why you would think that. But for me, it was fucked from the minute Man of Steel came out. Um, and so it's it's never been – it started on a bad note and then just got, just got fucking worse. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited for Gunn to take over. I'm excited for him to, to make something of it, to have a cohesive plan, to have movies that actually – connect and seem like they were meant to connect instead of it feels like they connect the dots after the fact in this current iteration of the the dc universe it's like they make the movie and then they tell you how they connect um i'm just excited to see what gun does i i have a lot of faith in him um it's so unfortunate he's not going to work for marvel anymore um i hope he does dc a lot of good i hope he makes a bunch of great movies yeah um Uh, let's see here. Two things I'm not going to, two things that I'm not going to mention are number one, I'm not going to mention, and I could be wrong here. Uh, and I hope I am wrong. I'm not going to mention Marvel's phase five and phase six announcements. Like they're not announcements of the year for me. This is Marvel has to 
prove to me that they're they're back that they and it, it's not that they've left and and they're still putting out good stuff but I don't think that the quality is there as far as like what it had been um in the first three phases as far and not all those movies in the first three phases are great but I just think like trying to the culmination of everything that we had in those first three phases and the way that it ended with Infinity War and Endgame was just so incredible that I don't know if they can ever replicate that again um, and I think the I think the introduction of Disney Plus has kind of been watering down. It's been watering down the brand for me. I'm s- sad to say. Um, I hate saying that. And then also I can't I can't back the James Gunn thing yet. I got he's got to show me what he can do first before I'm excited like over the moon about that because they're also taking away some of the things that I loved from the previous iteration of the DCEU that. You know, some of the castings that I, that I've fallen in love with. And so he's really got to prove to me with this, with this upcoming clean slate of, uh, this new DCU that, that he's got a vision and that he can compete with the Feige's of the world. So that's all I got to say about that. I'll get to my real announcements. I just have three. So for the bronze, uh, I'm going to be giving it to, uh, the, uh, announcement of uh, of a married with children animated show with the original voice with the original cast coming back and voicing the characters like i i can't wait i want to see what they do so i'm really excited about uh seeing more married with children and what are they going to be able to do in tw- in 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 this day and age not in the 90s like what are they going to be able to do um Number two is uh, Hugh Jackman returning as Logan in Deadpool 3. Um, I don't have a, a lot more to say about it that you guys haven't already said. It's just like he is Wolverine and um, it's hard to think about anybody else playing that character. And uh, I we all have wanted to see him interact with this version of Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool and we thought that that was not going to happen after the Logan movie. And uh, somehow, some way, it is happening. And I could not be any more excited for that movie. Uh, I think it's going to... I think it has the potential to be the best Deadpool movie that we've ever seen. I love the first one with Tim Miller. The second one was okay. But I think this could be the best one out of all of them. And then my number one, and this is really personal to me. Um, it's my favorite animated show, I believe, of all time. Uh, I've watched every episode multiple, multiple times, and, the, and I haven't heard any more updates, but I'm still holding on to the fact that they announced this year that we're going to see the return of King of the Hill, the animated show. Like, th- it's like one of my comfort shows. I absolutely love King of the Hill. So if you could find a way to give me more King of the Hill, um, I am there. I want to see, like, are they going to stay in the same time period? Are they going to jump it up a few years? Are we going to see Bobby with his own kids and Hank as a grandpa? I don't know. I have no idea. But as long as they get everybody coming back and, and uh, you know, besides, of course, we can't get Brittany Murphy coming back as Luann Platter and we can't get um, – um, uh, Tom Petty coming back and playing, uh, Lucky, uh, which, you know, but, um, 
as as long as everybody else comes back, I cannot wait for the King of the Hill uh, animated reunion show. So that is my number one announcement of the year. Is, am I crazy for that? Is that crazy? No, not at all. Not at all. No. I, I've made personal announcements of the year myself. Um, yeah, I was I was just googling news on that. It looks like Fox has um, went ahead and passed on it. No. It's, it, don't get too upset. It doesn't mean anything. Fox doesn't own the rights to King of the Hill. It seems like the creators are still very interested in doing a revival. It just will not be on the Fox network. Okay. If it shows up on Hulu or FX, that's possible. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's been in the talks since 2017. Yeah. Plans have never come to fruition. Um, all hopes don't seem lost, though, as the creators are now more determined than ever to finally get the series off the ground. Please do. Please do. I mean, I, I know it has like it has a cult following. A lot of people love it. I'm you know, I'm part of some King of the Hill groups on Facebook and it's got a following. So hopefully it'll. am I the only King of the Hill watcher? Sounds I'm not I really watched it much. Yeah, I didn't really watch a lot of it. Oh, it's so good, guys. Oh, it's so good. Such just great characters. There's they all have like their different quirks. It's so funny. Anyway, let's see here. Let's move on to uh best TV show of the year. Best television show of the year. Uh, I cannot wait to hear what you guys have for, I can't wait to hear your honorable mentions. I can't wait to hear what you guys thought was the best of the best of 2022. Cause there was some great content that dropped this year over a lot of different services. So I'm real, I'm dying to hear what you guys, uh, thought about, uh, this last year in TV. We'll start off with, uh, you, Paul. This is by far the hardest category. Of the of 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 the tuppies this year, there was like you said so much good stuff. Uh, I got from my album mentions, which are quite a few. I got Cobra Kai. I mean, I think I've talked enough about this, but I feel like especially season two and three were a little kind of took itself a little too serious, and then four and five have just been in your face with here's the member berries, here's the nostalgia. And we're just not going to be ashamed of what we're giving you. Um, from Apple TV, I got uh, Trine, which it just ended its third season. A beautiful show about adoption. Acapulco. Um, and, man, there's some that like could be so close to being like number four, number five. Uh, it's tough to put this in honorable mention, but I got Severance as an honorable mention. Absolutely. What a fun concept. What a fun way to execute the show. And kind of being like, what if I could be someone different at work and then outside of work? Um, I got the white Lotus just literally just finished its, uh, second season and it did not skip a beat. It really, it just knows how to turn everything on its head. Uh, it was a very earlier in the year, but euphoria second season. What a, what a fan. I, I ended up watching that last. I ended up watching season one last year because, you, Brian, talked about it so highly on the Tuppies last year. 
Um, and I'm so glad I got into that. I got hacks from HBO as well. Uh, uh, Mo, yeah, yeah I, I feel bad. I, I haven't watched Euphoria season two. I haven't watched Hacks season two. I feel terrible. Yeah, there's like I mean, as we're all finding out, there was just so much to watch this year. Um, but they're great shows. They just had great, fantastic second seasons for Hacks and uh, Euphoria. I had a fun time with She-Hulk. Uh, absolutely loved Mo on uh, Netflix that I talked about. Um, I got the offer on Paramount Plus about the making of The Godfather. That was just a fun show to watch. Uh, some great performances. Peacemaker is an honorable mention. I feel bad saying some of these because they could all be – in any other year, they could almost be a winner. Yeah. Uh, the boys just makes the boys, uh, you know, honorable mention winning time. Uh, I know it's a controversial show, uh, especially if you're a Laker or anything to do with the franchise, but I absolutely enjoyed the hell out of that uh, show. I thought John C. Riley was awesome. Uh, so my bronze place goes to uh, FX's the bear. Um, and if you've ever been in food, like the food industry service, like you just know how real this show is, how it can get you so hungry for an Italian beef sandwich. It did it like there was moments that get very intense. I thought all of the characters were utilized beautifully. Jeremy Allen White was just a fantastic lead actor for this show. Just absolutely you know, there's one episode where it's pretty much all shot with one take, and it is it gave me so much anxiety. The payoff is beautiful at the end of the first season. Just the bear had a fantastic first debut season for FX, and that is my bronze place. Uh, silver, I got uh, Stranger Things. They just came they came swinging so hard. Uh, you know, they gave us fantastic characters like Eddie, Argyle. Um, you know, we had an amazing um, villain with Vecna. The episode Dear Billy was probably my favorite episode of any show I've watched this entire year. Absolutely. I was on the edge of my seat. Fantastic ending to that and then one i did not see coming my winner of the year a show that i have rewatched three times since it has uh debuted is uh hulu's reboot uh starring uh michael keegan key johnny knoxville paul riser just what you know we got all these judy greer judy greer <clears throat> yeah we got all these like franchise powerhouse shows coming back for second seasons or, you know, like Peacemaker coming from the Suicide Squad. And we just get like a fun kind of carefree show. But then like, you know, you kind of get into a little bit of the season and you find out someone's got a pretty severe addiction problem and kind of the way a specific character helps him through that was just. It was really cool to see. And when it was funny, it was really funny. And then mm -hmm. when it got heartfelt, it was really heartfelt. And I think everyone in that show gave amazing performances and just it was just an endearing show. And it was almost like my comfort nighttime show now. It's so just good. so funny. And so, yeah, it's just it's just such a good show. So Reboot is my winner of the year. That's a great choice, man. Um, 
I wish I would have put that on my list. I, I, cause I love that too. I, it, you know, it was, uh, um, some of the funniest shit in that was, you know, they're putting together like this reboot of an old 90s show, getting the cast back together and then seeing the writer's room. You had like the young, oh, hip, the best parts, like the younger hip writers and, you know, who's, who are very PC. And then you've got like the old school writers from like, you know, the eighties and nineties that are, you know, much more. There's no filter. They're saying things that they should not be saying. And just to see them at odds in the writer's room, it's very funny, sometimes un- uncomfortable. But then to see them kind of like bond over other things later on, it's just fucking it's just it was just some of the best fucking moments in TV, Paul. Like, yeah. I, I agree. I love that show. Such a good show, man. Yeah um joe tv show yeah i've got uh quite a few honorable mentions here as well uh i'll kind of run through those uh archive 81 from netflix i absolutely loved this season and then was subsequently heartbroken when netflix didn't renew it yeah um the sons of bitches because it was such a good season of television it kept you on the edge of your seat it was this guy who uh restores like cassette tapes and he gets handed a box of all these tapes that were in a fire and he finds out that they're old camcorder tapes from this woman who had moved into this apartment building and then come to find out that there's a demonic cult that is in the building and so he's learning more and more about this cult as the season goes on. And of course it ends on a cliffhanger and then they fucking canceled it. Why can Netflix not get their shit together and at least give us an archive 81 movie to finish it off? They, I think they owe us that much because it was so good. Um, recently I had read something about Netflix saying that it all has to do with series completed. So if 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 not enough people watch it all the way through to the end, then that goes into their metrics for what they cancel. And for me, it's still bullshit, because why would you want to own a streaming service with a bunch of shows that aren't fucking completed? At least go in and complete the fucking thing so that when people sign up for your monthly service, they have full stories that they can watch. And Netflix is very much this company of we're going to throw all the fucking spaghetti against the wall and even some of the stuff that sticks, we're going to go up there and peel it off ourselves because, hey, fuck them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, Archive they, 81 really broke my heart. We lost glow. And here's the thing. It's like HBO, for as much as like we've seen a lot of cancellations recently in the past, like they did make it a point to like, oh, you never got to see a conclusion to Deadwood. Let's make a Deadwood movie. Um, <clears throat> Hello, Ladies gets canceled after season one. Uh, season one. Stephen Merchant show. Fucking fantastic. And they're like, okay, we'll give you a Hello Ladies movie to finish it off. And so it's like they want that complete catalog. And Netflix should be fucking owing it to some of these fans as well, saying, okay, we're going to cancel this, but we'll give you a Glow movie. We'll give you an Archive 81 movie. We'll give you – what's the other show that I really liked? Um, fuck, I can't remember. Um, but anyway, it, it, Netflix pisses me off more and more. So, Agreed. Um, uh, my next one is – <clears throat> excuse me uh tokyo vice season one from hbo uh fantastic series it's a it's a, a, a american that moves to tokyo and he 
gets what's essentially like the first white person to get a job working as a reporter for this um, prominent newspaper. And he starts investigating some murders and getting brought into the, the, the Japanese underworld with the Yakuza and the performances in it are fantastic. Uh, uh, season two, I think it's being, I think they started filming it back in like August or something like that. So we are getting a season two of that one. Can't wait to see where it's going to go. I, Ansel Elgort is like fucking amazing in that show. <laughs> it's so good. It's does so he, good. does he even, does he, I think to myself when I'm watching it, like, does he speak Japanese or is he just that good of an actor? <laughs> yeah, I, I should take some clips of that and, and show it to um, uh, my friend Shige and be like, is this legit? <laughs> it's unreal. Um, uh, Stranger Things season four. Absolutely loved it. Uh, Stranger Things. Um, I Season two was was a little bit of a slump, but still OK for me. Season three brought it hard. Season four brought it even harder. And um very, very excited to see how it's going to conclude with season five um and and also season four did something pretty wild and that so many of the episodes were like feature length to 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 wa- be watching like oh this is an episode of a television show and it's over two hours long in itself that was that was pretty wild i'd never really seen anything like that and i thought they pulled it off really well uh the boys season three that's another one that the boys just keeps getting better and better and it's it's one of those shows to where I, 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 it's it's such a good mirror where it's it's the satirical mirror where they're taking things that are really happening in our society and putting them in this world with these fucked up superheroes and somehow it it makes sense and it, and it comes through and they did that fantastically with this new season. Uh, it's it's got some really great performances in it. I know earlier we were talking a lot about Anthony Starr. And and he absolutely makes that show with his portrayal of Homelander. But then also the the team of the boys led up by Carl Urban playing Billy Butcher is it's just fantastic. And it's a show that I always look forward to when it comes back. And I can't wait for season four. Um, Rings of Power season one. I I absolutely loved it uh, for some people. They, they thought it was it was too slow and it wasn't really going anywhere and yada yada. But I I think that that's one of those shows to where you just need to stick with it because it it just gets better and better and the music in it is fantastic the performances are good the the CGI in it is tremendous I mean the budget for that show really really comes through and and also the whole first season was a very good like mystery box type show and you're you're watching it being like who is the bad guy here I know he's here but who where is he and fantastic the way it all plays out um and then my last uh uh kind of honorable mention is the offer season one uh showing the making of the movie the godfather with miles teller really brought it in that season i thought it was a fantastic show um it was one where every time an episode was ending i just had to put the next one on and then once the whole once the whole show was done that whole season was over then i watched the godfather and that would I felt like I got so much more out of the movie watching it after watching the offer and Godfather is one of my favorite movies. And to, to have a TV show, you know, elevate that, it was a pretty special experience for me. Uh, my number three spot is peacemaker. Um, man, I just, I loved everything about that show. It, it had everything you needed in, in including an amazing, <laughs> an amazing, uh, 
credits, uh, opening credits uh, thing with with the dance number. And man, the, the the show just really took me by surprise. Um, when it was first announced that that James Gunn had such a great time working with John Cena that he he wrote a whole TV series about around the Peacemaker character, I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be interesting. And it wasn't really like anything else we'd seen. And with some of the meta references to DC, with the way that that Peacemaker was always going off about the different DC heroes, and then the, even the other characters in the universe just looking at me like, where are you getting this shit? Uh, the the argument that he gets in with his dad's next door neighbor about how Batman isn't a villain and about how he himself doesn't have a cadre of villains because he quote puts his fucking villains in the ground. <laughs> so great. <laughs> uh, just the 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 R rated nature of that show really made it. It was so funny and also I mean the dude had a a sidekick that was a bald eagle named Eagly. That would literally give him hugs. I mean, it was so wild. What a weird concept. And it totally worked on the screen. Um, my number two spot was Andor season one. This show totally blew me away. It, it came in as something where I was like, eh, okay, I guess we're going to watch this about this character. That, yeah, I liked him in Rogue One, whatever. And, I mean, the show absolutely blew me away. It was just so good the the take on the empire in it just being absolutely evil and then also this budding rebel alliance and the characters and the the figures that are in that stellan skarsgars character the speech that he gives when when one of his operatives is trying to tell him hey i'm out i've done what you wanted and I'm out. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm sacrificing too much. What are you sacrificing here? In the monologue that he gives, it's it's epic. Absolutely epic. Saying shit like, I burned my decency for a future I'll never know. Like, I, I share my dreams with ghosts. I've made my mind a sunless space. Like, all of these epic lines. And what's wild is, that's not the only epic monologue that's in that season. There's at least two or three others that I can think of off the top of my head. I mean, what an incredible season of television. The, the, the episode of uh, with uh, Andy Serkis and uh, it's uh, Andor, like at the beginning of the episode, asking him how many guards are on each floor. And he, like, he's, so, yes. he's so hesitant to answer him. And then by the time, you know, the end of the episode – when shit just kind of hits the fan and there's this realization of like, uh, we are fucked. There's no way out of here. Yeah, we're Even never getting out of here. We're never getting out of here. How many guards are on each floor? And Andy Circus answers him immediately and the episode ends. I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> so it's good. Easily the most exciting like prison break that I've ever seen in yes. anything. Yes. It was just so good. The way it all went down and and the 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 kind of like audiobook of the the one rebel that like wrote the manifesto that Cassian keeps listening to towards the end of the season that has got some amazing stuff in it about how you know these these states that that are tyrannical are doomed to fail because it's it's not the natural order freedom is the natural order and freedom is going to spontaneously erupt all over the galaxy no matter how much you know tyranny is put on them and and then also marva's speech at the end uh, advising people to rise up against the empire with with the big hologram coming out of the droid like oh it's just 
absolutely incredible season of television. I would love um, to hear like the unedited version where she drops the F bomb. <laughs> no kidding, right? Yeah. Oh, wow, you saw that man. story, right? The original there version is one. Yes, I've heard that there oh is. Oh my god! I swear, no, I did not know that. That would be incredible. Yes, I've heard that there's an original cut. I could be wrong, but I think if you look it up, like there's an original cut, and they cut it to where they, they, they of course, they took it out. But yeah, that's what I've heard. Boy, that would have given the internet something to complain about, but it would have been pretty epic <laughs> to hear. Yeah, and this would have been the series to drop an f bomb like that in because it would have been very earned. It's just such a real. I mean, the universe that they create in Andor feels so real versus, you know, a lot of the stuff. And there's episodes of The Mandalorian where it feels like that. But then there's also episodes of The Mandalorian where it feels borderline kind of cartoonish. Yeah. And yeah. and that's cool. I, I like that the IP is big enough and expansive enough that, that we can have both takes like that and they still work. But man, for me, Andor just it edged out The Mandalorian in, in that to me in that. I, I liked how real. I don't think we've ever seen anything Star Wars that has shown us the the grip that the Empire has had on the galaxy more than Andor. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely agree. There's nothing that that, that shows the extent of of what they're willing to do to, to you know keep people in that fist. Yeah. Oh wow! Well, just an excellent, excellent season of television. And uh, my number one spot for best TV show of the year goes to Severance on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, this was something that I slept through. In, I mean, for a show that came out earlier in the year, I didn't watch it until December. And when I did, I watched every fucking episode in a row. <laughs> like, I binged the shit out of Severance. I couldn't put it down. It was so good. Um, from the the acting in it to the cinematography the story, the mystery that's built into it, the the strangeness, it, it's it's just fantastic. It, it's 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 terrifying. It, it's it's demented. I mean, the 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 thought that there would be a company out there that would put chips in people's brains that would basically turn it so like that version of you that's at work, it knows nothing else other than work. It it goes to sleep in an elevator and it wakes back up in an elevator. It's never seen the sun. All it knows is the work that it does in this office. It doesn't even know why the fuck it's doing it. It doesn't know if if the, the outside version of it lives in an apartment, lives in a house, has a family, has children. It knows absolutely nothing. And that is that's terrifying. I mean, it is it's essentially a corporation that's found a way to take people and turn them into slaves without even realizing they're slaves because the version of them that exists outside of that company do, knows nothing about what's going on in there in it, it, it has no contact with the version of them that's there they they can only assume that oh you assume they're happy or whatever and some of them don't even maybe give it any thought and with just the amount of mythology and these little glimpses that they gave us of this where this this corporation it's it, it's somewhere between a corporation and a religion and it's it's so disturbing and in such a fantastic show and they're I think they just started filming the second season. And so like, if we're lucky, we might get it at the end of this year, but more likely we're going to have to wait till 2024 oh. for season two of severance. And dude, it's going to be 
such a long wait. <laughs> God, that but final, what, what that finale. Show. That finale. Jesus Christ. Oh, it just kept me on the edge of my seat through <laughs> the entire thing. <laughs> cliffhanger man i know absolute cliffhanger well even the even the penultimate like uh it wasn't a cliffhanger for me because the whole series had been uh collected by the time i watched it but i I kept thinking back to like you know people watching this week to week and like when the when when this when the switch is flipped at the end of that episode i can't imagine waiting a week to watch the next episode oh it was brutal i bet it was brutal this show would have been so good as a week to week and like with the water cooler discussion that went around with it. And I absolutely missed out on all that. And dude, when season two rolls around, I will be one of those week to week watchers of it because I don't, I don't know how I couldn't, you know? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right, Jake, what do you got for TV shows? Yeah, I've got some honorable mentions here myself. I'm going to give an honorable mention to the Obi-Wan Kenobi show on Disney plus, you know, I'm, an unashamed prequel lover and it was just so fun to be back in you know that timeline again with those actors seeing Hayden come back it just it just warmed my soul to watch this series um I'm gonna give another honorable mention to our flag meets death the HBO uh Max Taiko Batiti you know pirate series I, I thought that was just absolutely hilarious uh love the finale of that series can't wait to see season two and what they're gonna do with that um, I'm going to shoot an honorable mention to Sandman on Netflix. Um, I'm not sure if we're doing, I know there was a lot of hubbub about whether or not it was going to get renewed for season two. I still don't know if it has. Been it, yes, it has. Two. It has. Okay. That that's great news that that kind of had me stop paying attention to the news. Cause it was just one of those Netflix things. Like, like Joe said with uh, the archive show, I was just getting madder and madder that it, it wasn't getting announced. So I just kind of stepped away and didn't want to look at that news anymore. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that that is coming. Uh, I'm going to give an honorable mention to stranger things season four. I didn't think it was possible that I would give a shit about stranger things ever again after the abysmal season two, um, you know, season three brought me back season four, made sure I am here to stay no matter what happens from this point on. I mean, it's pretty much in game for this show. I got to see it out after season four. It was just so incredible. Um, I'm going to give Andor an honorable mention. I still have yet to finish Andor. I have like four more episodes left. I just need to find the time to, to squeeze those in. I, I'm very excited. It's kind of one of those things that I'm keeping warm in the oven because I know I'm going to love it. And when I have some time to watch some good TV, it's going to be right there waiting for me. Uh, another honorable mention to Rings of Power. Um, yeah, like Joe said, I didn't expect a Lord of the Rings TV show to be like a mystery box show the way the way they handled it. And um, some may call it a slow burn, but I was pretty intrigued right from the start with all the stuff that was going on. Powerful performances, fantastic special effects, amazing on location shots. Um, such a shame we have to wait so long to see season two of this show. But uh Hopefully the wait will be worth it. I can't wait to see what's coming next. And uh, I'm going to give my bronze Tupperware to House of the Dragon, the the HBO Game of Thrones spinoff. I did not expect to be sucked back into weekly Game of Thrones television and Game of Thrones meme culture and just all of it once again. And and there I was after one episode. It was one of the few shows this year that I, I had to watch within 48 hours of it airing or I felt like I was being left out of the conversation. Um, yeah, I just love that show so much. I'm going to give my 
silver Tupperware to Peacemaker. Um, yeah, I mean, you guys have kind of said it all about this show already. Just, uh, man, John Cena was so good, so much more vulnerable than I expected the character to be after he's almost like a villain in the, in the Suicide Squad movie. And I, I didn't expect to really feel much sympathy for this character, but man, seeing what he dealt with, with his, with his father and with, you know, the past, his, the stuff going on in his past. And yeah, it's just such a great fucking show. Uh, I'm excited that we're going to get a season two of it. I, I, that might be the swan song for it with everything going on in the uh, DC universe. Hard to say if James Gunn is going to be able to uh, carve out a place for peacemaker in the, uh, aftermath of what's going on with dc but we know we're getting at least one more season so i'm very happy for that um and i'm gonna give my tv show of the year my golden tupperware to the rehearsal the nathan felder reality show on hbo again i was with all the shifts going on with hbo i was very worried that this was going to be a one and done we are coming back for a season two. I can't wait to see what crazy stuff he has cooked up for that season. It, it felt like HBO gave him an unlimited budget to do whatever he wanted with in the in the first season. So I was very surprised with how uh, money savvy that HBO seems to, to be now that they were going to let this happen again. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just such a lover of reality tel television. I didn't think you could do it any more different ways than it already been done already. And this show proved me wrong. It was like the next evolution of reality TV for me. And uh, man, I, there's no show this year that I've told people to watch more than the rehearsal. It was it was just so fucking good and so hilarious and honestly, very touching at parts as well. So did it give it to the rehearsal? Did you? uh did you ever watch Nathan for you? Yes, I love it. Oh, God, that's one of my favorites. Yeah, I love it. It actually made me revisit it and kind of uh, handpick some of my favorite episodes. Yeah, because uh, HBO Max ended up getting the rights to that yes. as well. Yeah. And you can watch all of that on HBO Max. And it was Michelle had never seen any of it. So it was fun to pick out some good ones and show her some of it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, that was on Comedy Central originally. Yes. Yes. And I, I had I, I was a late bloomer to that show. I started seeing clips on social media. And then I, I think around season three, I actually was watching it as it was airing. Yeah, I love it. Nathan Fielder is just he's, he is brilliant. Um, and then you also when you said House of the Dragon, I forgot about that show. Hot D. So, yeah, I totally forgot about it because I uh, we we were doing the Rings of Power and I just never got back to, to House of the Dragon. I got to finish it. I've only seen the first two. Yeah, it was so bizarre watching those two shows mm -hmm. at the same time, week yeah. after week. I don't know if that was a disservice to both shows. It sounds like in your in your case, it was a disservice to, yeah. to House of the Dragon. It was. Yeah, but. I just couldn't get back to it when I was watching Rings of Power. So I'll, I will watch it. I will get to it. But um, yeah, uh, I have a fuck ton of honorable mentions so i'm gonna like blast through these guys i have a bunch of them uh, first one's gonna be yellow jackets on showtime about the girls who uh they're uh they're what is it their plane goes down in the 
in where are they? They're like in the wilderness and they have no way of getting into contact with uh, the outside world. So I think it's for, uh, I forget how long they were stranded out there, but it jumps from the time that they were teenagers in high school, uh, trapped out in the wilderness to now as adults. And the true story of what happened out there in the woods is unfolding as the story progresses and uh, Christina Ricci's in it. it, it uh, what's her name? Um, trying to think of all the actors that are in it. I can't remember that, but it's fantastic. It's called Yellow Jackets and it's on Showtime. Highly recommend Station Eleven on HBO Max. I loved Station Eleven. Uh, great show. Peacemaker, another honorable mention. Loved Peacemaker. Archive 81, like Joe said. Uh, Ozark Season 4 Part 1. I haven't seen Part 2 yet, but I loved Ozark Season 4 Part 1. I thought it was incredible. I love Jason Bateman. Um, uh, can't think of anybody else's fucking name off the top of my head, and I got him listed later. Um, as we see it on Amazon Prime, it's uh, the story. It's it's a it's a show about uh, three autistic roommates and uh, all of them are, you know, on the spectrum and all are different in their own ways. It's about how they're navigating life and responsibility and living on their own. And uh, they actually cast uh, actors on the spectrum for this show. It, the show is incredible. It's on Amazon Prime. It's called As We See It. Highly recommend. Uh, the Righteous Gemstones season two. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I love The Righteous Gemstones. Season two was not a disappointment. Uh, from on epics if you're not watching from on epics you should be it's one of the best reasons to get an epic subscription i think it's like 4.99 a month and from is just incredible um reacher on amazon prime with alan richson i absolutely love that show yes it's a dad show but my god i fucking loved it so uh, much fun so good i can't wait for season two minx on hbo max which got canceled they actually filmed a season two who knows if we're ever going to get to see it. I'm hoping that they shop it out somewhere else. But I loved Minx with I'm Jake so Johnson. I forgot to say that show. Damn it. Yeah, say it now, man. Fuck it. It's not Minx was fucking awesome. Yeah, Minx is great. Uh, Paul, I'm with you, man. Winning time. Winning time on HBO Max. I loved winning time. The the uh, L.A. Lakers uh, story loosely based on the true story. Um, the Boys season three. Loved it. Stranger Things season four loved it. Um, Blackbird, which was on um, Apple TV Plus with um, Taron Egerton and uh, Paul Walter Hauser, uh, fantastic fucking show, amazing show. Uh, anybody else watch that one? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mo on Netflix. Loved Mo on Netflix. We've talked about that earlier in the podcast. Paul, you, you're a big fan of that one as well. Um, Legacy, the uh, true story of the LA Lakers. It's like a eight, nine, ten part breakdown of like the, the Lakers, their entire history. And it was uh, fucking phenomenal. Andor. Gonna throw Andor on the list as well. I think we've talked Andor into the goddamn ground. Um, For All Mankind, season three. Loved it. Oh my God. On Mars, incredible fucking season. I did have problems with a couple parts of it, but I let it slide, whatever. But I loved it overall. 
Uh, Tokyo Vice, Joe. God damn it. So good. So good. I love Tokyo Vice. I can't wait for season two, man. Such a great fucking show. Uh, more people need to be watching it. Um, I'm, I'm curious if any of you have seen this because I never put it on any list for any episode of PCL. Uh, it's on Vice TV. It's called Tales from the Territories. No, never even heard oh. of it. Uh-uh. Uh, if you like Dark Side of the Ring, you need this is a companion show. You need to be watching Tales from the Territories on Vice TV. Um, is it about the other wrestling territories? Yes, it's about okay. the wrestling territories. And each show is set up so well. They have different wrestlers, people that were involved in the business, sitting at a table, telling stories. Uh, they have reenactments and live footage. Um, the first one, Brett the Hitman Hart is in there. And uh, talking about the the Hart family, talking about the Memphis territory, great episodes, great stories. Some of these stories are just unfucking believable. The second episode has to deal with like Andy Kaufman when he was in wrestling, and um, they got Jerry Lawler in there telling the real story of how everything went down. He's not holding anything back, so he's come out with his book. But here he is talking about it. And Jake, I've seen a lot of stuff on this before, but I've never seen it broken down fully the way he was working with uh, Andy Kaufman. And then they, they get into like the whole David Letterman appearance and they break everything down. It is fucking the every episode. They get, there's a Von Erich episode, which is amazing. Some of these stories are just insane. You wouldn't believe Count how many fucking times they're telling a story about wrestlers getting in fights and how many people lose an eyeball during a fight. Like, oh, no. <laughs> I am not kidding you. Like, at least three or four times they're telling stories about people fucking eyeballs popping out of their heads. It's insane. It, just, an, just an incredible fucking series. It's called Tales from the Territories on Vice TV. Highly recommend. Uh, Fleischman is in trouble. Uh, this is – they've just completed it within the past couple weeks. Uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Claire Danes. This is on Hulu. Uh, eight episodes. I finished it. Loved it. Great fucking show. Uh, the White Lotus season two. Uh, I binged this within the last you know, couple weeks and uh, just as good as the first season. Absolutely loved it. Uh, the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. I'm also throwing it in there. We, you know, broke down every episode. I absolutely love this show. Um, incredible. Uh, the budget, everything, special effects, everything amazing. Uh, physical season two, absolutely loved it. Uh, Cobra Kai season four, huge fan. Now I'm going to get to my top three with the bronze. I'm going to give it to. The Offer. Joe, god damn it, what a great show. What a Miles Teller, Matthew Good, just just uh just a great show. Who played uh um oh god. The director, what's his name? Fucking Cap uh Fogler? Yeah, Fogler, Dan Fogler. It was great. What's the name of the director of the fucking Godfather? Francis, Francis Ford, Ford Coppola. Coppola. Thank you, Coppola. I was thinking Capilla, Coppola, Caterpillar. Um, <laughs> Dan Fogler was fucking great in that show. I, I loved the offer. God damn it, Joe. I never did go back and watch The Godfather after it, though. I should have done that. Um, 
Um, oh yeah, that was required for me. Yeah, I I I thought about it, and then I was like, I I I have to watch so much shit for PCL. I was like, I can't do three hours on The Godfather right now. So. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. Uh, number two is uh, FX's The Bear. Uh, Paul, man, what a great show, dude! Insane, man. Oh, Jeremy Allen White was never on my radar. I'd never seen him in anything before, and like this guy is like. Just like I want to see him in the next Knives Out movie. Like this guy is so good. Yeah. I love the bear. If you haven't watched the bear, watch the bear. And my number one, and it's deserved in my opinion, Joe, I'm on the same page, man. Severance all the way. Yes. Severance. Severance is the best thing, in my opinion, to come out uh, in 2022 as far as like TV watching. So Apple TV Plus just... They had some great fucking shows, but Severance, I mean, and Severance for me, it beat out some great fucking shows, man. Like Tokyo Vice, Peacemaker, The Offer, The Bear. I mean, God damn, those are great shows. Great fucking shows. And I don't, I don't know. There's just something about Severance, man. As soon as that final, that finale hit for the season finale, I was just like, I'm ready for season two. Give me season two now. So I don't know if I can wait until 2024, dude. It's going to be a rough fucking wait. So um, let's move in to our director of the year. The best director of the year. So when I'm on stage, I want quiet on the set. NWA take two. Paul, give me your director of the year. Yeah, I got a couple honorable mentions. I got James Cameron as my first honorable mention for Avatar, The Way of Water. Just, you know, coming back after over a decade and, you know, just giving us another visually stunning. Just it was amazing to look at. And the story was so much more improved than the first one. It was just it definitely was something you have to see in this, you know, in the theaters. It was, it was, it was an event more than it was a movie. Uh, <clears throat> I got Dan Trackenberg uh, for Prey. We talked about it, uh, but yeah, just I mean, you know, to take a movie from a franchise that has kind of been beaten up the last couple attempts, and to just give us to just go to the basics, just put somebody you know, in pretty much the jungle or, you know, like here, like the native, you know, native, like just, it was just like man versus beast, woman versus beast. It was just, it was fantastic. Uh, my last honorable mention is Tommy Ricola for violent night. Just, I, I adore this movie to take this concept of let's make Santa Claus, John McClane and Kevin McAllister at the same time. Like let's, and I think he did a great job of, you know, balancing uh, the violence and then the heart of the movie. Um, now, for my runners up for my bronze, I got uh, Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion. Just just what a fantastic follow up to Knives Out gave us some amazing characters. Ryan Johnson has this knack of taking things that aren't people but making them a character like the glass onion itself was as much of a part of the story as any of the characters were um 
you know, I think him and uh, Daniel Craig are really finding their groove together. They're working well together. And Brian Johnson definitely was able to distract us when we needed to be distracted and did a great job of, you know, peeling layers of the onion back when he wanted us uh, to see them. My uh, silver medal or my silver tuppy goes to uh, Sophie Hyde for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Um, a movie I never even would have heard of or watched. And I wasn't even on the episode, but I listened to you guys talk about this. You reviewed this movie on PCL and what just Sophie Hyde for pretty much is pretty much two people in the same place for the entire movie. And she makes this movie feel like it's 10 minutes. She does such a fantastic job of us getting to know these two people the nature of their relationship, why they're there and just uncovering it over a couple months uh, in the movie and just did a fantastic job and got two amazing performances out of uh, both actors. If you could just put me in that movie and the older woman is Martha Stewart, like that's (laughs) – Good luck to you, leftover Brian. <laughs> oh my God! I don't know what it is. I don't know. I, there, there should be no reason other. It's wild, man. It's just like I saw that one fucking tweet of her like wearing that apron and nothing else, and then I fucking like a week later I fucking have a dream that Martha Stewart wants to sleep with me. Now I can't shake her. I can't shake her out of my brain, Paul. I, I, I fucking, can't do it, man. <laughs> I've been buying the Martha Stewart frozen foods and shit and just like. <laughs> well, I think Sophie Hyde now has a fantastic uh, synopsis for a follow-up. I bought the Martha Stewart cream spinach and I think I creamed all over the fucking box. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> She's fucking 81 and I want to knock the dust off that vagina. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I said it. No shame, man. Go for it. Oh, Jeez. man. Yeah. She's like, uh, she's like the, the ultimate cougar in the wild. <laughs> um, here we see Brian tracking his prey, Martha Stewart out in the. I don't know what I'm doing right now, guys. <laughs> I just kept going. It was good. Yeah, it's, it's getting rapey. Um, so I lures him in with spinach that is creamed. Yeah, I'm, Martha Stewart's the one he's been dreaming and creaming about. <laughs> he's making his move oh she sees him she's starting to run she's 81 she's not going anywhere <laughs> Brian's having his way with her here the- oh, no. speaking of them being in the bush Martha doesn't have one she's clean shape I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> this is getting really dirty my villain of the year <laughs> is Brian for his <laughs> The young, <laughs> oh, Martha, Martha, Martha. Go ahead, uh, sir, Paul. And, and then uh, my winner for best director, it is uh, Sean Levy. Not for the Adam Project, don't worry, but um, uh, for the episode Dear Billy from Stranger Things. I did, like I said earlier, I don't think. I have. I don't think there was one episode of TV I've seen in a long time that just had me invested and hooked the entire time. And then the climax 
of that episode of you know are you talking about i know i was thinking the same thing (laughs) as soon as i said climax i'm like oh no yeah (laughs) paul's like let me rephrase that the orgasm of that episode (laughs) 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 oh hold on let me rephrase that the load of cum blasted on the face of that episode a shout out of the penis of the episode yeah yes um no it was Man, you know, it just built up to. Uh, you got, <laughs> you got oh my god! You know. <laughs> yes, it did, Paul. Uh huh. Uh huh. Man. Okay. Okay. Um. <coughs> just this whole episode, we're lear- I mean, up until this episode, we're just seeing the amount of damage that Vecna can do. You know, it was like kind of like a Pennywise, Freddy Krueger, like Freddy Krueger type of thing. And it's just like it, you did not see a way for characters to get out of it. And it's just, you know, we're just going through Nancy and Robin trying to get info. And it just all the episode just ends where I am literally thinking this person's going to die. She's going to die. I don't see a way out. And even when they find a way to get her out, I'm still thinking like, shit, dude, I don't know if she's going to make it. And. I just think it was a master class of putting this episode to get like together and building on all of that terror and fear. And then just like, you know, the montage that's happening of flashbacks, it's like, it's scaring the fuck out of you, but it's also like just tugging at your heartstrings and, you know, you just, you just get this sense of relief at the end of the episode, but he, he just, Sean Levy did a fantastic job of putting dear Billy together in season four of uh, Stranger Things. Nice. Yeah, that's a great fucking episode, man. Um, Joe. Yeah, my number three spot goes to Ryan Coogler for Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I feel like with the the tragic death of Chadwick Boseman, uh, Ryan Coogler had a lot of heavy lifting to do in this with, with a script rewrite that had to juggle both honoring Chadwick Boseman and carrying the story forward and giving us a different Black Panther. It was, it was an impossible job and it ended up being a very good movie. Um, my number two spot goes to Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion. I feel like he also had some pretty big shoes to fill. The first Knives Out um, movie was it's just so good. It, it's it's such a good murder mystery and he followed it up with one that was was just as good, just as entertaining in a completely different way. And then my number one spot goes to James Gunn for Peacemaker. And I've already said so much about Peacemaker. Um, But James Gunn directed five of those eight episodes and just a tremendous season of television. I said I wanted to knock the dust off of Martha Stewart's vagina earlier. (laughs) I don't think anyone's forgotten. I know. (laughs) <laughs> was, was 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 did I cross a line, gentlemen? No, 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 no. 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 All right. <laughs> so you know, when James Gunn directed five out of eight, it's weird that he didn't just direct all eight at that point, right? I was wondering what was up with that. Maybe he just the other people. I, I'm not sure who the other three directors were, but maybe it was like their buddies. Here, direct this. You got to think it's like you know you. Uh, yeah. You give it. Yeah, you're, you're you're putting somebody else. You're trying to 
give somebody else something. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, like when a comic goes out on tour and they got somebody opening for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I was trying to look it up real quick who the other directors were, but. Uh, Brad Anderson directed one, Jody Hill directed one, and Rosemary Rodriguez directed one. Okay. Never heard of any of them. No. I was going to ask if it was his girlfriend that directed the other three. Sorry. She has a name, Paul. <laughs> I, don't know. I think Brad Anderson. I don't know what it is. It's just <laughs> 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 Jennifer Holland for anybody keeping track of. Oh, is that his wife? Yes. Yeah. Are they married now? They're yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, he was showing pictures of like their I think their honeymoon spot or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh let's see here. Uh Jake, what do you got? Yeah, I'm gonna give my bronze tuppy to Robert Eggers for the Northman. Uh, big fan of this director. I, I loved what he did with this movie. Just some of the some of the really long one takes he did in this movie were just incredible, incredible to me. Uh, really great usages of lighting, location, costume design. I, I just really liked what he did with that movie. Um, I'm going to give my silver tuppy. Um, same as same as Joe, I believe, to uh, Ryan Johnson for for Glass Onion. I mean, come on, just like some of the shots that he accomplished in this movie were just incredible. Just the, the way he was able to like sway what you were supposed to be thinking about just by, you know, moving the camera in certain ways and the use of shadows, just a lot of the subtle pans that he did in this movie. I, I thought it was just a masterclass in directing. Um, I'm going to give my gold. To I know who you're, I know who you're giving it to. I'm sure you do. Yes. And this is something that I have wanted to say on this podcast since the minute we started this. Podcast. I know. I know exactly who this is going to. <laughs> this is the, this is the, hey, Jake, I bet you $20 that I know who you're going to say. Oh, I know you know. I know you know. <laughs> I, I'll tell you this. I, I couldn't give this movie of the year. I couldn't give this superhero movie of the year, but. I'll be damned if I'm not going to give this guy director of the year. It's the only movie he directed the entire time we've done pop culture leftovers. I'm giving director of the year to Sam Raimi, my idol, my favorite director of all time. I am so glad that I finally get to give him a tuppy. Sam Raimi, well-deserved. I I wasn't gonna guess that I was I was gonna say Cameron I thought it I'm kidding I I I fucking knew it yeah I fucking knew it I I love Ramy too yeah this was the easiest one when I when I started writing this list a, a week and a half ago this was the first one I plugged in yeah yeah I knew it I knew it um, I have a bunch of honorable mentions that I'm gonna I'm gonna get through here for uh, director of the year. Uh, first one I'm gonna give it to is uh, George Clooney for the Tender Bar. You can watch that on Amazon Prime. Fantastic movie, um, great fucking movie. Uh, second, I'm gonna give uh, to uh, Jimmy Chin. He was the director of the um, the movie The Rescue, which I believe you can watch on Disney Plus right now. It uh, it's about uh, the 2018 rescue of 12 Thai boys and their soccer coach, and they're trapped inside of a flooded cave. 
and uh, it's got interviews from the rescuers. Uh, they they show the families of these young boys. They actually show you footage from the rescue. They show you the caves and um, diagrams of like what it was like to get them out. And they it is an incredible fucking movie. Um, just and Jimmy Chin just did a a great job of uh, of directing it. I Joe, did he direct the um the Don the Don Wall or I know he directed Free Solo. Free Solo, yeah, he was the director yeah, of Free Jimmy Solo. Jimmy Chin's awesome. Have you seen any of his uh, Nat Geo series like On the Edge with Jimmy Chin? I have not. Yeah, it's every episode's great. It's people just tell, telling these harrowing stories of survival. Um couple of the highlights real quick uh the brother sister team trying to wind surf or like kite surf or kite ski or whatever that is like across uh the arctic and they get chased by polar bears There's oh my a, god a couple with uh some guys that are trying to kayak some major rivers in africa and one of the people that's with them gets eaten by crocodiles and the others just need to fucking paddle faster oh my god <laughs> Dude, it's some wild fucking stories. I, That's I on Nat Geo? Yeah, yeah. You can watch it on Disney+. Plus. I'm watching that shit, dude. That sounds incredible. Like, I don't... Yeah. What's it, Power ha, episodes, too, so they go fast. Has anybody watched that uh, that Chris Hemsworth show that he's doing? Oh, no, is that like Limitless or something like that? Yeah. I'm curious you know, I've about... I've seen it on my header on my Disney Plus menu, but I've not seen it. You know, Renner's got a new show coming. Guys, let's seriously send some positive vibes towards Renner right now with what he's going through. Oh, um, what a tragic accident. Yeah, yeah Unbelievable. He's got, a, he's got his own kind of like uh, docu-series kind of show coming out. I forget what it's about. But, um, god damn, that's, that's terrible what he's going through. Um... Yeah, so Jimmy Chin, uh, Joakim Trier, he was the director of a, of a movie that I watched earlier in the year called The Worst Person in the World. And I loved the movie. I thought his directorial style was fantastic. Um, I even listened to him on an episode. I listened to him talk about this movie on an episode of the movie podcast. Um, the movie is a, um, independent film streaming service. And uh, they have their own podcast, and he was the, he was a guest on that, and I listened to him talk about it. But uh, Joakim Trier, fantastic director, director, great movie. I would highly recommend watching it. Really, really good. Um, Sam Jones for Tony Hawk Until the Wheels Fall Off. Uh, mm. Great documentary about Tony Hawk. Um, Got to give it to Sam Jones there. Ben Stiller for his episodes of uh, Severance. Um, I thought, uh, Severance, my number one show, Ben Stiller really set the tone for that show. He, he directed, uh, I think like the first few episodes of it and really set a great tone for that show. Uh, Benny Chen for Raging Fire. Um, that Joe, that's a movie that we recently reviewed on PCL and I thought Benny Chen, fantastic director, loved that movie. Uh, Michael Showalter for the new movie, spoiler alert, that was just in theaters, and um, James Cameron for Avatar, The Way of Water, uh, Ryan Johnson for Glass Onion, and uh, my final runner-up is going to be Darren Aronofsky, Darren Aronofsky for The Whale. Um, have any of you guys gotten a chance to see The Whale? 
No, no. not yet. Yeah, uh, I'll t- I'll be talking about that later, I'm sure. But um, I was, uh, let's get into uh, my top three. So with the bronze, I'm going to be giving it to BJ Novak for Vengeance. Ah, excellent. Absolutely loved Vengeance and BJ Novak. Really, like he's on my radar now. Like anything that he directs, stars in, I'm watching it. Love this guy. Um, he's another guy I'd like to see show up in a Ryan Johnson, you know, uh, Knives Out movie. Number was two. That his directorial debut? Yes, it was. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I believe you can watch it on HBO Max, people. Highly recommend Vengeance. Boyd Holbrook is incredible in the fucking movie. Watch it. Um, number two, Joe, I'm with you. Ryan Coogler's got to get it, man. Um, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. This guy had the odds stacked against him. And I think he made the best of a, of a terrible situation with the loss of Chadwick Boseman. So got to give some love to Ryan Coogler there. And it was a great movie. My number one is going to be Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick. My God. The best fucking uh, like as far as like what he did with 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 shooting that movie, the like the the fucking dog fights in the air. It's just there's nothing like it, man. It's so good. Um, would I want to see a third Top Gun movie? Fuck yes, I would. And I will. I want this guy to come back and do it. And I want to. See, oh God, anything Joseph Kaczynski does in the future, I am there for it. So I got to give it to Joseph Kaczynski for Top Gun Maverick. Great fucking director. Never was on my radar before, and now he is. So, um, let's move on into our next category, which is going to be Female Actor of the Year. Female Actor. Of the year. All right, Paul. Yeah, um, I got uh, a few runners up. I have Queen Latifah for the movie Hustle. Uh, she was that movie came out of nowhere for me. Loved her performance. Uh, Zoe Saldana for Avatar and the Adam Project. She is just so good at playing a fucking badass. Um, I got quite a few. Pretty much, I'm gonna leave one out on purpose, but or two out. But I got pretty much every female actor that was in the second season of The White Lotus. I thought, man, like Megan Faye. Beatrice Grana, Haley Lou Richardson, uh, Simona Tabasco, just fucking fantastic. They all just, they did such a fantastic job. Uh, <clears throat> Amber Midthunder from Prey, we've said definitely, I mean, we've talked so much good things about that movie. Anna Taylor Joy for The Menu, uh, I, you know, I don't want to get into too much, so I'll just leave it at that. Um, and then my last I mention is Lily James for uh, Pam and Tommy. Uh, fantastic. You know, it's one thing to make yourself look like somebody else. But, man, I mean, you you would have thought she was Pamela Anderson. Like, she just – she was fantastic. Uh, now, for my runners-up, my uh, – or, for, you know, for the Tuppies, uh, the bronze goes to Zendaya for Euphoria. 
for season two. I mean, she continues to up that performance. Uh, you know, she's, she's recovering from her addictions and she finds herself in a pretty, pretty harrowing situation that I think is going to lead into some pretty tense moments in the third season. Uh, my, my silver tuppy goes to, uh, my actual winner from last year. I have, a. Aubrey Plaza for two roles, uh, one for the White Lotus, which was she was absolutely fantastic. And then for uh, Emily, the criminal, uh, she man, that movie was so fucking good. And she, you know, so relatable, a character that has so much debt from student loans and other things. And just you kind of see her, you know, kind of have a downward spiral and just. It's so believable. She is just she sucks you in every time with any performance, in, like in my eyes. And my winner of the year, which now I regret even saying because I know where this is going to go, is Emma Thompson for "Good Luck to You, Leo Grand." Um, what a what a powerhouse of a performance! And I don't want to give too much of the ending away, but just. Her final one of her final scenes of the movie is just one of the best one of the best acted scenes I've seen in such a long time. She shows so much courage, vulnerability and just like badassness. Like she just this whole movie you're finding out about, you know, her situation, what she's overcoming, what she wants to do, her reluctance to get into this, but also kind of really owning owning up to that she wants to be curious she wants to live a new life and i don't think anyone anyone besides emma tom emma thompson could have could have pulled this off she was she was fantastic and she is my female actor of the year i think martha stewart should have got a crack at that just <laughs> <laughs> throwing it out there of course <laughs> Give me a crack at Martha. Um, I know. I, I'm going to stop. That I'm. It's getting really creepy over here. Uh, jo- <laughs> Joe, what do you got? Uh, yeah, my first honorable mention for female actor of the year is Angela Bassett. I thought she had just an incredibly powerful performance in Black Panther: Wakanda Forever when she's addressing the UN, and then also when she's just ad- addressing Okoye in like was that the second act the man is just absolutely powerful um kristen miliotti from the resort this was a series that was on peacock it was a great little mystery and she played this obsessive character that um digging into this she finds this phone out in the jungle and then discovers that it was from this kid that went missing several years earlier and so then her and her husband start kind of investigating it and then it snowballs from there and got got a little bit of a lost feel to it too by the time you get to the end of it fun fun series but she was she put an incredible performance in that uh uh, aubrey plaza from the second season of white lotus and i mean i mean it's aubrey plaza she's always puts in such a good performance um uh, elizabeth olsen from uh dr strange and the multiverse of madness uh really got to see a good layered performance from her. We hadn't really seen her go completely unhinged before. 
And man, she pulled it off really well. Um, my number three goes to Michelle Yeoh from Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, that movie was just fucking bonkers. And she played so many different characters in the movie and and really pulled it off well. Um, always loved seeing her and stuff and was very excited to see her in that one. Uh, Amber Midthunder is my second for for Prey. Uh, loved her in Legion. That was my introduction to her. And I mean, she's just a total badass and really hope to get to see her and more stuff moving forward. And then my number one was Anya Taylor-Joy, both for her performance in The Northman and for The Menu. Uh, bo- I loved both of those movies, and I'm just a huge fan of her. I, I think that she's got an incredible career yet ahead of her, and she's already put in so many amazing performances for as young as she is. And she absolutely blew me away this year. I still would love to see Feige cast her as magic. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. 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 Jake, what do you got? All right. We're doing female actor of the year. <laughs> hey, have... Jake, Jake, <laughs> you, 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 do you have a stroke over there? You forget what? No, I'm good. <laughs> Jake, Jake was, you said that like a question. My notes are out of order. I had to like <laughs> pan down to where we were. Like what we did before this isn't, you know, we did. Never mind. I'm sorry. I did not have a stroke. I'm good. <laughs> Make sure you're okay over there, buddy. <laughs> I th- for some reason, I thought Joe was still on honorable mentions. I didn't realize that. And I was ill-prepared to be called. I was about ready to prescribe some Vecna for you. <laughs> <laughs> I will play some Lana Del Rey to help me get up that hill. Oh, Jesus. It's Kate Bush. Uh, it's Kate Bush. <laughs> no, Kate Bush would not work for me. It's not Lana Del Monte or whoever the fuck you like. Look <laughs> 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 at that fruit. Get some green beans. <laughs> I'm going to give the bronze to Kiki Palmer from Nope. I thought her performance in that movie was so energetic, so so charismatic. Her her performance with uh, Daniel Kaluuya as her brother, they were just so perfect with each other. Um, I'm going to give the silver to Janelle Monet from Glass Onion. Um, I've been a fan of her for a long time. Um, musically, uh, Dirty Computer is one of my favorite albums in the last 10 years. I, I didn't know she had it in her as an actor. I was kind of surprised that she was the, the scene stealer of the entire movie for me. Um, that performance was just so good. Um, and I'm going to give the gold to Michelle Yao from everything everywhere all at once um I, I i echo pretty much everything joe said i've been a fan for a long time she had to to juggle all the all the balls of playing all those different characters in that movie i thought she pulled it off wonderfully uh it's such a silly movie and she grounded it in real emotion so well with her performance and by the end of that movie I, i'm just in tears from the performance that she's given so i'm gonna give it to her this year Okay, I have uh, I have quite a few uh, honorable mentions that I'm going to kind of breeze through here. Uh, Christina Ricci in Yellow Jackets, uh, Laura Linney as uh, Wendy Bird in Ozark, uh, also Julia Garner as Ruth Langmore in Ozark, and also going to give it to her for uh, her portrayal as uh, Anna Delvey in Anna. I thought she was great in that as well. 
Um, I'm not going to pronounce her name correctly, but I'm going to give some credit here to Renata, Renata, Reins, Renata Reinsvi, uh, for the worst person in the world. I thought she was fantastic. I've never seen her in anything before and, uh, absolutely loved the movie. Um, Danielle McDonald is as Helen in The Tourist. This was an HBO Max series, series and I think we are going to get a season two. I think it's been renewed and I loved her character of Helen in that. Uh, Jessica Beale as, uh, Candy in the, uh, Hulu series Candy. I thought Jessica Beale was, um, really good in that fucking show. I thought she was fantastic. Um, uh, Mia Isaac is Wally Park in the, uh, movie Don't Make Me Go, which is on Amazon Prime. It also stars John Cho. Fantastic fucking movie and absolutely loved it. Um, Rose Byrne uh, for uh, season two of Physical uh, and most notably episode nine. I thought she really shined in that episode. Um, Sadie Sink. She plays Max on Stranger Things. I'm going to give it to her. Not for Stranger Things. I thought she was great in that, but I'm going to give it to her for her performance in The Whale. Just uh, just an incredible performance she puts on in that movie. Um, she is out of, uh, you know, like, what's uh, Millie Bobby Brown? She she can act circles around Millie Bobby Brown, in my opinion, after watching The Whale. This girl is so fucking talented. And then my last honorable mention is uh, Angela Bassett for uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Yeah, Joe, you said it, man. Like, she just... Uh, uh, you know, her performance was just Oscar worthy in that. Um, so yeah, Angela Bassett. Now my top three, I'm going to give my bronze to, <laughs> this is a weird one. Um, but I think it's deserved. Uh, Jenny Slate as Marcel in Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. One of my, I loved this movie. Like I saw that I got to see it in the theater and, uh, I absolutely love the movie and her performance is so good. Her, comedic timing and the, uh, the innocence of the character that she was able to pull off and just the voice. She was just so good. Number two is Aubrey Plaza, um, strictly for her uh, performance in Emily the Criminal, which was a movie that I saw in theaters this year. Absolutely loved. I believe you can watch it now on Netflix. I highly recommend it. And my number one is going to be uh, Hong Chow in The Whale. She um, played in that movie the character you know you've got uh, brendan frazier uh, who's playing um this uh, very you know large obese man and she's basically uh, a friend of his and his caretaker and she puts on a fucking clinic in this movie she is so good um and i've seen her in other things but this is the one this is the performance of hers that I am not going to forget. And her name is going to be like embedded into my brain after this performance for, for the whale. So I'm going to give it to Hong Chow and we are going to jump into, unless Jake needs another break. Ooh, I would love a break. I fucking figured we're going to take that little break for the boy with the tiniest bladder in the world. So we'll be, (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. Hi, 
I sound like Morgan Freeman. I bet most of you do some online shopping with Amazon. It's just so easy. I myself logged in today to buy adult diapers. No, I'm not embarrassed. I have zero shame. And I really don't give a fuck what you think. I'm at that age. You'll get here too one day. And don't think that you won't, you naive asshat. One day you two will be just like Jamie Lee Curtis and shitting your body weight and Dan and yogurt and the next thing you know you'll be on Amazon ordering adult diapers saying holy shit that freckled face fucker was right anyway the whole point of this is to tell you that popcultureleftovers.com has an Amazon shopping link what that means is when you click on the link from their website it helps the show it doesn't charge you extra at all you just shop like you regularly would and Amazon takes care of the rest. It's easy and convenient, just like these diapers. I literally blew up this diaper while recording this ad. Hashtag truth. All right, hey, we are back, and it is now time to jump into a new category. This one is the Male Actor of the Year. Best Male Actor in a Film. I love that one. One of, one of these days, I want Brian to sing that song to me. <laughs> oh, man. When you become a man, Jake, maybe I will. I know. I know. I'm working on it. It's my, it's my New Year's resolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing my romper in the fire right now. <laughs> Oh man, we gotta get you on some like fucking testosterone gel or something. Oh fuck yeah! God yeah yeah, I, that's what I want. I just want I just want fucking testosterone fucking soaked Jake, just like <laughs> watching, sitting down watching Conan movies with me. Let's <laughs> uh, see here, male actor of the year, Paul. I got quite a few honorable mentions. I got uh, Nick Cage for the unbearable weight of massive. Te- I already forgot the name of the movie. He's um, so close. Is it success or talent? Talent. 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 There we go. Um, Johnny Knoxville for um, uh, his role in Reboot. Absolutely loved it. Um, Benedict Cumberpatch. Just uh, love seeing him as Doctor Strange. Uh, have to have Joseph Quinn as Eddie from Stranger Things. Um, I got Ryan Reynolds and Walker Scobell uh, for pretty much playing the same role, just about 20 years apart. And I thought, uh, especially Walker Scobell, just did a fantastic job of of capturing like the essence of a young Ryan Reynolds. Uh, absolutely loved it. In what movie? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry, The Adam Project. There you go. My bad. Um, God damn you, Paul. <laughs> oh, what did I fucking tell you before we recorded? <laughs> <laughs> you, really, you really laid into me, man. I know. La- last year, you didn't make him name the movie. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's right. 
Oh, God. See? Thank you, Jake. Oh, the error of my ways. That's that's gonna be that's gonna be the fucking book that Paul writes about me. The error of Brian way Brian's ways. All right, go ahead, Paul. Oh man, um, Anthony Starr and Carl Urban. Like, I mean, Anthony Starr. Just just a scene of him talking to himself in the mirror was alone worth admission for Amazon Prime this year. In the boys, he just. Man, it's funny what he can do, as you said before, Brian, like just with his face. Yeah. Like he can literally make himself look like he is on the verge that he is about to just like full out cry. And then a second later, he's just like menacing. Like it's just it's wild. Or that just fake plastered on plastic smile of his, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking. Oh, my God. Are you looking forward Um, to the Gen V show? I am. Me too. I really am. the The preview was just enough to. What a tease! Yeah, man, that looks fucking fucking awesome. Um, I got, of course, Tom Cruise for Top Gun Maverick. It's always good. You know, he's just, he's just, he's such a fantastic actor, especially especially coming back into this role after pretty much three decades. I got. Glenn Powell and Jonathan Majors for Devotion. Just, I mean, they played off of each other so well. Um, Ben Foster for The Survivor. Uh, Anything Ben Foster does, he's always so good. But to just see him play a survivor from the Holocaust and the guilt he has to carry, just incredible. Uh, Mohamed Amar from Mo. I got Aaron Taylor Johnson and Brian Tyree Henry as Lemon and Tangerine from Bullet Train. Great uh, fucking nice. picks. Mm-hmm. Fucking man, dude. I just yeah, I love them so much. It's and a great what a movie. fun fucking movie. I bought um, this steelbook, Paul. I just I I love that movie so much. Oh man, I kind of like. I would love to say another actor. Because, you know, he's not in it a lot. He's at the end. But I kind of don't want to give away who the actor is. Don't, 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 don't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, because I fucking, man. So good. Uh, now, I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right or wrong based on the conversation you guys had a couple episodes ago. But Ralph Fines from The Menu. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's Rafe or Ralph. or It is Rafe. It's Rafe, I guess. Rafe, yeah. Rafe Fiennes, Fiennes. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I, do I, I keep calling him Ralph, don't I? Yeah, I do too. I, I know what's wrong, but I keep saying it as well. Yeah. Um, I got Miles Teller, Matthew Good, and then Justin Chambers as uh, Marlon Brando from The Offer. Just, mm-hmm. oof, they they killed it. Uh, John Cena as the Peacemaker, Adam Sandler from Hustle, just fucking. Ah. Uh, great movie. He was he was so close to being uh the bronze. Mm. He do I'm not the like I love him as a person and all he does for charities and stuff, but his movies are very hit or miss for me and Hustle was just fucking awesome. He was so good in that. Uh and then I got Sebastian Stan as my last honorable mention for Pam and Tommy, but more importantly for the movie Fresh. Uh he really goes off type there. I I uh, my, I, I dropped off Pam and Tommy, man. Yeah, it was it's not the greatest show, but like I just think him and Lily James—they were good. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw it through. I definitely saw it. Did you guys watch the reality show? Tommy goes to college. Tommy Lee goes to college. No. Yes. Oh man. I loved that fucking show. (laughs) It was so trashy, but it was awesome. (laughs) So good. Go ahead. Um, now my, uh, third place, my bronze tuppy goes to Jeremy Allen white for the bear. Nice. Just, Oh my God. And he, man, that show and him, I just, it had me so intense and just the way he played off of everything. One minute you're just so into it. Your, your blood is boiling, your adrenaline's pumping. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're laughing your ass off because they accidentally drugged a whole kid's party with Ecto Cooler. Oh, that was uh, awesome. Just, his whole thing was, uh, his whole thing was wild. Now, um, my, my silver goes to fucking David Harbor as Santa Claus. I did. <laughs> I fucking. <laughs> I love it. I mean, you gave this guy like just the, the backstory of kind of what he was before Santa you know, you see the conflict of if he still wants to be Santa, you see the rage, uh, you know, and then you s- just see him falling back in love with Christmas and he just puts on a fucking tour de force. Like it's just it, it's like a it's a beautiful kind of 80s action movie that we got in 2022. And I think you couldn't have casted anybody better as uh, Santa than, than David Harbour. Now, this next one is just – this one caught me by surprise. My winner caught me by surprise. Um, you know, I listed – this guy has been in three shows, two of which were in my top shows of the year. And it's just everything he's in, he just makes better, whether it's a doctor from Stranger Things or a knockoff Stan Lee and the boys. But it was his role as the old showrunner who now has to work with his daughter in reboot and my gold Tupperware winner for male actor of the year is Paul Reiser. The guy nice. fucking makes everything he's in just even better. Like I, especially in reboot, um, you know, the scene where Johnny Knoxville's having a hard time and Paul Reiser's trying to find different ways. And then he just, he just hugs the guy. Like that, that's what sealed it for me. But for me, Paul Reiser definitely was to stand out this year from the three things that I saw him in this year, which is the boys, Stranger Things, but reboot. So yeah, Paul Reiser is my Tupperware winner of the year. Question for you guys. Favorite Paul Reiser performance? Go Aliens for me. Aliens, yeah. He's like the greatest fucking heel in that movie. Yes. Yeah, I don't know if it's new toy syndrome, but it's it's a reboot. Oh, uh, over aliens? Man, I've seen aliens so long ago, man. You uh, need to fix that. You need to yeah, fix that. That needs to be remedied ago. right now, dude. I just look at Paul Reiser from Reboot and like I wish you were my dad right now going through all of this stuff. Hmm, man, so, I don't yeah, know. maybe on a rewatch of uh Aliens. Oh, it's so, he's so good. For me, good. it has to be the legend in the boys. It was so off the wall. Like, I just couldn't believe that that, that was Paul Reiser doing that. It was fantastic. Yeah, I think the only acceptable answer is aliens, though. Me and Jake are correct. <laughs> right, Jake, wouldn't you agree? 
Yeah, I don't think anything even that's like another tier above everything else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like he's just like, oh man, I can't think of. He's like the perfect James Cameron bad guy that you just want to reach through your TV and punch in the face. I mean, I think like that's the role that that made him get these other roles. Like that's like that's the that's the benchmark, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's I, he'll forever be one of the greatest fucking movie heels of all time to me. Yeah, like it's hard for me. Like I couldn't even watch Mad About You because it's like this guy's supposed to be lovable. I hate this guy. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like my two dads. It's like I don't want to see him taking care of a child. Yeah, he's going to fuck up. He's, yeah, he's going to turn that child into the government. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've watched Aliens since like maybe like the 90s. What I, the I fuck? Yeah, that's oh, what it's I been a long before. time, man. I don't remember him being the bad guy. That's oh, my like, God. Movie. Oh, boy. oh, this is oh, this is this hurts me like that. You guys are on this episode now. No, 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 no. That is off the table. It's only judgment free on your on your nominations and picks. Everything else we can judge the shit on. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, may God have mercy. May God have mercy on your fucking souls. Jesus. <laughs> Don't bother with the special edition either. Well, just watch the theatrical cut of Aliens. Uh, it's yeah, remedy that shit. You guys need to watch that I'm next time. Vecna it. It's going to be my Vecna subscri- prescription tonight. Oh, they're going to. You know watch what, J- Jake? They're going to come back and they're still going to stick with their fucking bullshit choices. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what. If it wasn't Aliens, I don't remember what they said. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I enjoyed. You forgot. I know. It's like, yeah, I don't get it, man. It's so. (laughs) Uh, It was his role as Miles Teller's dad in Whiplash. Thank you. Mm. Now, Paul's just on fucking. Paul's just on IMDb right now. I'm not on IMDb. I promise. (laughs) Get out of here. Get out of here. That was a false promise. No. Trying to rack my mind. I could only think of Red Oaks and then. Whiplash. You could, oh that. god! You almost gave me whiplash when you gave your bullshit answer. You're, <laughs> my neck almost snapped. Your neck almost snapped. <laughs> <laughs> and then Joe follows it up with some either some worse bullshit. <laughs> what did Joe say? Say so his role in the boys. In the boys season. He was great. That. that was fucking great. Over over aliens, but it's like it's like oh it's like I haven't had the time in the past thirty years to watch aliens. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't fitted into my fucking busy schedule. I just watched Aliens. I watched Me too. Alien one and, I watch Alien one and two every December for like the last twenty plus years. That's awesome, Jake. Seriously, that's that's fucking awesome. Like, I want to kick Joe and Paul off the episode right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't seen Alien three for twenty years. Sure. <laughs> I get it. I I understand no, I, that. I, I might put it off another 20, 30 years watching it just to fucking spite you. Uh, oh yeah, you do that. You 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 deny yourself that amazing performance of Paul Reiser in in fucking Aliens just just to prove a point, Joe. Just prove you little fuck a point. <laughs> Delete it from my Apple library right now. 
Oh my god. <laughs> favorite Paul I asked the question, favorite Paul Reiser performance, and I get his performance in reboot and legend in boys. I'm like, what the <laughs> That was a trick question. There really was There's one answer. answer. There's one fucking answer. Oh my god, you gave me such a fucking Gen Z answer. Jesus Christ. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> go listen to your, go listen to your fucking K-pop and play Fortnite fuckers. <laughs> Make a TikTok video about I don't know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I went, Jake, we went hard, bro. I'm changing my male actor of the year to Paul Reiser for Aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it this year. It counts. Uh, <laughs> hey, Jake, remember that moment where you wanted to become a man? You did it today, buddy. Oh, I can't sing the song. Now you're a man, a man, man, man. You are now a man. You're a man. Jake's a fucking man. I'm eating a cheeseburger off my fucking erect dick right this second. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. It's a a fucking, you know what? It's a double quarter pounder, buddy. (laughs) Fucking uh, Joe and Paul over there with the fucking Happy Meal. (laughs) 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 Fucking Paul's over there with a fucking slider. (laughs) (laughs) The apple slices instead of fries. Apple slices. (laughs) 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 He's got the he's got the milk in the cardboard carton. (laughs) (laughs) no paul's just over there fucking the milk he's sucking the milk straight out of a tit (laughs) 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 he's fucking mixing up infamil powder (laughs) no shit (laughs) how's your formula paul you need to speak up. I, I, no, I can't even hear what you're saying right now. Oh, sorry. Unless sorry. you're talking about how fucking Paul Reiser's best performance was in Aliens. I don't know. I can't hear anything you're fucking saying. <laughs> this went from the from being the toughies to a fucking roast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even I don't remember whose fucking turn it is. Oh Paul went Joe's, Joe's turn. There you go, Joe. It's, it's all you. <laughs> all right. Uh my first uh honorable mention for male actor of the year. Joe I I, I, I I literally just pictured Joe crossing out Paul Reiser for his performance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to bring that. Uh, yeah, he's like, <laughs> we've crossed this bridge. <laughs> <laughs> now, my first honorable mention is uh, Ashton Kutcher from Vengeance. Uh, just an outstanding performance in that. Oh, he yeah. doesn't have a huge role in it, but man, what he's in, when he's in it, he's in it. He's good, man. That's well-deserved. Uh, my next honorable mention is a- Aaron Taylor Johnson in Bullet Train. I think I was like 
three quarters of the way through that movie before I put together who he was. Like he, I felt like he disappeared into that role so well. And, and then with like the, the new announcements that they're courting him to be the next James Bond, hundred percent on board for that. Everybody who's saying, I can't see him as James Bond. I have a feeling that they have not watched this movie. Yeah. Isn't without he, a uh, doubt. Playing Von Eric. Is that him? I, th- Oh no, that's, that's, else. that's Zach Efron. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And I think Jeremy Allen White from the bear is going to be another one of the Von Eric's. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, My next honorable mention is Tom Cruise from Top Gun Maverick. I mean, the guy's just a fucking maniac of an actor. And and it really came through in that performance. Uh, The next one is Alexander Skarsgård from The Northman. The dude absolutely sold me that he was a Viking, (laughs) a Viking berserker in Mm -hmm. that. I mean, from the from the opening scene all the way to the closing scene, he was just dynamite in that movie. Uh, my my last honorable mention is Anthony Starr playing Homelander and the boys. I mean, just the guy's phenomenal. He the way that he can turn in an unhinged performance is it's just epic. I absolutely buy it. Um, my silver goes to Paul Walter Hauser from Blackbird. I'd previously think I'd only maybe seen him as what was he like Stingray in in um, yes. Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea that the guy had the range that he had to play this serial killer that was was in Blackbird. It was an absolutely chilling performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my number two goes to Miles Teller, uh, both for um, – I'm totally blanking on it uh, – The Offer and for Top Gun Maverick. I thought to, to have him put in two incredible performances – in both TV and movie in a year. Like Miles Teller went from somebody that was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, I know who he is to like, wow, he really blew me away. And I, I didn't know that, that he had that sort of range to be able to do that. And uh, my number one for male actor of the year is John Turturro. And that's another one where he blew me away both in severance in a TV series and in the Batman as, um, Oh my God. Falcone. Yeah. Falcone. I mean, just two very different performances too. I mean, you talk about a guy with range. I've seen John Turturro do all sorts of wild things over the years and he really blew me away in 2022. Um, can't wait to see what we're going to get from him out of, out of the next season of severance too. Uh, cause we really only got one side of his character in severance. And I have a, a feeling that in season two, they're going to open it up and we're going to see more sides of him in that. And very excited to to see what's going to come with him. Joe, I kept thinking, like, what if one of these Audis, like, and I was thinking John Turturro specifically, like, what if you find out, like, he's fucking, like, a serial killer or some shit? <laughs> Dude, I hadn't even thought of an angle like that. That'd be insane. I mean, look at, like, the dark paintings that he's making. I'm like, there's definitely, like, a dark side to this guy. Um, oh, there's there's something going on with his Audi. Yes, that, that for sure they're going to be getting into that in the next season. And I know it's like the paint bleeding through and the actual, you know, his any, but it's like Are uh, you talking about belly buttons. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what we're talking about. But no, John Turturro had an Audi. Never mm-hmm. would have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> he has an any and an Audi. It's something. <laughs> <laughs> 
Whoa. Uh, <laughs> oh, that room. I need to do. I need to like. I, I need to have like a like a to do list on my fridge, and like one of those things is like to check for belly button lint, which is like. <laughs> You know, because I don't do that enough, and I know it's probably getting crusty in there. Don't you think? So Brian has an innie. Yeah, I got an innie. I got an innie. <laughs> I got an I don't have one of those Cabbage Patch Kid Audis. I've got an innie. <laughs> I need to take, like, what are those like those aerosol cans that you used to, like, spray, like, the keyboards? I need to, like, blast my innie with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Shoot some into your iPhone. Shoot some into your belly button. Yeah. I. Oh, God. Ugh. You're just washing everything in the shower except for your belly button. You're like, this is a no soap zone. No soap zone. <laughs> it's a very deep innie. <laughs> you could fuck my innie. <laughs> <laughs> That's got to be a genre of porn. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. There we go. Uh, it's Jake's turn. Yeah, male actor of the year. I'm going to give my bronze tuppy to Matt Smith for uh, Damon Targaryen from House of the Dragon. Oh, I thought you were um, going to say his performance in Morbius. <laughs> right? No, no. I I mean, he was the best part. He of was. Morbius. Yeah. He was the best part of it. I mean, I the the guy that took the clip on YouTube and made it so he's having to dance off with Tobey Maguire from Spider-Man 3, that was a stroke of genius. That <laughs> clip will forever cracked me up. <laughs> Mm. Oh, I have to look that up. I've not seen it. <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I just I had to, he was so great, and I he has had so many bad roles ever since like leaving Doctor Who. It's just mm-hmm. been one shit role after another. Terminator. I yeah, I felt so bad for the guy. I'm glad he was so perfect in this role. He was such a fucking smug piece of shit asshole villain in in this role. He he was just so good. So fucking swarmy, so fucking great. He was good in um, Last Night in Soho. Oh, he was good in Last Night in Soho. Yeah. It, it was kind of very, like, vanilla, though. Like, you know, he. it wasn't something I really took notice of. It wasn't bad. But, no, but it was. Yeah, I get it. Like, he, he was he was better than serviceable, but he wasn't, like, standout, right? So Yeah, and it feels like that was kind of what was called for. In, the, in that role. So so I get it. Like, he wasn't trying to, like, steal the seeds or anything from everything else going on. But, but yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to give my silver to um, Daniel Kaluuya from, uh, from Nope. I You know, I, a lot of people complained about his performance in this movie. Um, I just thought it was so good. He was so reserved. And there was so much going on just in his facial expressions. And, like, it was – the acting performance – that didn't deal with like dialogue and words like so much of it was unspoken and you learned so much about this character from just his mannerisms and the way he acted. And I, I've never quite seen anything like it. I, it really just like wowed me what he did with that role. I I thought he was the best. I thought he was the best actor in the movie. I agree. I agree with that. It was so good. I've seen so many detractors of him in that movie though, that it was like, you know, understated and not good. And like, he wasn't even trying. I feel like those people completely missed the point of the performance that he was given in that movie. Uh, so good. Um, I'm going to give my gold to Daniel Craig this year um, for his return as Benoit Blanc in uh, glass onion. I thought he took the character to the next level. 
Um, I, he definitely gets a lot more screen time in this movie than, than he did in the last movie. And I thought it was well-deserved. I mean, just his delivery of dialogue. I, I completely forget that this guy was James Bond instantly while watching these movies. Um, just I, I read interviews with Batista, who actually worked on them on, you know, James Bond and Knives Out. And he said he was like a completely different person from one movie to the next. And he, he couldn't believe that it was the same guy when he was working with them. And I, he just gives his all in everything he does. I don't know if you guys have seen the, the viral alcohol commercial that's making the rounds that he was he was part of in the last few weeks where he's dancing around in the hotel and in the elevator and everything. Uh, I forget what kind of alcohol it's for, but he is so great in that commercial. I actually saw the commercial before I saw Glass Onion. And thought it was like someone was showing me clips from Glass Onion. And I kept waiting for that scene when I was watching Glass Onion. I was like, oh, shit, that's not even in the movie. Um, but, yeah, got to give it to Daniel Craig. He, he was just so fucking good in Glass Onion. Can't wait to see more. Um, there's been lots of news this week, too, about uh, a lot of people want Knives Out to do a Muppet movie. Have you guys seen all this stuff going around this week? Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Johnson actually said that he... he he liked the idea. It wouldn't be Knives Out 3, but he was completely open to possibly doing that idea in the future. And uh, Daniel Craig also said he would love to do a uh, Muppets version of the Knives Out franchise. And I, I think that would just be fantastic. So giving it to Daniel Craig this year. Yeah, I, I think if they could, I think they, if if Ryan Johnson was behind it, I think I'd even watch that. So. Yeah, yeah. I think the key to that movie is like you play it straight. Yes, like, obviously it, there's Muppets in there, but Daniel Craig is never like treating them any differently than just anyone else in any other Knives Out movie. Right. Yeah. You have to be like Michael Caine as Scrooge, pretty much like that type of performance with the Muppets. Oh, I thought Charles. Exactly. I thought Charles Grodin was incredible with the Muppets, the way he worked with them. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Male actor. I'm. I've got. A, I've got quite a few honorable mentions. Uh, Jason Bateman in Ozark. Um, Ali Shulatan as Carlton Banks in Bel Air. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, Alan Richson uh, in Reacher. Um, I've got Ben Foster in The Survivor. Uh, Miles Tell Miles Teller as Al Ruddy in the Offer, and um, uh, Jason Clark as Jerry West in Winning Time. Uh, you, what's that, Paul? What a great choice! Yeah, he was so good in that. Um, Eugenio Derbez uh, in the Valet. Like I love Eugenio Derbez. The guy fucking the Valet should not have been as good as it was. It just should not have been, and it was just so charming and wonderful. Uh, John C. Riley as uh, Jerry Buss in Winning Time. Uh, Giovanni Ribisi as Joe Colombo in The Offer. Matthew Good as uh, Robert Evans in The Offer. Uh, Paul Walter Hauser as Larry Hall in Blackbird. Uh, I've got uh, Jeremy Allen White in The Bear. Uh, Joe, you'll appreciate this one. Boyd Holbrook in Vengeance. Yeah. Uh, I loved his performance. He was so good in that movie. Um, Billy Eichner in Bros. I loved Bros. I thought it was just a fantastic movie, and I thought Billy Eichner 
Um, I think that movie should have gotten a lot more butts and seats in the theater. It's sad that it just didn't uh, take off, and it's it's a fantastic movie. Uh, Ray Fiennes in the menu, uh, and uh, Tom Cruise for Maverick and Top Gun Maverick. So those are my honorable mentions. Number three, Anthony Starr as Homelander in The Boys. I love, I just, I love it. I, lo- I just love that guy. He's just, I don't know. There's nobody else I can see in that role. And he's just, we've, I, we've sucked his dick dry this episode. And <laughs> <laughs> how many award shows do you listen to where they say that, Joe? Yeah. It's balls are shooting powdered milk about now. Yeah. No shit. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. My silver is going to go to Brian O'Halloran in Clerks 3. I don't know if you guys have seen Clerks 3, but he put... Oh, yeah. God damn it. He puts on a fucking clinic. He is... an emotional performance. Very, very. Like, yeah. Uh, He's brought to tears. I was brought to tears. It was fucking just an incredible performance from Brian O'Halloran. And and, uh, I think uh, the perfect way to end... The Clerks Trilogy. And my number one goes to Brendan Fraser in The Whale. Like, I don't, I can't, I can't talk too much about this movie because I know it just came out, but my God, he is, oh, this movie fucking, uh, I'll talk about it later. So it, it's, it's very good. And his performance is just outstanding. Um, I don't, I'm sure, I, I hope he's in talks for, you know, best actor he should be. And, um, it's, it's, he's definitely in talks for it. Yeah. It's quite the performance. Um, and who, who, I think James Corden turned down the role and who was the other guy that turned down the role? A couple guys turned down the role before it dropped to Brendan Fraser. And I'm glad that they turned it down. So, cause he was great. Let's jump into, we got two more categories left. We've got comic book movie of the year. Pop culture leftovers. Best comic book movie of the year. Big man in a suit armor. Take that away. What are you? Genius, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. (laughs) Why are you here? There must be a reason for you to be here. Yes. I'm here to fight for truth and justice in the American way. I'd like you to do me a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about me. What are you? I'm Batman. Paul, give me your comic book movies of the year. Yeah, no honorable mentions. I I got, you know, uh, I got my bronze, which is going to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Just had so much fun with it. Uh, It was really fun going to the different multiverses and, you know, seeing wanda be the bad you know be the villain of the movie and i just had a blast with it um and just that whole fight scene using like music was just thought it was so inventive uh my silver goes to black panther wakanda forever just super emotional super i mean it was such a such a hard task almost an impossible task to pick it up after Chadwick left us, but 
Coogler and the whole cast pulled it off and it's just it's just a fantastic movie but my uh winner for comic book movie of the year is Matt Reeves the Batman I mean I just thought that it was it was like reading the Scott Snyder uh zero year comic all over again uh we just get Batman at his roots we get to see the detective work we, I mean, you know, the Riddler gives one hell of a performance. Catwoman was just, it was so good. Uh, the, the car chase scene alone. I mean, it was a very long movie, but it just, it really, it really did a fantastic job of reintroducing us to Batman and with Robert Pattinson just really sinking his teeth into the role of, uh, of the Batman and a little bit of Bruce Wayne. All right, uh, Joe, what do you got? Uh, yeah, my, my list is identical to Paul's. <laughs> I've got, <laughs> I've got Multiverse of Madness in the three spot and Black Panther Wakanda Forever in the silver spot. And then my number one was the Batman. Um, yeah, I, I had been looking forward to that Batman movie coming out and it did not disappoint for me. Batman is, he was kind of my, my intro into, like comics and superheroes and everything into that movie. It just, it felt like a graphic novel come to life and absolutely loved it. I loved the way they portrayed Gotham in it. It had my favorite Batmobile. Um, couldn't believe that that was Colin Farrell as the, the penguin. Uh, I, I can't wait to see where that's going to go next with it. And from, from all the leaks and stuff that's been coming out sounds like it's not really going to be messed with by by gun and saffron so i'm i'm really excited to to see where matt reeves is going to take that in the next uh movie i believe the colin farrell penguin show starts filming any week now too oh yeah i almost forgot about that that's exciting jake what do you got comic book movie of the year I have the same three movies that Joe and Paul have, but in a different order. I wonder what the first one, uh, your number one pick could be. I just don't know. You're probably wrong. Um, Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to give the bronze to the Batman. Um, You know, you guys have said it all. Absolutely loved it. I'll never forget. I saw this movie with Brian in the theater opening night, and I'll never forget how much my seat was fucking shaking during that Batmobile chase scene. God damn. I mean, holy shit. I was just – it gave me goosebumps. Um, I'm going to give the silver to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I I assume that's what you thought I was going to give my number one to. Yeah. Yeah, I I wanted to. I I mean, that's – in a perfect world, I would have, but I, I have to give the gold to Wakanda Forever. Uh, no comic book movie pulled my emotional strings more than this movie. It was such a, a weird experience seeing this movie and how I didn't want to at first, and then I ended up seeing it and just fell in love with it. Um, can't wait till it's on Disney Plus so I can watch it three or four more times. Um, yeah, Wakanda Forever. I mean, and like you guys said, like what a hard job Coogler had to do to even make this like, and you know, an intelligible movie in the first place. Like it was just, everything got ripped from under him. He was still able to make just such a masterpiece out of it. I got to give it to Wakanda forever. I wanted to give it to strange too, but I just couldn't, it wouldn't have been honest if I would have. 
Okay. Um, I have, uh, I have three. I don't have any honorable mentions or anything. Um, and I'm going to give all three to Morbius. I just, there is no, (laughs) it's Morbin time. It's Morbin time. There's no other movie other than Morbius for me this year. It was the, it was the year of the Morb. Um, no, in all honesty, uh, in the third spot, I'm going to give it to DC League of Super Pets. I, lo- I loved it. I had such a blast with that movie. Um, and so it, I, it, it's fun. I believe you can watch it on HBO Max and it's just a blast. Um, very funny and, uh, absolutely loved it. Um, number two is going to go to Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, movie surprised me. Um, I knew I was going to get emotional during it, but uh, I didn't know I was going to love the movie as much as I did. I, I thought I was going to walk out of there being like, oh, it's a taste it or a high taste it. But um, it was a Tupperware for me. I loved it. And my number one is going to go to The Batman. I uh, yeah, I, 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 I loved this movie so much. Um, um, Zoe Kravitz, Robert Pattinson, John Turturro, Colin Farrell. Paul Dano, they all just put on amazing performances, and I can't wait for the next movie. I just want Pattinson to fucking hit the hit the gym. Um, but uh, other than that, it's it's a it's a great fucking movie. So it's definitely the Batman. Let's move on into our movie of the year. This is the final category, people. Pop culture leftovers movie. Of the year. Kind of just want to listen to that song and do something. Yeah. Do, I want to listen to that song and then and then do something with my life, Jake. Is it too late for that, Jake? I, I I've, you know I recently turned forty five. I think I'm, I'm past my prime, Jake. I've, I've done nothing pushing, with my pushing life. Pushing fifty. Pushing fifty. <laughs> Honestly, that song should make me cry. You know. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm really not. I'm not the best around. You know. It's a, it's a, that song's a constant reminder of like, you're a huge let down and everything fucking knocked you down. <laughs> you know, like I'm the opposite of that Chumbawamba song, you know, like I get knocked down and that, that's where the song ends for me. <laughs> just and then I stay down. No, it just ends. Like it starts and it ends. I get knocked down. <laughs> End of song. <laughs> right there's no no, get- whi- no whiskey drinks no vodka yeah no whiskey drinks no vodka drinks no cider drinks no lager drinks none of it jake <laughs> i like how you said lager. <laughs> <laughs> you get your whiskey drink you get your <laughs> you drink your lager drink you drink your cider drink anyway yeah no no there's been i've done a lot of drinking but i can't really put that up as to me being the best around i'm not even the best at drinking jake (laughs) no neither am i (laughs) yeah if you are yeah god i'm a 
I'm a disappointment. No. <laughs> you need to get on that date with Martha Stewart. That'll make you feel young. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, remember that movie, My Date with Drew, where the guy wanted to go on a date with Drew Barrymore? I need to do a My Date with Martha, but we got to film it within the next year because she could be dead soon. <laughs> <laughs> She's 81, guys. Come on. Let's not kid ourselves. Let's. We got to get production rolling. Looks great for 81, though. Yeah, like the, I finally get the date, and it's at her fucking wake, you know. No, guys, on the date. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just me crawling in the coffin with her. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it plays out to the "You're the best." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And they just roll credits. <laughs> moments later, he was arrested. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Uh, yeah, they do that that whole like the end of Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and they show me. <laughs> they show me getting arrested with my pants down around my ankles. <laughs> anyway, this is weird. Paul, movie of the year. Oh, man. So, yeah, I, I got some honorable mentions. And I do – I have to put a huge asterisk to this uh, first one because in no way is it a good – I mean, I, I gave it a Tupperware, but I, I've, I've rewatched and rewatched. But this movie is one of my favorites mainly because of what happened, like kind of how it shaped my school year. And I'm one of my honorable mentions is Love and Thunder just because of – kind of how the podcast and you guys helped get it. So I kind of been in some contact with Hemsworth and all of that. I mean, it's by no means a great movie or some would even not even say it's a good movie, but just I'll always think of Thor love and thunder and think of the 2022, 2023 school year. And that makes perfect sense, Paul. If I had your experience, I'd have it on my list too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was just, uh, it's, it's just a movie that will always mean so much to me. But um, now, uh, other honorable mentions, I had Jackass Forever. Like, I seen that in the theater. Oh, I mean, so good. I've seen, God, I've seen every, I mean, the first three I saw opening night, like back when you actually went midnight and got in line so you could get a good seat. Yeah. Like, I, man, it just... And you know, like uh, the Jackass Forever point five on Netflix is. It, I'm not usually a fan of those, but this one was so good. It really goes into like how much it like how much of a hole was left after Ryan Dunn passed away. Um, so it gets it gets pretty emotional. Um, I did. I I enjoyed the hell out of the unbearable weight of massive talent. Um, you know, a chance to see Nicolas Cage make out with himself. That's pretty fucking great. I'll take it every day, man. Um, I, uh, I got bullet train on here. Fucking, I had so much fun with bullet train that movie. I did it. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kicking myself for not seeing it in the theater. Yeah. What I, the fuck, I Paul? Just, I am a piece of shit. I know. You know, suck. What the but, fuck? <laughs> Like what? If, like what if the rest of the episode is just like you guys trying to get your lists out and me still saying what the fuck, Paul, <laughs> over the bullet train thing? 
<laughs> like, 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 I don't even. <laughs> the last words of this podcast are just like, "What the fuck, Paul?" <laughs> um, I absolutely loved Good Night Oppie. Um, that is uh, one we reviewed on the show, the documentary. Yeah, it was great. I, I just oh, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, um, the Adam Project, I fucking adored that movie. I thought that movie had so many great throwbacks to Back to the Future and even, you know, like the sci-fi movies when we were kids. And it was great watching that with my kids. Had a blast watching Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in theaters. That's an honorable mention. What um, the fuck, Paul? You didn't see Bullet Train in the theater? No, I did not. We right. <laughs> <laughs> let just enough time go by. That was good. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and then my last honorable mention is Fresh. I knew nothing going into that movie with Sebastian Stan and fucking – you know, uh, it takes you about 30 minutes for you to realize what the hell is going on. And once you do, it is just – it is fucking crazy. It's got the twists and turns. Take me back to Christmas Eve. Um, so How my- many twists <laughs> – would you say there's more twists than um, – just go ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Paul. Sorry. I think we got a 59% to a – At least you answered it with the fucking correct answer. I got Jake over there thinking he's fucking educating everybody. Just trying to help out. <laughs> I want to guess Paul's movie of the year before he gets to his goal. Oh my god, I've I've been belligerent this episode. <laughs> Just what like what's the percentage of belligerence I've given this episode, Jake? I'd say only 35. 35. I'm at 35% belligerence. Okay. Oh. I'll take it. Whatever. Pump it up. And yeah, I need to pump those numbers up. You know what I mean? Like, I need to give that speech <laughs> that fucking Matthew McConaughey did in The Wolf of Wall Street. You know, when I start hitting my chest. I got to pump up those numbers, right? <laughs> anyway. You want to take a guess, Jake? You have. I'll wait till you get there. Okay. Um, for number, uh, for my bronze, I have, uh, man, this one, I've, I've said it enough about this movie, but I got Violent Night mm. at number three, just fucking obsessed. I, uh, John Leguizamo was great. Just, I mean, I've said enough about it. Um, number two is, uh, the silver is, uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Um, again, we've said enough about this movie. It was just, I love seeing Benoit Blanc back in a new location. I love the cameos. I think the, um, you know, just like even to see just a little bit of his personal life just for a little bit was just it was they're bringing so much more to this franchise. And I cannot wait for part three. And then um, my uh, winner for movie of the year. Do I get my guess? Yes, go for it. It's going to be the Dear Billy episode of Stranger Things. (laughs) (laughs) No shit. (laughs) Oh, man. No, no. It is is good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, You know, I think we – I mean the movie is so powerful. It takes such a taboo subject of uh, sex work and – just gives it so much more meaning and relevance. 
and you know the pause like you know why a character like Emma Thompson would uh, would go down you know looking for that I don't know why I said go down looking for that <laughs> when talking about this um that sounded but, like uh, like a blowjob there Paul yeah yeah no that's yeah that's why I, I I regretted saying it um but yeah just two fantastic performers two fat two fantastic performances I mean, it's pretty much just them. And then at the end, I think we get like a waitress for a couple minutes. But it's it's literally just those two. You know, we're really finding out a lot about each each of their own personal lives and their personal reasons for why they're in that hotel room and how they're just helping each other out. And it's got one of the most powerful ending scenes to a movie I've ever seen in a long time. So yeah, my, my winner is good luck to you, Leo Grand. Man, you love that movie of that old lady fucking that young boy. Yeah, I did. I really did. He's not a young he's not a boy, he's a young man. <laughs> he's, a, he's a young, young man. <laughs> now you're a young man fucking an old lady. Now you're a young man. <laughs> You better keep an eye out for Paul whenever you and Martha Stewart get together. No shit, man. The corner. (laughs) I know he might. No, 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 no. My my old lady crush is Maggie Smith. Who's Maggie Smith? Professor McGonagall. (laughs) That's that's yours. (laughs) I mean, it was Sophia from uh, Golden Girls, but she's gone. Oh my God, Paul! Those are horrible choices. Oh my god, might as well just pick B. Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh man. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not get into this. I, I was gonna go around I was gonna go around and ask which, you know. <laughs> so Joe. <laughs> Joe has to pick a golden girl. <laughs> no, no, no. Just like which, which, uh, which uh, lady up in her years? How do I say? I, what, lady, what woman in her golden years would you? I, I want. I mean, I feel like everyone's given an answer except Joe. I kind of want to hear it now. No, who is yours, Jake? I said Catherine O'Hara. Okay, okay, okay. Does that does that go back to like the old SCTV days on now, or, or is it for like, sure? For sure, it's been an attraction my whole life. Yeah, it's never changed. Jake was Jake was watching Home Alone. He just wants to bang Kevin's mom. A hundred percent. That's <laughs> yeah. not even a joke. <laughs> <laughs> not even a joke, Joe. If it's not going to get you in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Angela Bassett. Ah, oh, Joe. Mm. Yeah, Joe. Joe was watching that Tina Turner movie back in the day. <laughs> yeah, Joe wants himself a little bit of Proud Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Joe said, "I got that big wheel that's gonna keep on turning." <laughs> Proud Mary, keep on burning. Oh man. It's getting hot. Anyway. Joe, is it your turn? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so my first honorable mention is Bullet Train. Um, 
that was the first rated R movie that I took my my older son to in the theater, and we had such a great time with it. It's just such a bombastic, fun movie. Got great action in it. Lots of really funny stuff in it as well. The performances are really good. And it just lays this really cool little a bit of world building in it with these different assassins and and everything. And um, uh, my other honorable mention is Vengeance. Uh, I went into that movie not even having seen a trailer for it. It was just something that was on the list. And it was getting – I think it had like kind of some limited – theaters around the country and it happened to be playing near me and so just went into it and the movie absolutely blew me away it's got great performances in it it's got a a really really good story of this what is he is he he's like a journalist he goes down to texas because he finds out that that uh one of his kind of hookup buddies had had been murdered and so he goes down there with this intention of making a podcast to to cover the whole thing. And then in the pro the process of this podcast and investigating it, it starts to mean more to him. And the movie's just incredible. Um, my third place goes to the menu. This was a movie that the, the trailers gave me just enough to, to just want to go in and see what this was. And I love dark comedies and this absolutely fits the bill for a dark comedy. And it's kind of pointing out all the different people in like the food world with, you know, high end restaurants and everything. And the way that that it tears that all apart, is it's it's fantastic. I, I loved Nicholas Holt's character in it. And the the whole arc that he goes throughout it is fantastic. I loved um, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy in it and Ray Fiennes. Just I, I just watched the movie again, I think maybe two nights ago with my wife, and she hadn't seen it before. And man, it absolutely held up for me. Love that movie. I see it as being one that I'm going to go back and revisit time and time again. Um, my number two spot goes to Glass Onion. I absolutely loved Knives Out and was really looking forward to the sequel, and it didn't disappoint me in the least. Um, uh, another great ensemble cast and... Of of course, Daniel Craig is Benoit Blanc. He's <laughs> he's probably my new favorite detective. Like I just I I love this guy, and I want to. I hope I hope he continues doing these movies. Um, if he stops at just three, I I think I would be sad about that. I I think that it's the sort of character that could have some real longevity, and as long as he can just keep coming up with interesting scenarios to put him in. You know, I'll be there to see it. Over Enola Holmes. Yes. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow, Joe. That's just that's just a, a fun little thing for me. It's this is not Enola Holmes is not gonna end up on any list. <laughs> okay, all right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh oh wow. Millie Bobby Brown's great in that role though. Um love all the fourth <laughs> wall breaks. It's so charming. Uh but my number one movie of the year was Top Gun Maverick. Uh, it was it was an incredible theater experience. And it was one of those movies to where after I saw it, everybody I talked to for like the month afterwards, I was like, have you seen Top Gun Maverick yet? You must go see it in the theater. And then get like, oh, I don't like seeing things in the theater. I don't give a fuck. This is a movie you have to see in the theater. Go see it on the biggest screen with the best sound system possible. And 
Man, for for a, a sequel that came in so many years after the first one, it managed to not only be relevant, but like still a very, very good, entertaining movie. One of the best theater experiences I've ever had. Awesome. Awesome choices. Still shocked about Enola Holmes getting beat out by Benoit Blanc. <laughs> <laughs> it, did Enola Holmes 2 come out? It that- did. Oh, Joe watched it, man. I yeah. did. It was really good. Yeah. Better than the first? Uh it's it's right up there with it. It's really good. It it picks up and it picks up the 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 narrative like really nicely to where at the beginning of the second one she's starting her own detective agency and uh she gets a uh her kind of her first case to go on her own and then throughout the course of it finds out that it's also the same case that her brother's working on so then she teams up with Sherlock, which is fantastic. And I love Henry Cavill also. He plays a great Sherlock Holmes in that. Jake, did you really give a fuck? I was going to say, that had to be worse than me explaining twists and turns. (laughs) 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 I was was just thinking, like, did Jake really care about that answer? If if season two was better than season one? Well, if he didn't (laughs) care, then I hope he learned a valuable lesson. I did care. I, I'm very anti-sequel for the most part, so I was curious if it was better. Yeah. All right, Jake, what do you got? Movie of the year. All right, uh, let me do some honorable mentions first. I'm going to give an honorable mention to Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, you know, big Lonely Island fan. I, I love what they did with this movie. All the cameos, the the ugly Sonic of it all. Just fucking hilarious to me. Uh, I'm going to give another honorable mention to a movie that just really surprised me at how much I, I loved it this year, and that's Baby Assassins. Um, yeah, I mean, just I did not expect to give two shits about this movie. I've watched it twice this year. It's just so fucking good, so fucking charming. I, I just love these two characters so much. Um, another honorable mention goes to Prey. Uh, you guys have talked a lot about it already. You know, we didn't think we needed another Predator movie. We didn't think they could make another good Predator movie. And yeah, wow, they sure did. Uh, I'm going to give another honorable mention to The Northman. Uh, I just had so much fun with that movie. Just just a spectacle. Um, I got the menu on my list as well for honorable mentions. And that's going to lead me up to my, my three winners. I'm going to give the bronze tuppy to... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, This is the movie I saw the most times in the theater in the year 2022. I saw this three times in the theater. I liked it more every time I I saw it. I've watched it once at home already. Um, Yeah, it's just such a fucking fun, charming, heartwarming movie. I I just couldn't get enough of it. Um, I'm going to give my silver tuppy to glass onion i I just saw glass onion last week um i didn't know what i was going to think of this movie it seemed like it was going to be impossible to follow up knives out in my head i still can't decide which movie i like better um honestly one of my favorite movies of all time is the 1980s clue movie and i feel like this movie i mean it even kind of name drops clue a bunch of times you know making fun of it but i feel like it's definitely in some ways an homage to that movie. Like you, you can just kind of feel the seeds of uh, the eighties clue movie in this movie. And uh, man, I just liked it so fucking much. I, I can't wait to see what the cast is for the third movie, what he's going to do. It feels like every time it's going to be even harder to follow up the previous movie. So I, I just don't know what's going to go on with this franchise. Um, Favorite performance in glass onion. 
I, I, Janelle Monet. Oh, you said that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. She was so good. I mean, I don't want to go into spoilers or anything, but, but yeah, I, she was, good. I thought everyone was really good though. I, I don't, I don't know who I couldn't tell you who the worst performance in that movie was. I would say the most underused is probably uh, what's her name? Is it is uh, Jess? Is it Henwick? Jessica Henwick? Yeah, she and, didn't have much to do, and but, then I, I, she was still good. And I still think Catherine Hahn. They didn't like really give her enough, in my opinion. Oh, I thought Catherine Hahn was fantastic. I thought you movie. would. I, I loved her. Role. I didn't think that she stood out, honestly. Mm, yeah. Um, my movie of the year, I mean, this is, this is a Jake pick. This is my favorite movie of the year. I know no one else is going to agree with me on this. A little bit of a controversial pick probably, but I'm giving my Tupperware of the year to Al, the weird, the Al Yankovic story. I, this is one of those movies that for the rest of my life, I'll probably just keep watching and watching and watching. Uh, it gets funnier every time I watch it. I, I just fucking love this movie so much. I, Eric Appel just knocked it out of the park with this one. Um, yeah, it's a shame I didn't get to see this in the theater. If they ever put this in the theater, I'll be first in line to see it. You're not a man anymore, Jake. Um, <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> you, you, I, had do, I had to do it. I've regretted not giving Popstar the award my whole life. I couldn't make the mistake a second time. Yeah, God forbid. Um, you're just stripped of your manhood, though. Um, it's fine. No, it's these are our choices, so I can't. Uh, I can't come down. Uh, my half-eaten cheeseburger just fell off my limp dick. Yeah, no shit. You're flaccid. <laughs> you're flaccid joke of a cock. <laughs> All right, let's see here. I have a, a bunch of honorable mentions here that I'm going to blast through. Uh, the tender bar. Uh, the rescue, which I talked about earlier, this next one is, uh, I loved it. This was one of my favorite theatrical experiences of this year. Um, it was the movie, the fallout about those two girls on top of that tower. It is just to see that on the big screen. And like, if you have a fear of heights and, uh, it was just, just an incredible movie. Watch it on the biggest screen possible if you can. Um, but I loved the fallout, such a guilty pleasure of a movie um, I mean, it's not going to show up on a lot of lists and it's showing up on mine just for like the, like the sheer terror of like, um, any, at any moment, you know, somebody could fall off this tower and these two girls stuck up on top of this tower. It was just this, just gigantic antenna. It was insane. Um, the worst person in the world. I've talked about that movie earlier. I absolutely loved it. Um, the next one I never reviewed on the show because it is political. But I'll just name drop it here. And if you want to watch it, check it out. It's called Navalny. And um, I thought it was just an incredible fucking movie. I saw it uh, in the theater. It was a one night only event. Uh, the Survivor with Ben Foster. Um, Catch the Fair One. This is one that I watched on AMC Plus. And it's about um, it's a Native American woman who is like a boxer slash MMA fighter who gets she's looking for her missing sister so she infiltrates a sex trafficking ring to find her and it is an incredible fucking movie and i loved it uh the valet with eugenia derbez absolutely love that movie uh hustle with adam sandler uh jenny slate in marcel the shell with shoes on i loved marcel the shell with shoes on it's such a charming movie uh about family about loss 
Um, beautiful movie. I fucking loved it. Paul, did you see it? I did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, didn't you take the kids to see it? I did take the kids. They loved it. Yeah. Uh, Vengeance is on my list as an honorable mention. BJ Novak, Boyd Holbrook, Ashton Kutcher. Great fucking movie. I loved it so much. What a surprise movie for me. Uh, Bullet Train. Um, Emily the Criminal with Aubrey Plaza. Absolutely loved it. Um, Don't Make Me Go. Uh, This is... I love Don't Make Me Go. Oh, God. I'd have to look up the synopsis. I don't remember. Some of these movies I have just not seen in a while. Oh, yeah. This is the John Cho movie with um, Mia Isaac, who I mentioned earlier. Um, Oh, God. Heartbreaking fucking movie. I don't know. if have, Have any of you watched it? No, I heard about it and I don't want to see it because it, it sounds was, like it's so sad. Was that Don't Make Me Go? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It's on Amazon Prime. It's so good. Uh, Bros with uh, Billy Eichner. I loved it. Prey, of course. Um, All Quiet on the Western Front. Um, this is uh, the World War One movie that dropped on Netflix recently. I thought it was just a masterpiece. A masterpiece. It's a masterclass and in um in every like directing cinematography acting it's just an incredible movie the menu uh spoiler alert uh this was one that was recently in theaters that i absolutely loved about um uh a gay couple and then one of them has a terminal illness and it just was fucking heartbreaking violent night uh knives out two glass onion um uh Avatar, The Way of Water, uh, Pearl, which is the follow-up to X, and uh, now I'm going to get into... Did I give the wrong fucking movie? Hold on. I did. I'm an idiot. The Fallout. Hold on. The Fallout is the Jenna, Jenna Ortega movie. I've got two movies Jenna Ortega, that's the... I love that. Yes, I confused two movies here, guys. I apologize. The Fallout with Jenna Ortega. And the other movie with the two girls on the tower is called Fall. So I apologize. easy mistake. Yeah, I fucked that up. But, um... Yeah. Um... Let me get into my my top three. Number three is, uh... It just hit theaters. The Whale with Brendan Fraser. Um... Oh my god, you guys have I don't I, Joe, you might not watch this. Paul, if you don't if you guys don't want to watch like the emotional movies, Jake, you should watch this, man. It is what a fucking performance. I typically hate this director. I love Did you like did you not like the the um the wrestler? It's okay. The only movie he's ever done that I've ever really liked was Mother. Oh, I hated Mother. It's terrible. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. I'm looking forward to watching the whale though. It's so good. It, it's very good. It's um I was I, I I there's there's I couldn't stop watching but I had a hard time watching certain things. You just you you basically have a guy who who's gone through some trauma and has been just eating himself to death. And 
he it, the whole movie takes place in his apartment. I don't think they leave that apartment at all because that's where like that's where he's bound to, and it is uh it was a it, it was a really hard watch for me. But I think even though it's like he's going through through that, I think there's like a there's this um it really gets into broken people and how broken people you can't fix broken people. And, um, it's very sad, but just, I was, I was brought to tears multiple times. I had a hard time watching some, some of the scenes. Um, but that's another reason why I loved it so much is because it made me feel things. And, um, I don't want to talk about it too much because it, it literally, this movie literally just came out, but it, it has some amazing performances. Brennan Frazier, um, Hong Chow, and then, um, Sadie Sink. They're all just, uh, incredible in the movie. Um, I don't know. You got, I, I, I highly recommend it. Brendan Frazier, this is the best thing I've ever seen him in. Um, unrecognizable. It's, it's, it's wild. Um, yeah. I'm trying. What are, what are the other Darren Aronofsky movies? Because I love the wrestler. I thought I, I own the uh, wrestler. He did the Fountain Requiem for a Dream. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of more movies of his. Yeah, I'm looking him up. I really enjoyed the Fountain Requiem for a Dream. Is fucking nightmare fuel. Yeah, <laughs> I enjoy the Fountain for that one, like you know, Hugh Jackman gift that we got. <laughs> Um, and my number two is, uh, baby assassins. Jake, I love this movie so much. Yeah. Nice. I was surprised that it wasn't on your honorable mention. So this makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. It's number two for me. I love baby assassins. Yeah. I'm putting it over the whale. Like I know like the whale is like, like a big movie right now, but, um, baby assassins just made me, I don't know. It just, I, I, I've, I've, I've watched it, uh, a couple times and, uh, I own the movie and I absolutely love it. I just had a blast with these two characters. It just, it just, I don't know. It just made me feel good. And I love the, 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 just the friendship between these two and the concept of the movie was so cool. Uh, no surprise. My number one is Top Gun Maverick. Like, duh. Everybody in the fucking, everybody that listens to the podcast should know that my number one is Top Gun Maverick. It, it's the movie I saw th- three times in the theater in IMAX, and then I waited a few months and watched it a fourth time again in IMAX. <laughs> um, so I've seen it four times, and it never gets old. And um, it's just it it give it gave me everything that I wanted. Like when I thought the movie was gonna fucking do something different and take a different direction, they're like, "No, we're gonna give you what you want. This is what you want, Brian." And it was, it was like, it felt like it was tailor made for me. Like it was just a blast from the past of like old fucking eighties, nineties movies. And, uh, you know, they, they did it in such a way to where like, even like the nation that they're going up against, they never named them. Like, we don't know what country it was. They're just like the enemy, you know, it's like, it's never known. So they're not getting into anything with that it's just the enemy and the fact that like they have they're they're the underdogs in this mission and and uh they're going up against fifth gen fighters and they're just outmatched with by the tech they're they got everything going against them 
And Glenn Powell was amazing in this movie as Hangman. I thought Miles Teller was great as Rooster. I loved all the other characters in the movie. Um, the dog fights in the air were fucking incredible. The movie starts off amazing just with like that test flight where he's trying to get to Mach 10. And I was just like, like Ed Harris pissed off. I mean, I loved it. I, you know, fucking, um, Maverick basically, you know, flying by the towers again in this one. And I thought John Hamm was great. God damn it. Top Gun Maverick is just like the, like in a, in a year where it's like we get Marvel movies, we get, you know, like DC movies, you know, um, Top Gun Maverick was like the clear winner for me. Like, I just, it's just, just, it's just, just an old school action movie that I think brought everybody back to the theater. It was like, like Joe was saying, like, you got to see this one in the theater. It's like the theatrical experience. Like for as much as I thought, like Avatar, the way of water was a feast for the eyes. This was just like, it was like comfort food. It it felt like I was a kid again, watching like an action movie for the first time, Like, like watching like, Indiana Jones for the first time as a kid. I don't think I'll ever forget it, you know? Mm. Um, and it, it just, this movie just had me smiling from like ear to ear every fucking scene. So it's, it's Top Gun Maverick. I can't, <laughs> I, I cannot hide my love for this fucking movie. So that is my movie of the year. That is it, guys. We have uh, completed the tenth annual Tuppies. How how did it feel? How did how did it feel, gentlemen? I liked it. It felt great. Paul, yeah, get get into stuff. your get into your mic there, Paul. I thought I was right next. To what you? are you? You drifted away. I feel like you're like Tom Hanks, and you're like in a, in a boat drifting away. A little oh, castaway. Talking about Spider Man all of a sudden. <laughs> I mean, what what was the joke? I missed it. Talking about Spider Man makes Paul fall asleep. Oh, gotcha, 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 gotcha. <laughs> I had a blast. This was a fun time. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so judgmental, Jake. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, that's it. We're done. This is episode 450. 450. It's a lot of episodes. 450 episodes. It's really quite an accomplishment. Oh, thank you, Joe. I'm glad somebody said something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. What fucking number do I got to throw out for you guys to say shit? Okay, just settle down there, fucking uh, Cheech and Chong or whatever the fuck. Keep on knocking, but you can't come in. Oh, my God. Anyway, we're done. Uh, Paul, if I wanted to find your podcast right now, would I be able to? You'd be able to find Synodus, yes. What happened to Apple to Oranges? 
uh, just a lot of stuff with um, trying to get a new oh, God, I hosting site. I don't need did, to hear this anymore. Just I just just stop. Just stop. I okay. don't. You want to? Yeah, that? I know. Just the same <laughs> old fucking it? story. I feel like I feel like no. I feel like I feel like the wife who's been asking the husband to clean out the garage since last spring. Yeah, I know how that story goes. Spoiler alert! Didn't end well for me. If I go out to the garage, if I go out to the garage right now, will it be clean? <laughs> It'd be nice That's to. Pu- It'd be nice to be able to park my car in there, since it's you know it's a two stall garage. You get to park your car in there. <laughs> but you got what? It's right next to that fucking treadmill that you. Oh, I'm gonna be on the treadmill every day. Don't worry. Where's the treadmill? Where my fucking car should be. <laughs> Jake, I don't think that couple's going to make it. No. I don't, you know. <laughs> wow. It's over. It'll be an entertaining collapse, though. Uh-huh. Yeah. Jeez, you know. Have they ever heard of compromise? Ever? No. Ever? Ever? All right. So, good luck finding... Apple to oranges, everybody. Um, <laughs> best, best of luck on best, that one. Oh, man. <laughs> best of luck. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, where can people find you when I'm not berating you on an episode? <laughs> for, your, for the ridiculous Paul Reiser choice. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, we can leave that where it was. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe is done with me. I was like, do I double down on the legend or do I just leave it? <laughs> <laughs> the only legend I want to hear about is Tom Cruise in Legend. <laughs> it's not well, a that movie's trash. It's not a good rewatch. I have not visited revisited it since oh shit the late nineties. Uh, you probably seen you probably seen it before the last time you saw fucking aliens though. Fuck, it could have been. It was probably right around that same time. Yeah, yeah. Last time I saw aliens was high school. I definitely need to revisit that one though because that is a fucking great movie. Yeah. Um, but no, you can find me on Starkcast. I'm having long form conversations with people. Um, oh, last episode was with Paul. And had a great time talking with Paul. That was a blast. Jake, let's just do the announcement now. How's it sound? Oh, oh, sure. Can I, can I, can I have a break first? Yeah, we can do it. Let's break. All right. Hey, we are back. And uh, we have uh, an announcement that we would like to make. And I am just going to pass it off to Jake. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Um, I, I'm here to announce that I am going to be taking a, uh, a leave from Pop Culture Leftovers. Um, wasn't the easiest choice for me to make, but I've just got a lot of stuff going on in life, some good, some bad, that I, I need to take time away and take care of. Um, the good side of it is, is I, I'm super into games right now, card games, board games, video games. Um, always been a big Magic the Gathering fan. I, w- I would really like to try to be more competitive with my play, play in a lot more serious tournaments, and do all that kind of stuff. And, and to do that, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of practice. It takes a lot of a lot of studying. It's a dream I've always had to see if I can I can hack it in some of these bigger tournaments. So I'd like to give that a go. Um, you know, and then on the side, I, you know, 
prices are going up on everything. My rent's been raised a ton. I need to, I need to work a lot more. I need to either do, you know, like another part-time job or, or do some more of the, you know, Instacart type stuff that I do for money and just step it up on earning some money and just both of those things just really make it so I don't have a ton of free time. And I just don't, I don't think I can give the podcast what it deserves moving forward. So I'm going to be taking a soft retirement from pop culture leftovers. This, this isn't the last you're going to hear from me. In fact, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you're going to hear from me again very soon. Uh, I plan on being a guest on this podcast as, as many times as you guys will have me. You can definitely count on me being here for the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 episode. I wouldn't miss that for the world. Um, I, I, I never want to miss one of our 100 episodes, no matter what's going on. Um, I'll always still be at C2E2. I, how could you miss that fucking celebration? I mean, I guess unless one of my cats is dying the same weekend that C2E2 is going on, uh, I'll, I'll definitely be there. Um, it was a very hard choice to make, man. I, when I, when I called and told Brian about it, I was just like choking back tears. I, you know, Brian's one of my best, if not my best friends in my life. I pop culture leftovers is, if not my greatest accomplishment, definitely, definitely top three of things I've, I've done in my life. So it's just such a hard decision to, to step away from a while. And I'm going to miss you guys every week. That's an understatement, man. So I don't know what to say. I, I, I thought of a lot of jokes to talk about this with, but I, it's not a joking matter. You want to hear some of my material anyway, though? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest reason I'm stepping away is I had to decide, am I going to watch Aquaman 1 in preparation for Aquaman 2, <laughs> or am I going to walk away from the podcast? And I, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't watch Aquaman 1, so <laughs> I'm... I'm walking away from this. <laughs> um, I made this decision right before James Gunn took over. And my gag before he took over was that even though I'm leaving PCL, much like the DC reboot, it'll pretty much still be the same shit. <laughs> um, wow. Wow. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> uh, so, um, people might be wondering, uh, what, what does, I'm going to be 100% fully transparent with people right now. What does this mean for the future of pop culture leftovers? Um, because I have gone on record and saying that I would not want to do this podcast without Jake. Uh, that is still, in my opinion, very much true. Uh, I currently am under contract to do this podcast, though, so I have to keep it going in the meantime. Um, and I could only think of one other person that I would want to come on and join this show and be... Uh, when, when we started, it was me, Jake... Dan and Jay were the leftovers and the leftover of the leftovers was me and Jake. And we have never had another leftover on the show or appointed anyone a leftover after, but I could only think of one other person that I could ever do this with that would, that would be able to commit to it and that I have chemistry with. 
and that person um, is Joe Stark. And uh, Joe has said that he will join the show. Joe, you are now going to be going forward a leftover. Uh, I, I want to hear from you and your thoughts on this and, and, and everything going forward. Actually, I, I want to hear from you now, Joe. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, dude. When when you called me up and and laid out the deal, like my, my first thought was like this is insanely bittersweet because I mean being being offered the chance to be a leftover is incredible and but at the same time, you know, doing doing PCL is is with Brian and Jake. And so that that makes it bittersweet knowing that that Jake won't regularly be here. But, but, you know, I, I, I love podcasting with both you guys. I, and it's, it's not something that, that I could say no to. And so, yeah, I, I, absolutely, man. And I'm happy to hear that, 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 you know, Jake's going to be able to go on and, and pursue the, the, the gaming stuff because I, I've done quite a few little tournaments with Jake and, and, and he, dude, you are very good. <laughs> very good at it and I, I see you going places with it and I think it's an exciting you know opportunity for you to take and 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 Brian like I I don't know you and I have done so many podcasts together both both with pop culture leftovers and number one comic books and rings of power and probably countless other little like spin-off shows that that I've, I'm totally even forgetting about by this point but um you know, I, I wouldn't be in podcasting if it wasn't for this show and for you guys. And, and, you know, when, when you told me that there wasn't anybody else that you could think of, you know, continuing on with it, I mean, that was, I'm, I'm very honored and, and I love both you guys. Like you guys are both the best and, um, you know, it, it's, it's bittersweet, but, but, but I'm honored and, like you know, very thankful that that you're willing to keep doing the show, and and I know it means. I mean, the show means a ton to me. It has for years, and I know it means a lot to to lots of people in the leftover army too. And I'm just happy to to know that the the show will be able to go on. You know. Yeah, I want to talk about that because I I I, I'm, I want to be fully transparent to people um, that uh, you know that I, I'm under contract to do this show and I have to do it until I, I think it's like uh, July, August, September, somewhere around there where the contract ends, and then it's at that point it's up to me as if I'm going to continue to do PCL, and I really have to. Um, see how these next few months and Joe, this has nothing against you. It's just one of those things like, like this has been me and Jake for so long that it's hard to think about going forward without him. Um, and I'm going to have to make the decision as to where, like if I see that the show is like not what it used to be, um, I'm, I'm going to have to make a decision. So, um, I've really struggled with this. I've really struggled with this because Joe, Joe, I, you know, I love you. I love you to death, but it's just one of those things where I have to like, I like if the show's just not, cause Jake, you're a huge part of this fucking show, man. I know. I know. 
I, I can barely talk. I'm, yeah, I just, you know, my, my, in my dream scenario, the show never ends, but I know what kind of pressure and workload and commitment that takes on your part, Brian. And I, I would completely understand if, if that weren't to be the case, you know? And I just, I never saw myself doing this without you. So like now I'm going into like uh, unknown, unknown territory as far as like, you know, you've taken weeks off, but I've always had like the safety net of you coming back. And uh, now I don't have that all the time. Um, and uh, I don't think I just, I, as far as like me being like banter, like I just think me and you, we just like for as like uh we're like the odd couple, you know what I mean? It's just like there's there's so much where we're alike and we we think the same and but then there's so many things that we're so different on and it's just like the dynamic uh, I love Joe. You know, I love it. I love Me and Joe have a different dynamic, but I'll never have the dynamic like I'll have with you. And so I just I just don't want the sh- I don't want me. I don't want the show to get stale. And I, if 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 I'm feeling like the show is just not going to recover after after this, then I'm going to have to make a decision. I just want to be completely transparent with the listener that that it's like things are up in the air. I don't want to fucking just like say that it's not. It's just I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to figure out where we are um, come uh, summer, late summer early fall, whatever the fuck and figure out what the future of the show is. So that's where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah, man. And you know, I'm when I, when I told Brian, I mean, it was just, it was so much like, I'm like one of the first things Brian said to me had nothing to even do with the podcast. It was, it was Brian's worry that me not doing the podcast every week would mean we would like our friendship could potentially like drift away or, you know, something of the sort. So we don't talk to each other as much. And it just, it just broke my heart. And Brian, you know, you're one of my best fucking friends. I, I like, I told you when I had this conversation with you, I want to see the room in the theater 50 to a hundred more times before we fucking die. You know, I, 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 my friendship with you will never die regardless of being on this podcast. I can't imagine a week going by where I don't at least send you one snarky message. Like I, it's just, I, in my mind, our friendship won't change. Yeah, no, no, I don't want it to. I, yeah, that, that's the one thing that I was like worried about because it's like, you know, you've been, you've been like such a constant in my life for this, like I, for, for a decade now, Jake, it's been 10 years. Like, no matter what, like we got an anniversary coming up for the show, but I've known you for a decade now. You've been like, um, just a constant in my life for the past 10 years. Um, one of the longest relationships I've ever had with, with somebody. And like, I don't know, man, it's just like, um, going forward without you is like, it's scary for me. And I don't want to, I, at the end of the day, I, I don't want the show to be like, um, just a letdown for the listener. Like, oh, it's just not as good as it used to be. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like when, uh, when the, when the fucking, uh, the original Duke boys left the Dukes of Hazard and then they had like the cousins come in. And it's like, you know, I don't want to, Joe, God, I'm comparing us to the cousins. Um, <laughs> I know what you mean though. 
Joe's going to be like new Becky on Roseanne, basically. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's like me and Joe, we have a different – me and you have a different dynamic. But it's just – it's one of those things where I just don't want like – you know, if you hear it enough times like, oh, the show is just not what it used to be or like I miss it with Jake and all that stuff and and um, I, I, I will – I'll tell you this, not to, not to interrupt you, but when I, when I told Michelle that I was going to do this and I was describing the perfect scenario to her about how it could go down, I, I said myself that the perfect scenario was Joe Stark stepping in and becoming a leftover – and it just makes me so happy that at least that's what's going on. Mm-hmm. I, I I think Joe is great. It may not be the same dynamic as me and you, but Joe is 0.7% better of, of a podcaster than I am. So I, I think it has the potential to be better. I just I, – I, I just – I get it though. I get it. It's the great unknown. Uh-huh. That's what it is. It's not uh, – I just I've never since we like become friends I just never saw going forward without you on the show and so this is like uh, yeah it's unknown territory I don't mean to sound like such a da- Joe and I'm not trying to make Joe feel bad here no I it's, don't at all I, I totally know what you mean dude I, if it wasn't if it wasn't for you wanting to to step in I would uh, I don't know I, just, I I would do the show I would just be like. Well, I'm going to do the show until the contract runs up, and that's the end of it. Um, but I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it week by week and show by show, and see where I. I'm going to see where I'm at. I'm going to see where you are, Joe, and we'll go from there. And I'm not trying to scare the listeners or anything like that. Like, don't think that I've just made up my mind and that fucking you know we're gonna end the show i'm just right now i'm just like you know i was in a state of shock when jake told me and i'm still kind of like trying to just i'm worried about how it's gonna go from week to week and um i mean hopefully we'll just continue to have like you know fun on the show and we won't have to worry about any of that and and um i won't want to hang up the the mic good oh I'm, I'm such a downer no i get it it's hard i keep trying to make jokes just to trying to make things not as fucking shitty but yeah it's you know i it's i know it's the right choice for me but it, it still feels shitty you know yeah i hate to fucking like leave you guys so that is uh yeah <laughs> it's like what a welcome for joe you know <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like we're it's like uh, we're treating this like a funeral, and like Joe's like, "Hey guys, I'm here. Don't worry." <laughs> oh, I feel terrible. So, um, I don't know, man. Paul, you've been listening to all this, man. What are you thinking? I mean, I, I, you know, Joe said bittersweet, and it, it really is. I mean, you know, I was able to talk to Jake a little while back, and, you know, it's as a listener, it, it, it's, it definitely is going to be a change, and I would be lying if I would say it's not a bummer, because it definitely is. But, you know, Jake has become 
turned from someone that I've just listened to to now, you know, like I've created just such a great friendship with, you know, whether it's playing video games and talking to each other on Facebook Messenger while we do it and stuff like that. So, you know, at the end of the day, I just want my friend to, you know, to just feel happy and if you know not saying doing this isn't making him happy but you know like i'm just always gonna support whatever my friends want to do like you know and it definitely does like like you know it is a bummer but i am you know joe's you know you guys all you guys are like i consider you guys family and you know like i'm not gonna lie like i was definitely fist bumping when you know, to be on the podcast and hear that Joe gets to be a leftover. Like Joe's my guy. That's that's fucking awesome. Like it's just, it's a whole crazy mix of emotions right now. Mm-hmm. I'm sad and happy at the same time. And I just like it's really cool to kind of be able to at least share this experience a little bit or this moment. You know, like Joe gets to be a leftover and you know get to say thank you to Jake for an amazing ten years, man. Uh, he brought. You know, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure a lot of people agree. Just, you know, the perfect foil to Brian, uh, just amazing, you know, reviews and, and insight. Just, you know, like, man, a huge, you, you know, you and Brian, the foundation of this amazing community. Like, you you are going to be missed, my friend. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Paul. That means a lot. The perfect foil to Brian. That cracks me up. It is true, though. It's so much fun. I know. It's like, I, I, it's like, <laughs> like, uh, I need somebody to keep, like, like, I need somebody to keep me in check sometimes, dude. And, like, you were that guy. Yeah. I, I definitely, I mean, I take a lot of pride in that. I, I, I try to never be afraid to disagree when I truly disagree. And, uh, it just seems <laughs> no fun that way. I know. <laughs> I'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna fucking miss it. You have no fucking idea. Mm. Oh man, yeah. I don't know what to say. You're not gonna make me do the the outro on my last episode, are Fuck you? No. <laughs> God damn. I didn't even want you to do. I didn't want you to do the last five. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. I love you guys. I, I think leftover Joe. That sounds fucking great. I, I can't wait to hear you guys do the intro next week. I'm excited for your future. I think it's going to be great. Well, I, I, you know, it's, uh, don't burn this house down. I want to come back to it. I no, I mean, <laughs> I, people don't have, I don't think, I don't know. It's one of those, I've just, it's one of those things where it ha it's, it's been me and you 10 years is a long time, Jake. I mean, a long time. I, I'm trying to think of, I can't think of anything else. I've done just as long, you know? So to just be like, well, you know, <laughs> um, here I go with another 10 years without you. It's just, I, I'm just scared for like, you know, this, this next, this next, uh, these, these, you know, the next few months and to see how it's going to go. And I, 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 if the show is slipping, I will have to, I'll, I'll pull the plug. I just, I can't, I'm, I gotta be transparent with people. I can't, um, you know, if the show's slipping, I'll have to pull the plug, but, um, and I, I understand that too. I don't mean to make light of that situation. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, the, the most important thing to me is your, you and your happiness, you know? Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's like, 
uh, is that selfish of me? <laughs> no, it's no. not. I don't think no, anyone would think that either. Um, it's just you gotta you gotta you gotta understand. Like every time I've said like I can't see myself not doing this show with Jake, I fucking meant it. And I know you did, man. I, I that's that's always meant so much to me. You know that. It's crazy. Who would have thought it? I always think about those like first ten episodes. Mm-hmm. Who would have thought it was me and you standing there for at the end of the fucking? Oh level? hell no, dude. There's no way. Like me and you, <laughs> we just we butt heads, man, all the time. We butt heads all the time, and then all of a sudden, it's like Jake was like, you know, I'm not going anywhere, and he's like, I'm here, and you know, I didn't, I, 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 I don't, I don't deserve you. I never have deserved you as a fucking co-host. Like you are, you are the best. You are my best friend. You are the best. You're the best guy I've ever met in my entire life, Jake. And I love you. I love you. I love you so much. Man, I, I feel the same exact way. It's, it's going to be so weird. Just even like next week, it's going to feel so weird. And so, you have oh, a man. You are welcome to come back on here anytime i don't care you say any week you want to be on here i'll make room i don't care um but um it's this it's like that i'm going it's it's an emotional thing for me because i have to i have to it's like i've and i know you're still here you're still my friend but it's just like this show is so me and you that doing it without you is it is it's scary and it's almost like can i do it can i continue to do it so i'm i'm really um it's like a trial period is to see if this is something that i can continue to do without you so uh i just didn't want to just not let the listener know (laughs) that oh yeah you know joe's here everything's fine we're gonna and it and 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 we're gonna we're gonna try this we're gonna see how it works, but um, I mean, it, ten years, man, ten years. It's hard to just kind of like, uh, just just move on after ten years of doing this with one person. So that's kind of where I'm at. That's the headspace I'm in, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what the future holds. And my cat is going nuts. So, uh, but um. Fuck, man. All right. That's the way to end the tuppies, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no shit. No shit. Play the funeral march. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, Brian, where can people find you? Hey, you can find me crying in my bedroom. Ah. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. Yeah, how do you end this fucker? We got to, though. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Not with me. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Go play your little card game. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Jake, man, you're going you're gonna to be missed. And uh, you better fucking come back. Jesus Christ. You better fucking come back anytime you want to. I swear. Yeah, you know I will. I can't. I won't be able to stay away. I'm, it's going to be impossible. And C2E2 is just around the corner. Yeah. That's true. I'm going to act like I don't even know you. 
That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you're going to big time me. Yeah, I'm going to big time you. Be like, you. You and Leftover Joe are going to be like yeah. arm in arm. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be hanging out with Joe the entire time. And Jake's going to be talking. I'll be like, Joe, did you hear something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe's going to be like, yeah, I think I hear a quitter. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, it's, I, I smell. Uh, I smell. I, <laughs> I smell the scent of a uh, quitter. Anyway, uh, no, you, you, I'm a dick. My cat is going nuts playing over there. What'd you do? Take a shit? <laughs> <laughs> it's the zoomies. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll see how. You know, I you know it'd be crazy, Jake, is if I just fucking quit during the episode next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. I like halfway through the episode, I'm like, I don't care if I'm under contract. Fuck this, I'm out. I get knocked down. <laughs> yeah. The end. The end. It just re- reruns till October. Yeah. All right, let's end it on the let's yeah, what a great note to end the podcast on. Um I know, I've never wanted DC news more in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Last night Batman destroyed my vagina. <laughs> and now Jake just destroyed the entire <laughs> fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm villain of the year. <laughs> no shit. Oh <laughs> uh, no. I I uh I wish I could say that I wish you the best of luck with this fucking bullshit that you're about to do, but I hope you fail miserably, Jake, and you fucking come crawling back. You come crawling back to me. <laughs> yeah, not a zero percent chance of that. <laughs> uh anyway. Just no, I wish you the best of luck, man. I just want you to have fun. I just want you to have fun. I want you to be happy. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. It's going to yeah. be weird, but yeah, it's time time for a lot of gaming. All right. All right. I am fucking done. I am going to uh, cry myself to sleep. Um, I'm kidding. I'm not going to. You like I'm going to be sleeping tonight. all right guys let's wrap this fucker up any any final any final words no i got nothing i got nothing thank you paul i appreciate that i love all the listeners i i thought about naming people but i don't want to be a dick and leave anyone out so i'm not i'm not naming anyone just name monica garola she wins everything else you win the naming (laughs) yeah there you go you want it you want every larry Larry (laughs) midday just give it to monica she wins everything monica give it back larry that goes to monica too (laughs) fuck you larry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm kidding. Larry sent me that awesome fucking video message. Oh, God, I'm 45. I lost my co-host. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Now I know how Kurt Cobain felt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>
Oh man, and what and uh, what's what, what's the outro? I don't even remember. Oh, and, and until next week, Joe, you want to do it with me, Joe? Yeah, let's do it. All right, yeah. I'm going to do it, like, crying. Like, my <laughs> my upper lip is just, like, you know, quivering as I'm saying this at the end, you know? Are you going to use the shitty Star Wars bumper now that I'm gone? Fucking hell, yeah, every week. <laughs> every week. That's how you're going to come up every week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, my legacy is yeah. that shitty Star Wars bumper. Maybe if fucking Lana Del Monte sang the fucking song, you'd give a shit. <laughs> All right, Joe, here we go. Here we go. Um, and until next week, we're putting a lid on... You fucking suck, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat But it's all been done before and we don't want to be a copycat We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it toss it, good it taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, clean erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over counterculture pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that Original and good have already been done before, so we should separate the wheat from the shaft. And we're the shaft, the crap, even though we're the shit. Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps, dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good and toss it, good and taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushover. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say's already been said. Leftovers. sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture carryover. Counterculture pushovers. Pop culture leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.